PKA episode 327 with our guest Boogie. Kyle? We have many advert- advertisements tonight. I want to thank our friends Lyft, Casper Mattresses, MeUndies, Texture, and Stamps.com. Uh, we'll be talking about each of those more later on in the show. Uh, there's links down in the description if you want to check them out now. Yeah, got our, got our friend Boogie back. I'm sure we'll get into some Magic the Gathering talk tonight. I, I know he's a huge fan of that game. Um, I think oh, we'll yeah. have too much magic talk by a little too well, much. Well, well, you know, there's no such thing as too much magic talk. I say. Then I'm glad we are unanimous. On this. <laughs> <laughs> now I just got to get hockey unanimous, and I'll be set. It'll be my I'm, dream podcast. I'm literally, I'm literally, as we were preparing for the show, saying you're sorting modern masters foils. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. There's, I, I'll probably be doing the entire night. Just to be clear. I was, um, I was doing the same. I don't know if you I mean, have the Westeros pack, but I'm building a deck around it. And um, yeah, it's, you you really yeah, be you are sticking with the Game of Thrones and Magic are the same, and <laughs> which is fine because they're both awesome things. If they had like if they had an expansion for Magic that was like Wars of Westeros or something, I'm sure yeah. Boogie agrees that would be awesome. Because Jon Snow is kind of like a planeswalker in some ways. I mean, like he, he could have a spark. You don't know, dude. That guy could yeah. get. Woken up at some point and just go fucking Super Saiyan all over the place. You don't yeah. know. Can't you, would, love can't you bring yeah. people back to sure. life? Can't you bring people back to life in Magic? Like, you raise them? Yeah, well, I, it depends. Yeah. Like, they, there's one Planeswalker that is perma-dead. Um, and she's the only Planeswalker that's, like, like perma-dead. Perma and the reason she's perma-dead is because she's in hell. Uh, so she got killed by a god in, like, uh, one of the... So the storylines are hokey. Don't ever think... Like, the storylines are fun to follow and mess with. But at the end of the day, that's not what Magic's about. Magic's mm. about the cards, and it's about the card game itself. But they Bro, do that you narrative. You don't have to tell me what Magic right, is about. Really. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm mildly insulted <laughs> at this. I'm with you, though. I, I, I do like reading into the mythos of, like, what who this card yeah. is or, or what that card is. What's the name? We're going to don't, don't People's eyes are melting like Indiana Jones when they saw <laughs> the art right now. But, like, uh, I, I like reading into the background of each mm-hmm. card and what it does. And that yeah, a little bit of an RPG experience, maybe, right. while you're while you're adding up, while you're doing math and, and figuring out the turns in your head. There are, there are like, some cards that just, like, pivotally... Um, exemplify like certain aspects of the storyline back in the day like uh, Frixie Narena one of my favorite cards ever printed um, like puts out this moment where Urza's in a duel with a dude in the Frixie Narena it's like super cool but these days when they do it they just mostly do it like these, the storytelling cards there's a card from Kaladesh called um, Battle at the Bridge which just like kills a guy and like like there's reaching so hard to try to find <laughs> yeah. these storyline moments like what the hell if I cast Battle at a Bridge what am I doing to the creature that I'm killing? Am I am I creating a bridge and then he has to fight something? Or what the fuck is happening? Yeah, they, they try that? so hard. They'll have try like so hard. And then like in the same set, I used to wonder like when I first got into Magic, I would read the flavor text, which is underneath the game text, and it just says like a wizard is never late or whatever the fucking shit is. And like you would see stuff like you know Goblin of Gilgamar, like King Goblin King of Gilgamar, or something I just made up. And in like the flavor text, it'd be like five lines of like, and then on the fourth day of the great <laughs> right. siege, the rhinos were brought forth from the shadow <laughs> area. And I'm like, when did this happen in this lore? Like all of these cards are referencing different wars and battles. Where do you piece this to get? Were none of these people fighting alongside one another? These well, are just used, independent folks? See, that used to be one of the really cool intrigues of Magic, is that you end up with a, a card, right? And then you you look at the art, and you're like, what does this tie into? Where does this go? 
and you're trying to figure out the world that you'll read the flavor text. You'll be like, what the hell is this referring to? And that makes you want to try to seek out the other cards to figure out the story. That's what turns you onto the books. It's what turns you onto the website, the daily MTG website where they post all this stuff. Um, and I, I love that. The fact that it's just all these different pieces from all these different worlds that they've created. And there's, uh, you know, the Asian world, the Egyptian world that's about to come out. And then the Kaladesh, the inventor's world. And then uh, the, the, the Roman god one or whatever, the gods one. Uh, Theros mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I love the fact that there's all these different crazy worlds and all these slight references to it. And so for the guy who's into that, that's cool. You can go get into that. I'm more into just summoning giant monsters and ruining my opponent's faces. That's my aspect of the yes, game. Yes, the fun part but, of seeing people's faces go from optimism to frustration. Oh, and, like, <laughs> and just seeing that moment as many times as possible during back the, in the is what you want. Back in the day, and I don't do this anymore, but when I used to play a Friday Night Magic, I used to do what I called Tourette's Magic. I know that's insensitive, but I don't care because that's what I called it. And I, what I would do is I would like kind of just like grunt and like make weird noises at them and just kind of be like frustrated all the time. <laughs> and then like, oh, and one top eight at a tournament that was taking place in this mall, um, I, I literally had the judge watching me when I say this, but I lean over and I look at the guy and I'm like, hey, did you drive here? And he's like, what? And I said, yeah, I was just wondering if you drove here. If, if you did, what's your car look like? Because I'll be waiting at it. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at the judge, and the judge goes, uh, Sir, you can't say things like that. <laughs> I'm going to give you a warning for that. And I'm like, well, he still didn't tell me what his car looks like. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I was losing, and I still lost. But there was that inch, that chance that I would put him on tilt, man. There's just that one moment. That's the whole... like, yeah, that is, to... That's so funny, because I can just picture how someone at a magic event, like, like, you meet lots of awesome people at magic events, but that is, if I had to pick one situation where it's like, hey, you can go into a bar or a hockey locker room or a Magic the Gathering, Friday Night Magic, and you have to alpha male the whole room and, like, intimidate <laughs> people. I'm be like, yeah, I'm going to Magic Night. Like, <laughs> it's fine. Like, you can put them all on one team. Like, because, <laughs> like somewhere else, like, it just wouldn't pan out like that because they're all good-spirited people. Like, right. you, you get, you have, if you had, like, a preconceived notion, the big... Uh, there's like a Reddit post from years ago of a guy who went around like kneeling behind people at a magic tournament showing oh, their, yes. their butt cracks. And that really does not show the community in the best light. But nope. if you go there, it's not going to actually be like that. Like it's it's really not. There's way more. Just did you know they you, suspended you that guy from it. the game? Did you know they suspended they really? that guy from the game? Yeah. Because wow. of, like that went so viral, and he's like, "That's not sportsmanlike, and that's against the rules, the floor rules." They suspended him for like a year or two years for that. I still <laughs> but can't now he's that. back. <laughs> ah, that's an equipment malfunction. That's not will, his fault. He's just I will say, the light on. I will say that I've played Magic in probably twenty different states at this point. Uh, as far far east as is as as Virginia, far west as California. I played it in Texas. I played it in 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 in, in Georgia. Is I played it, it man, I played in high altitude. I'll t- it is a little bit, actually. Uh, it is It is when you get into the real southern states sometimes because the accents are a little difficult. I'm casting fireball. What are you casting? Fireball on you. And I'm like, all right, dude, what, how how much mana? I don't know, about seven. All right, well, dude. <laughs> you dude, tell me. dude, please. It's a, you know, but I grew up with a southern accent, so I can get it sometimes. But um, I will say the magic is, like, different in every store. Every time you sit down to play a, 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 a game of Magic, the, the meta game there is different. Like, sometimes it's just net decks. Sometimes it's just weird FNMs. Sometimes the competition is absurdly strong there. Sometimes it's people just buying cards at Walmart, and they're just trying to figure out their first starter decks. And they're winning FNMs. 
sometimes you'll draft the craziest draft. Sometimes you'll get exactly what you predicted. And then, like, the, the environment, the people that show up at the stores can be vastly different, too. Our local community is made up of people from pretty much every walk of life. Uh, it's a very diverse group. We have people of color. We have trans people. We have you know people of all sexualities. We have people who just just don't give a shit about anything. And they'll be playing next to like a fucking white supremacist, and they don't give a shit because it's the game. White mono aggro, huh? <laughs> right, yeah, right. Just one after another, angrily. Actually, if you look like up the, if, I don't know if you have the ability to put this on screen or anything like this, but if you look up the ninth edition. The ninth edition Paladin in Vec. I think it's the ninth edition. Maybe it's the eighth edition. It looks like a clan member. His helmet is the helmet of a clan member, and he has protection from black and protection from red. And oh, I don't hilarious. know how that got past the censors or whatever. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, it made me very <laughs> uncomfortable whenever I play a black person. I was playing a black or mono black or mono red deck, and then I would play Paladin in Vec and that art, and I'd just be like, oh no. <laughs> Someone say something, so I said it because you know why not. But the point that I'm making is, um, you just screech out. I'm not racist for playing like, him. <laughs> you know? Like people are just like different. That's my. I don't know. Every time you walk into a different magic store, it's uh, they call it touristing. You know, to to go from magic shop to magic shop in different cities and different stuff. And now that I travel sparingly, I always try to find a game of magic in whatever town I go to, and it's so awesome. It's like one of the best things in the world. It's a great way to meet people. And you have that thing in common. You have the game in common. And so yeah. it doesn't matter what you don't have in common. Most people set that shit aside for the game. And it's know? a weather vane I, for cool fantasy shit, too. Because it's like, like oh, unlike unlike other shit, like Woody's talked about, where it's like, well, how do you stand on guns? And by that question, you can figure out other shit. Magic right. doesn't play like that. The only thing you know in magic is you're like, all right, I guarantee I can talk to any, I, I can start a conversation with anyone I'm playing here tonight about Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones, preferably right. Lord of the Rings, and we can talk about it the whole time, and it's just like a fun, really nerd-out environment. Harry Potter. Like it's just, um, yeah. I had and it, one, it, one guy walk into our store. Harry Potter? I'm, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I uh, had a guy walk into our store like when I was uh, managing a local gaming store here that I was part owner. I had, I had money invested in it. And uh, this guy walks in, and he looks like a damn model. I'm, I, here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not into dudes, but I know when a dude looks good. I know when he looks like a damn movie star. And this guy did. And it was just shocking to see him walk. He's like 30 years old. And he goes, hey, can you tell me something about these cards I got here? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I flipped through it, and I said, well, there's not much of value here. This collection is probably worth like a hundred bucks. I'd give you thirty or forty for it for the store, sixty bucks in credit or something like that. And he goes, no, that's all I want to do. I want to learn to play. Someone gave me these cards because they owed me money, and I didn't know if it was worth anything. And I just wanted to learn how to play the game. And I'm like, well, all right. We've been we've been close friends for twelve years now because of that. <laughs> but you would have never thought for a second a guy that sounded like that or looked like that would be interested in that game. And he, st he started coming in every Friday night, started wiping the floor with people. And, uh, you know, it, it, it took him a little while to acclimate to the game. But once he did, he was just destroying people. And it, uh, it, it is frustrating to get beat at, I'll admit, very frustrating to get beat at Friday Night Magic by someone who's more attractive than you, by a lot. 
<laughs> like if they're or, sitting across from you and you're like, oh, you son of a bitch, you're real good at this too. I bet you're real good at a lot of things, huh? <laughs> real good at, yeah, real good at looking good, real good at going to the gym. Oh, yeah, <laughs> making this deck between reps, huh? Like apparently, and this has never happened. To life me. together, and he's got a good magic deck. Yeah. That just, that's the crusher. And he can afford those cards. He's got a great stand job. on thus far. Yeah. Apparently, it's even worse, and I have never experienced this, but apparently, it's even worse when you get beat by the fat, obnoxious guy in the room. So, because people people did not like to lose to me. I remember because you don't let them forget. Thirteen. Oh no! Ago, it's just I, 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 I was I like, "Hey, does anyone well? have a first topic?" And Kyle said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm itching to talk about this." And I said, "Ah, oh, cool. Anything but magic." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, I just don't want to kick off with magic, really. <laughs> All right, and then we're gonna take a hiatus from magic. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I'm Skull. very sorry to your listeners. <laughs> no, no, they'll love it. I, some I'm will. Sure. Some will love it. There will be a little slice who likes magic talk as much as hockey talk. I would just let me say before we before we drop off the topic for a while. I I have played this game ever since my first year in college. We're talking 1994. My very first starter deck was un, an unlimited starter deck. My very first booster packs were packs of antiquities. I have played this game every week at least on a weekly basis sometimes a daily basis i've i've run businesses related to this game i've invested in businesses related to this game i've met 98 percent of the people that i know and give a shit about i met through a, a game of magic and including my best friend of 21 years local competitions years. eighth place boogie we're looking oh, for more no i will tell you i went on the pro tour back in 97 98 and I'm like, man, I'm going to do this. I had all the cards, and I would go to event after event after event after event. This is where the lymphedema took the ability to really travel uh-huh. away from me. But I, um, I, you know, I was traveling, traveling, traveling. I go to a tournament on one Saturday. Then the next Saturday, I take a weekend off. And then I go to, you know, trying to qualify for the Pro Tour and trying to get the big money, trying to win the money, right? And I'm spending money to try to get it. Um, and I'm getting, I'm getting into the top 16 every time. And sometimes I make the top eight. And a couple times I made the top four. And one time, and that two-year block, and that one time, I made it to the top two. And I lost to that dude, and I was so frustrated. Since it's been two years and thousands and thousands of dollars. And I, I, I went home, and I'm like, you know what? I realized something. I'm not good enough to make the Pro Tour. It's just not going to happen. I, know, I have the cards. I know the game. I played it religiously every day for two years. I just don't have whatever it takes to get me on the Pro Tour. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to fucking ruin my Friday Night Magics. I'm just going <laughs> to walk in there, and I'm just going to win them every Friday. I'm going to win every draft. I'm going to make people not want to come to my store because I fucking destroy them. And that's what I did for five straight years. And these days with YouTube stuff, now I only, now I only play at my house. We, we, we built a giant cube. If you don't know what cube drafting is, you need to get into cube drafting because it's amazing. Oh, um, I know. But I, we build a variety of different cubes, and we draft cubes every Friday night or, or every Saturday night, and that's my, the really only way that I play Magic anymore. Except I, I still open cards on stream and YouTube, which is a lot of fun. We do. That's hi- nice because it's now it's a tax write-off. Hypercube <laughs> drafting. Hypercube drafting is the way to go. It's it's hard to picture because it's you know four-dimensional, but if you do you know oh, how that's how you do uh, it. Uh, what? If, what if, hypercube drafting? I don't know if that's real, cube. but I want to fucking find out. It's a computer science thing. So oh, it, God. It's, it's virtual. So oh. about as many people got it as ma- the magic talk. Yeah, probably fewer. <laughs> right? Uh, that uh, Hypercube movie. Have you ever uh, watched that on know. Netflix? What it, no. Hint? Okay, then there's nowhere to leap off to from no. here. It's too ridiculous. There's, no, okay. there's nowhere to go. 
Sorry. <laughs> you guys have to watch it. It's horrible. But uh, Kyle, you wanted to talk. Uh, you were oh, yeah. so excited to talk about who was it right before the show? Steven that you just Seagal. Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal and what a fraud he is. Like, like I got it. I went down the old YouTube rabbit hole and started learning more and more about Steven Seagal. And I already knew a lot of stuff about him. But there's always been this little bit of a mythos about the guy. Like, of course, he's a six foot five action star who made a bunch of money back in the 90s. He was a big deal. Um, but there was also this talk of like, no, 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 that's Sensei Seagal. That guy spent like the 70s in Japan, like learning from these old timey masters. He's got connections to like everyone from Bruce Lee to Anderson Silva. You know, this is the guy who taught Anderson Silva his front kick. This is the guy who like consults for the CIA. This is and the who, guy wait, who, who is, traps, who's implying these things. He is. He, is. he has <laughs> said all of these things. This is the guy who is called in across the world by auction houses and collectors alike to to uh, authentic, authenticate and evaluate ancient swords because he's such a foremost expert in swords. Um, none of this shit is true, by the way. What? Well, the, in the interesting thing, though, What's the value uh, of being was, a sword was, expert. <laughs> I, so I've heard this story about Steven Seagal twice. This 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 particular instance. One is from Kevin Hart, um, who was there and says he saw it, and the other is from Joe Rogan, who heard it directly from Gene LaBelle, who was also there and is the guy who did it to Steven Seagal. Gene LaBelle is uh, about the same age as Seagal, Seagal probably a little bit older. He Judo was like practitioner. the the original mixed martial artist, right? Like, like incredible uh, judo guy, name? apparently. Uh, Gene LaBelle, uh, famous judo guy. Um, he fought. He did this like exhibition match. It was where where he uh, went in with a judo gi and fought fought a boxer. He like locked him up, took him to the ground, and kicked his ass. Like, legit martial artist. And He's so twenty years older than Seagal, by the way. Okay, and Seagal's not, and, and this this story isn't recent, by the way. This didn't happen like last year, but several years back, Kevin Hart and Ice Cube. Are, are filming a movie. You could probably look at their filmography and figure out which one it was. I'm not sure. They're filming a movie, though, with stuntmen. Ice Cube slips up. He punches a stuntman right in the nose for real. There's blood running everywhere. And, the, you know, he's like, oh, God, he's super apologetic. You know, he's like, shit, man, I did not mean that. You know I didn't mean it. I feel bad. Like, how can I make it right? And he's like, don't even worry about it. You know, that's part of my job. It's it, not even a big deal. It, and, and at least you address it, right? And you, you didn't mean to do it. Not like some people. Some people we have to, you know, have issues with. He's like, well, what are you talking about? So with Steven Seagal, uh, he would always try to get <laughs> cheap shots in. You know, you watch the Steven Seagal movies. He he does all that. Is it Tai Chi? Or, he's always uh, doing all Aikido. these wrist locks. Aikido, Aikido, which is about redirecting your <coughs> opponent's uh, and wrist locks and stuff, and really only works if the guy's running at you like giving you hands. You know, that, that's <laughs> the, what, the victim. If the guy needs runs to at you like this real fast, you're fucked. Um, he'll destroy <laughs> you. But <laughs> so they're like, yeah, Steven Seagal would get in cheap shots on us, and we had to go up to our boss and be like. Tell Steven Seagal to cut it out. <laughs> and and so like their boss apparently was Gene LaBelle, this this famous legit martial artist. And, the, and there came this time when Kevin Hart's standing there and Gene LaBelle's there and Steven Seagal comes up and he starts talking. And there's a little bit of uh, a confusion about how this thing got instigated. Either Steven Seagal came and said, hey, put me in your best move. I want to show you I can get out of anything. Or Gene LaBelle was like, let me show you something. In any case, Steven Seagal allowed Gene LaBelle, the 20 years his senior judo expert, to put him in a chokehold. So as soon as he puts Steven into what I assume is a rear naked choke, Steven hits him in the balls as hard as he can. That's his move to <laughs> prevent the choke. And Gene LaBelle says, and he hit me in the jewels down there. And so I squeezed a little bit tighter. And then he went to sleep. <laughs> and apparently... 
he just had a big dinner earlier and forgot to use the bathroom, so he went right then. (laughs) 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 Right there. Steven Seagal shit himself right there in front of these movie stars and these stunt coordinators. And Kevin Kevin Hart's version of it, he's like, I heard... <laughs> like Stephen wakes up and like runs to the bathroom, and you can just smell shit everywhere. And so, so I love how, that how story. How confirmed is this? Is this like very your gear gerbil in the ass confirmed? No, or like, <laughs> in- no, this is that, that's why I wanted to like really lay it all out there. That this is from two different movie star sources. One of the sources is Gene LaBelle, the man who choked Stephen Seagal. Um, no reason to lie. And the other is Kevin Hart. Um, you know, who, who was there and says he saw this thing and had a whole explanation explanation for how what led up to it and everything and then um john liguizamo the actor was talking about being on executive decision with steven seagal liguizamo's um a latina latino guy he's maybe i don't know five yeah, eight know five nine yeah. smaller framed guy and he says seagal is uh walks in the room like into the uh like the, I, I think there maybe was some rehearsing to be done or something but not right at this moment we're just coming into the room together to to get all the actors together and seagal comes in like i'm the commanding officer around here my authority will not be questioned. Oh. And Liguizama goes, <laughs> fucking douchebag. And Seagal fucking slams him up against the wall and knocks the wind out of him and like sets him in play. And Liguizama's like, he's a maniac. He's six foot five. He just like knocks the wind so out he, of him. And I he, wanted to be like, how has he stayed working so long if he's just going around assaulting people? It's certainly not well, like God. Well, you know, actors sometimes have crazy <laughs> tendencies when they're this good. Yeah, <laughs> to the sexual and the sexual slavery, or his blankie. Like, Steven Seagal is a fascinating figure when you consider that he had those women at his home that Can were... Can you back up a little bit? Because you glossed over something there that, that I have no idea about. The, the, the blankie? Yeah, he had to, um, to testify. He was, he was de- either deposed, he was on the witness stand. Um, I don't remember what it was in regards to. Either may, It might have been those women that they were saying he had his sex slaves in his house, or it might have been those, those two Russian women they had on the payroll that he was fucking daily. I'm not sure which, but um, they were saying that he had abused them and done some stuff. And he had his blanket with him as like a comfort thing. Like he's like, yeah, I need that with me. He, he had, he had like, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, the Dalai <laughs> Lama so once, um, blessed him and told him that he was a deity now. And uh, he apparently took it very seriously. He like come, came <laughs> back. From, he told Rob Schneider, he's like the uh, Dalai Lama and all of his grace and uh, intelligence said to make me a deity. I am now Kupu Kapaka. And I got to tell you, I, I feel much more spiritually at one with the world. And I feel, I feel more powerful. Like everything in my career and everything in life is just going to be easier now. He's just a fucking maniac. It, and he, and he, he like buys into his own bullshit about being you know, like a CIA trained hitman and, and all of that madness. It seems like it's fascinating. And then you go back to his TV show. Have you ever seen his TV show? No. He was literally a police officer. They made him a cop somewhere. The, the, the show comes on, and he's like, I'm Steven Seagal, and the last 30 years I've been oh. kicking ass on, on film and television. But what you didn't know is the whole time I was a cop. And you're like, whoa, 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 what? You're a cop? Yeah, yeah. Apparently he's like, he's like an no, honorary deputy. No, he's not. Deputy. Nobody. Yes. It's yes. A so it's yes. A really is thing. he a cop with, like, with a badge and a fucking gun? <laughs> and he enforces the law and stops. And is like, don't run away, bro, or I'll kill you in the name of the law. Like, in that kind of way, he's a goddamn cop. And he's there cops and they're arresting people and like he always would have these moments and you know keep in mind he's dressed like some douchebag commando where he's like 
brother, you can't be living your life this way. This ain't the way to be living life, brother. You got to get right with the Lord. And his, his accent would change depending on who he was talking to. So like you go back in some of his movies and he sounds Italian and others, he sounds somewhat Asian, like Japanese in his reality show. He sounds black. Now he's black. Like, like he's speaking of bonics to this guy. He's like, brother, that ain't how it's going to go down. That ain't how it goes down, brother. That don't jive. And it's like, whoa, whoa. That's not even a 21st century black man. No, here no, no. He's from an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, that, Your mama ain't got no sense anyhow. <laughs> and what is this guy, what is he doing now? He's not still a police officer. There's no way. Yeah, right? well, I, don't, I don't know if he's still doing it like to this day, but like as early as like three years ago he was doing it. I saw him three years ago in, in Vegas. He's fucking huge. He's intimidating. You would, you would not say he's these fat. things. He got really heavy, Steven Seagal. Yeah, he got fat as hell, didn't he? He is yeah. pretty. Uh, he looks a little heavy. He's in these Google images. He's bigger like, than like Trump. Even as large as he was when I saw him three, maybe four years ago, mm -hmm. even as large as he was then, in no way would you want to fuck with this. A couple guy. of these, he's very fat, but he's like a fat six, of like he's six five, and he's he's got a big frame. And mm -hmm. and say what you and and okay, he's not the guy who trained Anderson Silva, but he'll still beat the shit out of us. Mm -hmm. You know, like he is Size the guy matters. who's been attached to martial arts since he was. I don't know, a teenager or something. Like, he can bite, and, and you wouldn't want to face It must be train. easy to buy a deer on bull. Did you do a Claude Van... What's his name? Claude Van Damme? Claude Van Damme. That's yeah. the whole... I, I thought I missed that. I was going to add another syllable. You know, Claude I, Jacques Van Damme. He, uh, <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van I think that's what I was going for. Isn't that his name? <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. All right. He, um, he got into a fight with his own bodyguard. Did you know this? They were at a bar or something. They're, I don't know how drunk people <laughs> so were. So counterintuitive. <laughs> and um, yeah. yeah, he and his bodyguard got into some sort of argument. And uh, the signal that a fight was going to happen, like Jean-Claude Van Damme looks at his bodyguard and he decides and he takes off his glasses and puts them in his pocket, which is this like, it's about to go down. And uh, they square up. There was one punch thrown and he got knocked down. He got dropped like a sack of potatoes and the fight ended. And, so yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme was pay, paid a guy to kick his ass, basically? No. Well, basically. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the way you put it. Yeah, I, I see where <laughs> you're coming from on that. And uh, I would think, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme, like, he does real stuff. Like, I, I know it's core, you know, choreography and such, but he's an amazing like athlete. Yeah, yeah. He, he seems like he and knows I, martial arts. I don't, when I heard that story, I, that, that didn't take anything away from the potential mythos of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Like, like mm -hmm. you know, when you when I hear, like, a bar fight and it's his bodyguard, I, I mean, that, that's just enough, uh, like, evidence there to tell me, that, oh, this wasn't a square fight. First of all, he's fighting someone who's definitely bigger than him and stronger than him. Like, he didn't pick a guy smaller than himself to guard him. Not like, he's move. fighting a bigger, stronger guy, and he's drunk because Jean-Claude Van Damme likes to drink and party, and he's in a bar. Uh, and it, it, you say it's a one-punch knockout? Like, if you had said... And then they went outside and they, they, they put on a bit of headgear and they everybody like puts a little Vaseline on. So there would be, you know, it really Something under those one conditions when everybody's ready to go. He still lost. Oh, the one punch knockout. And this is like in, in UFC too. Like, like when uh, McGregor beat Aldo, right? It was like a 13 second fight, something like that. You, you become, I become less sure that if they ran it back, it would go the same way. You know, if, if, if one guy slowly whittles down the other, you know, by just being that much better than him over the course of nine minutes and, and then finishes him, then, you know, scores posted, man. That guy beat that guy. But that's... <clears throat> but if one guy just, like, 
gets a punch in right away. Like if there's a one punch fight and it ends, it's like, ah, oh, we didn't really get to see what they both had to offer. One person just had an opening right away. And it, it, I don't know. I, to me, it just seems it's a dominating win, but somehow less convincing when it's only a yeah. few seconds. Yeah, long. it definitely is when it's a flash knockout there right at the beginning. And it's just like, oh, game over, bro. Like Conor McGregor was just 10 times better than him, clearly. And, well, no, that's not exactly yeah. how it went. Although there is a stylistic thing to consider that Conor McGregor, that's his fighting style. He, like, like, he's looking for those openings all the time from the first second to the is last a, second. Is he's McGregor versus moment. Mayweather going to happen? I saw... It's looking more and more likely. They booked an arena, and the talk is whether or not um, you know, the UFC is going to get together with the Mayweather people. And, and, but, but, but something about where they booked, the arena they booked, apparently that arena is in cahoots with the UFC. Um, so... The, I, all right, first thing to throw out there, Dana White lies, right? Dana White is, he doesn't always tell the truth. But he said that in Connor's contract, it doesn't just say like MMA. He's like, you know, any fighting, MMA, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it mentions boxing in his contract. So apparently Connor, according to Dana White, who we've established lies, says, you know, that he has to go through the UFC to put this thing together. And, um... Now it's just a matter of like how big a bite does the UFC get out of this? Uh, I don't know. So they're they're trying to make let's, uh, let's take a guess to do here it. about the money. <clears throat> well, I want to I want to think of I, I want to take a guess at like what I think the money is going to be because I think Mayweather I think Mayweather at least wants a hundred million and I'm thinking it's more like he he would be I think he would be he would rather be closer to one fifty than a hundred. Like just based on what they've done in the past, and like each of their star power. He's not going to read the show. check. Tell him what he wants to hear, and get it going. <laughs> he read the check. That's, uh, that's the thing about him. he can't. He'll find somebody <laughs> to read it to him. Mayweather is fucking illiterate, but he is a businessman. Um, it, <laughs> he's got to got to do that for him. Like yeah. I, I guarantee, if you if you like got an honest answer, like if you were like Mayweather, why why don't you take some adult education classes and you know learn to read the English language? He'd be like, I think I got. That's my that motherfucker right there reads shit to me. Ain't that right, Jay? <laughs> yeah, man, I read real good. Fuck, you think he has Jay's like job. mood he, reader? He makes people? eighty grand a year reading shit. <laughs> this is it's probably like the wants... best reader in eighth grade in all of New Jersey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. like following him around. Like that's a number two ranked public school system right there. That guy's a good reader. Anyway, yeah. So I don't know but, what's going to happen. It, it I, seems I like it's wants, more likely. Wants, like, like like a ton of money. What you were you, you were talking? Oh, I, we, I was I, Kyle and I were talking at the same time, so I was being quiet. But can it, I oh, say? Let, can let me jump in here real quick. Hmm. I, I never got that much into the USC. I, have, right? I watched a bit, um, but I have to say, paying pay per view for some of those shows has to be one of the dumbest things you can do because, hmm. like, ten thousand people pay or a hundred thousand people pay for the the pay per view, and then nine million people watch that sixteen second fight for free on Facebook twenty minutes later. Sometimes it's not even gotta be streamable, the, it's just a gift. I, yeah, right, that's what I'm saying. I, like, I have to feel like, for a UFC fan, that has to be like one of the worst case of blue balls in the world is they hype the oh. fight up, they hype the fight up, and it's done in 36 seconds. That's not the worst case. The worst case is no, this. No, the worst case is that it, it, goes three, it goes five rounds, and at the end of it, one guy's a little scratched, and the other guy's real tired, and then the judges say the guy who actually lost one that's when it goes real bad that's not the um, worst case to me the worst case oh. is when they hype it for nine months or six months uh. or whatever you're excited as yeah. fuck and the one guy like 
hits his head in a bathtub during the weight cut and the fight doesn't happen. And that, that, that is unique to like combat sports. I, I've said this a million times. You yeah. know, the, there's always going to be a Super Bowl, right? This year, I guarantee it, there will be at least four Stanley Cup Finals games. I'm sure of it. It doesn't matter if the captain gets hurt or not, they'll play those games. In the UFC, there is a very good chance, about a 50% chance, that one of the headliners won't fight. I understand yeah. from like their marketing perspective of why they have to hype it for so long, but they always must be like like Dana White must always be kind of panicking because you've got an entire organization based on individuals, not a team, just individuals, and what they do all year is crash dieting up and down and fist fighting one another, and you have to be like, oh God, if you can make it till January, please, please, just don't fuck yourself up or you know hurt your heel or something three yeah. weeks before and ruin me yeah it would it would be like if nascar was a demolition derby and you still oh, had the oh, same yeah. amount of money that would invested be invested in each of the fucking drivers like, like oh god damn it jimmy johnson just got hit so fucking hard i got 200 million on that team hmm. you know it, it, it's there's a lot at risk there and you could lose your guy he could fucking die i mean like, yeah. it, it's the truth you know he could die tonight you know if that's your guy that you got your organization based around chances are he won't but uh, to answer boogie's question when there's this when, when that happens uh, it, it's like it's like all of the fun compressed into that one moment yeah when, they, when connor knocked him out and fucking it was like whoa oh my god can you believe it everything that we thought was going to happen this 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 long drawn out battle of, of like this guy who's good at this thing and this guy who's great at that thing that didn't fucking happen because the guy who constantly says nothing but i'm the greatest walked out there and slapped the guy who was supposed to be this real challenge to him mm -hmm. like he was nothing knocked him unconscious and then stood there unscathed like who you got next you were it's, watching it's like the birth moment. of this generation's Muhammad yeah, Ali right like you were like is this guy good is this guy great is this guy a fraud what's going to happen and then you get Jose Aldo who's unbeaten in like 10 years or something outrageous like that I might be stretching it and uh and then you know Connor goes in and just knocks him flat on his ass in a few seconds and you're like oh my god now we know now we know here is the Mike Tyson of 2000 teens. And, Maybe. And I don't know. Cool. We, I, I think that it, it makes <coughs> it such a fickle business and a fickle sport to be in. Like, like I watched Sidney Crosby. I watched those, uh, those highlights from the other night. One of him slapping a guy in the balls, which I was like. That <laughs> sounds right. And then the other, yeah. like, he comes up behind a, a guy and like, bloop, hits, slaps him in the balls with a stick and then like spins around like he didn't do it. Whenever I see them like try to play off a foul in any sport, I'm like, don't <laughs> you know we're all fucking watching? Like, like, Especially you if you're Sidney Crosby. <laughs> yeah, the arena's full of people. Like the camera's on you nonstop. We saw you slap the guy in the balls. It's not like you were like, like in a like, like wrapped up together and you like, like, like gave him a little trump pad or something. Like, he probably know? does that too. You flopped him with a sure stick, and it was nice for everybody I to think see. Trump and then I saw to be him. A thing. <laughs> I saw him score that goal. He he's skating <clears throat> in, and with one hand, nah. he fucking shovel scoops the puck and elevates it up to really high. Which I keep I read much more, and apparently that's they're like, well, there's only a few NHL players who could even do that. So the goalie just played the odds, and he got it wrong. Yeah, there's the there's the clip right there. It's outrageous, and and, and I have no real comprehension for it's crazy like this this works, is something but. that other players don't it's not like oh this is kind of like a couple years ago when uh fucking malkin did the same thing it's like no other players don't do this like Sidney crosby's like in his own league at least in modern hockey like Connor mcdavid i think he's gonna be like the new dynamo for the oilers i think he's gonna be on that same level perhaps as sid but he's just it's it's almost frustrating 
it makes me want to hate Pittsburgh, but I almost like to have to try and like Pittsburgh because Woody hates them so much, and we can't just devolve into hating Pittsburgh. Yeah, we can't. But, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> There's the nothing wrong have, with that. I accept your terms. Any Pittsburgh Penguins fan who complains at all, or have complained since 2009, honestly, fuck off. You have Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. That's all I'm going to say about it because everybody, including the three of you, are starting to glaze over. If you so, take Sidney Crosby and Malkin <laughs> and put them in the same room, you'll have one good hockey player. <laughs> and a fucking cryberry cheater. This, this, this goal you guys have been watching on stream, not impressive at all. The Flyers do that with no hands at all. So <laughs> they just blow it in. <laughs> they just, yeah, they just will it in. They just and, actually, it's the fans. It's kind of like a game where they throw their batteries and weighted wristlets at the puck <laughs> to try and knock it into the net. <laughs> Did you hear about that last year, Boogie? You're not a hockey fan, so I don't know if you would. Man, so, I'll uh, tell you, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Uh, they gave out these light-up wristbands that were heavy because they obviously had to light up. And they were they had a plan where everybody would wear them and they'd have like choreographed lights. So it'd be in the big stadium and it would all go black and it'd be like dancing patterns and stuff of everybody's wrist like wristlet. And it was super neat. Like they hand them out for free. Philly gets it. And on the first day, they have to cancel the whole thing because all the Philly fans are throwing their weighted bracelets at the reps and players. <laughs> and <laughs> I love Philly. Oh, my God. They're the best fans in the world. The no one has fans. more passion for their game or their team. And, and like it, when, when a player works hard that's all you have to do you don't even have to be great like back in the day luke richardson right every time he went into the boards for the puck there was no quit he didn't get it every time but he gave full effort every time and he became a philly like legend you know philly loves its blue collar grinding hard-working players and they support them to the end of the world you come in out of shape philly will hate you so much you take plays off they go ballistic about it and and i i I, 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 they're just right. They are right about this. They value the right things. They, they, they worship the right people. And, and if you, if you don't bring your A game or your A effort, then Philly will let you know. And it's incredible. They valued it. They valued Hextall for his grit, and they, they were just yeah. He's still the GM. <coughs> All right, he's a legend. All right. Anyway, uh, Kyle, you're cutting this off. Where I we, have two topics that I that, that I would suggest we go to. Okay. Uh, do the better um, one. Good call. Ooh, better one. Hmm. Yeah. Is Terror yeah. Attack in London today? Oh, I don't well, know about I'm better. out of date on it. I, 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 did, so, I got um, flashes on my phone. but So it seemed to me, um, I was watching the coverage when I bought Magic Cards, but it seemed <laughs> to me that this guy um, was driving over the bridge that leads to Parliament, uh, over the River Thames or something like that, and uh, he just crashed into a group of people who were standing on that bridge, throwing one woman over the bridge into the river. She was pulled out, and she was okay. Uh, I think it's four total dead, including him. And what he did after he crashed the car into those people is he continued down, and then he crashed into a building very near Parliament, apparently, and then got out and, and started running into one of the office buildings there with a knife. And uh, he stabbed a policeman to death and then was shot Jesus. by another policeman. Um, but they were saying, like, catastrophic injuries. I saw some of the footage of the people lying was on the, the bridge. and Was the first cop armed? Do you know? I don't know. It's but very hard to stab an American policeman. Probably a billy club. I don't know. I, you know, it, I, would, I would imagine that because they're at Parliament there, like, you would think that maybe those cops have a gun, but I don't know UK law enforcement mm -hmm. well enough. No, it seems that many of them don't, and they just sort of have those quick response teams that are actually heavily armed that they usually call. But you would think maybe near Parliament there, some sort of... Yeah, like a, a boosted cop. Yeah, yeah, they, they le yeah, leveled up to like level two, you know. He's mm -hmm. a level two I, I wonder which <laughs> system is better. 
Well, I guess American cops need guns because Americans have guns. So yeah, they, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's a thing. But yeah, like, here's, one, here's one thing for sure. Mm. One thing for sure is you take away guns, uh, you cannot prevent a motivated person from doing what they feel they need to do. I don't know what this guy's motivation was. I have no clue why he did it. But here's the thing. Take away guns and we still all drive two-ton murder machines. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't... Oh, yeah. Like it just, and then uh, could you imagine? Can you imagine? And God, please don't let this be, you know, foreshadowing. Here's a scenario. Anything. A can you can you imagine some <laughs> lunatic loose in Times Square? I mean, all he's got to do is, is, is rent an SUV, and just yeah. I mean, how many people could that person kill? And then uh, you know, I mean, obviously in America he'll be shot, you know. But you take uh, in a place where they they don't have guns, where even yeah. the police force doesn't commonly carry guns. How you know how how far yeah, is this motivated out there for an hour go. while the cops throw their right. batons at his car? Yeah. If you're and in so a Chevy I, Tahoe or something, think of how much damage you could do if you know. All right, first cop sees me. I've got five minutes before anybody's <laughs> going to show up and shoot me yeah. to you drive know, around. That happened there in is, America. There a long is no time such ago. thing as like it, there, sorry, there, so during W's thing, right? So W's thing was like, hey, I kept America safe. There's never been any terror attacks uh, in the U.S. And everyone just kind of agreed oh. on that. Oh, one. Oh, that was during. Oh, it. okay. Yeah, right. Okay. First of all, there's the the nine eleven thing, but we'll we'll just yeah. we give him a pass on that. And then there was like the Egyptian airliner that got shot up in Los Angeles. And then in UNC, not far from here, a Muslim guy just started ramming his car through all the students, shouting Allah Akbar while he did it. And no one counted these. But anyway, now apparently driving cars through crowds of people is like. You know, yeah. The, well, I mean, the, think the about it. It's not what ISIS is describing. They're they're literally putting out like lots of video. They're saying, "Hey, this is what you do." Like, it, it, you know, guns are regulated, explosives are regulated. Many, many dangerous things are regulated. The, you know, the government even looks at certain combinations of chemicals that you're ordering that normally would have been thought yeah. innocuous. You know, oh, no big deal. He's getting a little ammonium nitrate. Who cares? Now uh -huh. they care. Um, but 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 you can rent a a van. You can rent a a big like rider truck. You could even just kill a driver and take his big And you have away, plausible like deniability literally up until you decide to go crazy and murderous. Germany. Like, you, if someone just stops, what are you doing with this car? I'm just driving around. You know, is there anything in there? Nope, just a four-ton vehicle with a lot of power and a lot of fuel in the tank. Like, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of people never consider Timothy McVeigh, who did not use a gun to my recollection. You right. could be wrong. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. But it's a money as an Arkansan, I, I, you know, it's just I live just a few hours away from Oklahoma City. And, of course, this impacted the people that live in this region very, very deeply. He killed, according to Wikipedia, 168 people, uh, injured more than 680. And all he needed was a license to rent a U-Haul truck and uh, the ability to go down to wherever the hell he got the ammonium nitrate uh, and to build a bomb in the back of that U-Haul well, and it's, park it's in front of the government deal. building. Coming from someone who has built bombs about that, not not quite that large before, but a very similar composition, yeah. um, it's a big deal what he did. You know, he he had a lot of shit. Um, he had mm. these 55 gallon drums. I think he had fuel oil and the ammonium nitrate. Like he made a very big and a very expensive Kyle, bomb. Yeah. Do you have to mix? Like I, I've done tannerite before, and it's important that you really get it kind of mixed well. Is that how it is with ammonium nitrate and whatever else goes with it? Like. You have to mix it up somehow in like giant. They can't just be like a barrel of one next to a barrel of the other and you do a thing. Yeah, no. I, I the, the my understanding of the the fuel oil thing is it's a it's the ammo, it's the barrels of ammonium nitrate and then they dump the fuel oil in and it soaks uh, down oh. and 
source oh, the, so uh, the liquid. Yeah, uh, that's uh, but but look, hey, you know, I don't know exactly what fucking Timothy McVeigh did, and right. you got to keep with the Timothy McVeigh thing. I was really young at the time, but wasn't his the, his driving force the thing? The reason he did that, I believe, was after Waco when they went and burned all those Branch Davidians alive. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted to strike back at the federal government, who he blamed directly for that, and so he hit that that building there in Oklahoma City, city, and he lamented for the rest of his days before the state killed him. Or I guess the, the was it a federal court in any case before they killed him um, that you know that he didn't know those kids were there. Now look, I'm not defending a goddamn terrorist or anything. I'm just mm-hmm. saying it's important to to know that that like he wasn't a madman who was like ah oh, there's a daycare there, huh? Well let's add a couple extra tons. You know that's that wasn't the case. I was kind of yeah. waiting my turn. I was going to say that like because I thought the the media really painted it like he attacked a daycare. You know, they're like, the daycare was here in the building. This is where the kids were. This is where the truck was. Daycare, daycare, daycare. And uh, like it, it almost seemed like this guy attacked a daycare if you were to watch uh, you know, the lamestream media. But, uh, um, <laughs> you know, of course, his real motivation was kind of like an anarchy type thing. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean... The, the media always does that. Of course they're going to. Obviously, the one thing that gets people the most invested. Secondly, you don't want to encourage copycats, really, right? You don't want to encourage. He did this because he hates the government. And if you hate the government, all you got to do is go rent a U-Haul, right? You it don't sure wanna, did yeah. make a bad, you know? right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I've never heard this, but we were talking about conspiracy theories last week. I bet if we looked right now, there is a conspiracy theory that would claim that there was no children in that daycare, that the federal government went back and, like, Faked that there were children killed in that daycare to make oh, to, sure. to like smear that on Timothy yeah. McVeigh. Anybody, anybody have Alex Jones's Skype? We'll just call him real quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he confirmed. He just confirmed. He just confirmed. Yep. You don't even that, have that to look it up. I'm already sold. It's too feasible. Not Occam. You know, just Occam's razor. You know, it's the most simple explanation for mm-hmm. what I imagine that fantasy land. But yeah, I'm sure Alex Jones believes something. There's not like if you asked him or Jesse Ventura. Or any of them, like what's something he's that just went out that exactly? Far off the deep end. He's not as far as Alex Jones. He did but he's... used to be off the like when he was governor of Minnesota, I think. Minnesota. Minnesota. I, I thought he <laughs> yeah. was pretty reasonable. I thought he was a good governor. Oh, he... I've been crazy since day one, Woody. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was, How many fools I'll never know. He, he's. I mean, he seemed pretty cool, and then even a few years afterwards, and. And now it seems like he's always painted like they just get him to say the wildest stuff. I, I don't know. Because he did yeah. that show. He, like he's done either at least one show. I, mm. I, I don't really follow that guy that much beyond my, my incredible love for the film Predator, which I watch two or three <laughs> times a month. I swear to God. I, I, I bought yeah. it. I just bought it. You know, why, why, what's the point of like renting it over and he over? Bought I bought the rights it. to it. He's such a fan. <laughs> <laughs> now I make money every time you watch it. <laughs> In 2016, this is all mine. Yeah. Yeah, I fucking love Predator. Um, but but I think he did like a conspiracy theory show where each week he'd be like, let oh. me tell you about some more crazy shit I believe in. You know, okay. and like, like every week that, and I think that maybe that got into his own head because when you start like, talking to people who are from a specific genre of life, if you will, you can kind of start feeding into their bullshit. Like, I've met a lot of the same archetype of person before, the kind of person with bunkers and mm-hmm. lots of, like, like yeah. high-dollar weaponry, the guys who are preparing for some real end-time shit. And uh, after you, you know, you can be around people like that too much. I'm sorry, Taylor. I think that ha- that's how Christianity got so popular like all you need to do is go to church on the regular 
And suddenly the idea of like a zombie that is his own dad, where you like, you know, symbolically eat his blood and drink him and whatever starts to make a lot of sense just because week after week. Or because Constantine made it the official religion of the Roman Empire in like 400 AD. I think that contributed a little more. Well, he saw the cross in the air before the battle and he won, so why not? That's true. So you logically paint it on the shields, get it going. You know, (laughs) if I went into a battle and I thought that I saw some sign, and I live in olden days, as the historians say, and... I see like, oh, you know, those Christians, they're kind of kooky. And I see a cross like in the light and I'm scared for my life. And then I survive a battle. Like think like it's not stupid back in the day. You know, I, I hear, I'm like, not they talking don't have about much to base it on. I'm not talking about how it got its start. I get why it did it. I'm talking about like it spread like today. Oh, you know, today you, you create like kind of a um, what do they call it? like a uh, like yeah, a, I'm going for like large enough critical mass. Uh, you, you create a critical mass in this thing, and then it just swells, and everyone else starts like getting involved in the groupthink until all of a sudden, you know, geology is not real anymore, because because week after week you've been just you know bombarded with these ideas. That's uh, yeah. Anyway, well, I, I, will I say, saw that. I will say that that is actually affecting me right now because I subscribe to the conspiracy subreddit, um, and <laughs> now it's part of my daily viewing. And it makes you really think, because I I originally subscribed to it. I was like, man, some of this shit's out there. I love it. (laughs) That was like a year ago. But then the election, some of that shit started making real sense, right? And like now, now I guess it's just kind of melted my scale of what's like logical and what's not. Because some of this stuff, like I don't know if you're aware, but there's a movement now to try to educate people who weren't alive or around during 9-11 to remind people that a third tower fell down during 9-11. Of course, having watched the entire thing on television, uh, just glued to it, ears, tears pouring out of my eyes as I watched America die that day. Of course, I remember that a third tower fell, but a lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's one of the things they're obsessed with right now. And I'm like, you know, looking back, and I'm like, why did that third tower fall? Like, I don't know. The plane certainly didn't hit it. And maybe it was like debris, but I don't know. And then you Does look at the photos. Does that make skyscrapers fall? You know, right? And, and like, like, right. God damn, they got to make those things out of something better. And like, there was another tower, a thousand feet thing, higher, you know, that, on fire, and it fell. So it just melted all the nearby buildings. Right, and you're like, wait, what? It was like and Michael then there's the Bay BBC thing, thing. It, the BBC thing, where they said that tower fell 30 minutes before it did. Right? Yeah. That, I, I, or maybe they're, that's they're, fake. They're, I don't they're know. that up to like. Yeah, <laughs> I'm only a week away I, from like going to Alex Jones's website and buying his fucking dick pills, so yes. one of those chemtrails won't make my balls shrivel up. You know, I watched Alex. I watched Alex Jones on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he's saying this ridiculous shit. Right? Oh my god, psychic vampires are doing this, and all these conspiracy theories. And then, like every fourth one, Rogan would call him out on it and be like, "Wait, wait, what? Talk about that." Yeah. And, then, and then he'd have sources for it and like proof, you know, and then some of these things like the Gulf of Tonkin. <coughs> I'm sorry, yeah. about sick. Um, that's, a, that's a real conspiracy theory. Yeah, the Vietnam well, War was started on a lie. The Iraq War was started on a lie. You know, like, oh, come on. <coughs> you know, so that's what I genuinely believe. Here, here's, here's my soundbite for those people who hate me on the internet and just want to just fucking. Oh, ruin nice. My life. Here's my chance. Well, sure here's my soundbite. <laughs> Here's what I here's the only thing I know. Here's the only thing I know. I absolutely know that I know. I know that I know next to nothing. Oh, I know that, that whatever it is that I've been told 
and whatever it is that I've been led to believe is probably bullshit. I know that 98% of my convictions, the things that I think are right and the things that I think are true, are probably absolutely not. The George only thing I know is that I can't know. Mm -hmm. Right, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I was really hoping that you were going to say, there's one thing I know. There's one thing I know. This is what I know. Fluoride makes you gay. I was hoping it would be a thing. Fluoride makes you gay. Frogs change sexes. Like This is what I know. I've never said that about frogs, Woody. Yeah, he uh, he's an odd duck. But like, even like Boogie, you were saying that you'll think about it and be like, "How did that third tower fall?" Like, is there a visceral thing? Because I know when I think about like the the you're kind, you're an idiot conspiracy theories, like maybe the moon landing isn't real. My I have a visceral like brain twitch that's like, "Nope, get out of that space. Don't even think about that. That's so stupid. That is so right, stupid." Right. Like, do you have that where you just want to shut it down, almost, like internally, like believing the conspiracy theory. I I try to be frank with you. I, I try to keep an open mind about anything. So if one of those ideas present themselves and I have that thought, I will try to, as I try to do with everything, I will look at uh, a documentary about the moon landing and why it absolutely did happen and another documentary trying to disprove it. Uh, so one that proves it and one that disproves it and then try to draw a conclusion for myself. And like when it came to the moon landing, to me it seems just obvious that we actually did do it. Like, it seems like there's, I mean, with a powerful enough telescope, you can just see the equipment on the damn moon. So I don't really. Is that true? Like there's, no. I think that's, I, is I don't that think not, that's is that, true. I've been, I've, so they can do it with a, there's a space telescope we have where you can do that. You can see the tracks where the, the rover drove and stuff, but uh, not, not here on Earth, apparently. Um, and I think one of the issues was that, that the maybe. angle or something? I look. This is this is my this is my Google research that I've done before because I, I watched Joe Rogan talk about all this shit at length about how he used to not believe in the in the moon landing and then his mind was changed and then he explained the there there was some evidence that NASA put forward. They were like, oh, here's some pictures of a guy in space, and it turned out they were faked. They 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 weren't faked. They were they were training photos that they that they altered and doctored to make it look like a spacewalk that never actually happened. But there's plenty oh, of photos wow. that are completely real. You know, and just can't be disputed. And there is a tel telescope, whether it's on Earth or a satellite-based telescope, that you can look at the moon and you can see where the rover drove and you can see the rover still parked up there and shit. And, and at least I've been told so. I certainly haven't fucking peered through the thing. That's the I thing would, it always gets I, back to, right? The argument from that episode of It's Always Sunny. It's like, oh, oh, I see. And have you poured over the documents yourself? Have, yeah. you, <laughs> have you read all of the information? It's like, well... Well, no, I haven't fucking went to a library and gotten like those big fucking thick yeah, books and went of information. Like, no, nah, right. like I, I didn't go through the reams of information. I trusted that a guy on the internet <laughs> wouldn't lie to me, or someone else would call him out on his lie, and based on that, I, I, I came to my conclusion. I will tell you the day that I lost Faith? my mind the most, um, probably the craziest ever, is when we landed this most recent lunar uh, 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 not lunar rover, uh, but robot on Mars mm -hmm. uh, and he started roving and they started sending back pictures. And so NASA uploaded this picture that then 10 minutes later got re-uploaded. Um, exact same picture, only they had quote color corrected it and they had color corrected it to look real reddish the way every picture from NASA's ever looked. But this picture was not reddish. The planet did not look red. And so that made me wonder Okay, is this fucking rover even on Mars? Is that a picture somewhere in the fucking desert? Yeah. Okay, if not, why? Maybe, maybe Mars just isn't red, but for public perception, they 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 color correct all the photos to look red. And I, I obviously, the red. most obvious thing is that the camera on the fucking rover is probably not that yeah. good because they wanted a real light one, you know. Yeah, of but course. 
But who fucking knows, man? Like, who fucking knows? But my brain, just like for two hours that day, I was like, the fucking planet's not red, and they're fucking lying. Yeah. <laughs> Why are they lying to us, dude? Well, see, on that one, we know it's red. You know, there's a reason, that, like, its name, uh, Mars is, the god Mars is named for the planet Mars, because it is red, because it's always been red. You can see it with your naked eye, and it's red. Right, but have you been to Mars? See, I can't see what it looks no. like under that atmosphere. But I right? think what Boogie's saying is not that Mars isn't red, but that this thing the might photos not are have, fake. The photos could have been in Arizona, yeah. and they Maybe had to color the correct moon. them. Or, or even, or even that was a photo from the rover. But the photos that they release are always reddened to to match the mm. perception. You know, what I'm saying, see what I'm saying? Because it's just the rocks. The sky obviously would probably look red on Mars. That makes sense. But with the rocks, because I don't fucking know. I don't know what part of uh, of the world is red. <laughs> the Earth looks blue and green from outer space. But do I even know that's true? Because there's flat earthers out there telling me those are all fucking doctored. The goddamn thing is flat. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't I know. Have, how, I'm just like with and Just like with everything, I like how you, like, with these conspiracy theories, you like everybody starts like building up with all like the questions that they're like, they should have answers. And then you get to the real questions of like, is the dirt on Mars red? Is it an atmosphere thing? Is it dust in particle? I don't know. I don't. And you have to be like admit, like I don't know fucking anything about this. Maybe it's not even red. Maybe it's just the atmosphere playing. You know, apparently, making it look apparently red. there's iron all over the place and it's rusty. And then Mars I, I don't know source. You know, right. uh, have I brought back any like, Mars dirt? No. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. It is the iron, it, it, and it's also <laughs> the, the iron oxide that's that's both that's in the dirt and in the soil is one of the the key pieces of evidence that they always come to that there used to be oxygen in the atmosphere because you need the oxygen to react with the iron with the iron and make iron oxide. Right, oxygen. Yeah, you need the oxygen, um, will, and then the the planet's red because you know there's windstorms constantly and it's throwing rust up into the atmosphere, big dust clouds of well, rust. Well, it's because it's an angry war god. So, that too. So, so depending on the part of the world that you live in, the dirt tends to be a different color. Um, and here in Arkansas, uh, one of the very first things I noticed when I relocated here from Virginia is in Virginia we have a very rocky and a kind of grayish brown soil. So that's okay. what I was used to seeing. Um, when we got here to Arkansas, we have a very reddish soil. Red clay, And right? in many places, you have mostly just red clay, right? And yeah. um, so my wife lived here for like three or four years. And she was used to Michigan. Michigan's got a, a very dark brown color uh, of, of dirt up there. But you don't even see it that often because there's very few mountains. So you wouldn't even really think about it. Um, but... Uh, one day I pointed out to her like three or four years after she lived here, I was like, yeah, you know, cause Arkansas has got that red clay. And she goes, what? And I'm like, you've never noticed that the, the dirt here is different. She's like, what? And I'm like, well, right there, look right there, honey. Don't you see that red <laughs> dirt? She goes, well, that's just that one hill. Right. And I'm like, no, honey, all of the dirt around here looks like that. It's either, you know, the dirt in our yard is going to be a little, you know, darker colored, but like there's tons of that clay. 90% of Arkansas is that clay. And she just looked at me like she died, told her that God had died or something <laughs> like just. I don't know how she didn't notice in the three years three years she lived here, but I mean she's she just doesn't notice those kinds of things. She's I, mostly there was know. a a thing on Reddit like you know what did you learn embarrassingly late in life, and uh, there was a girl on there that didn't know unicorns were fake. Like she was in her twenties, <laughs> yeah, and she because look as far as supernatural beings go, a horse with a horn seems pretty possible. Like they're playing have of, moose, yeah. You know what the opposite of that, that like, misbelief is? It's things. the people who don't believe or don't know that the narwhale is a real yeah, thing. Yeah, I was going to say, narwhale, um, why is this, a rhinoceros? Uh, that rhinoceros oh, is, is rhinoceros. You are in a, living in a shed, 
having been kidnapped from the fucking infant room at a hospital if you don't know what a rhino is. No, I'm not like, saying she didn't know no what a rhino way. is. I'm saying there's precedent for animals with horns. So to, oh, think, okay. that, yeah, to think that a horse could have a horn is not outrageous to me. There's No, I don't think it is. There are yeah. horse-like animals like uh, a moose, deer, that already grow hornish things, you know? So it's, it really isn't right. that big of a stretch. Yeah, well, yeah. So I thought it was fun that she was like, she mentioned it like, you know, like somehow they were talking about like, yeah, you know, it's weird how there's horses and there's zebras, but they're not that related. And she's like, yeah, and like unicorns. And they're all like, wait, what? Unicorns? And she was like, yeah, new topic, new topic. You know, like, like they just all kind of like, they're not real. And she's like, right. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. But yeah, she learned at like 23 that unicorns were fake. Jesus. Well, not a bright bulb there <laughs> uh, i'm trying to think of something like i honestly i know my animals pretty good like i know which ones are real and fake all the ones that are half man are all are fake um <laughs> there are no half animals minotaurs, no minotaurs. like i i wanted to there are half animals aren't there isn't, there, isn't a liger thing oh no, no no i'm saying half yeah human, but it's half it's, animal. it's whole animal like a it's minotaur two different well, you said all half animals are fake and i've got donkeys no. out there that would like to have a word with you he's a no, whole animal though yeah that's a whole <laughs> animal not like a dragon ogre or a centaur or a minotaur or something like that you know? uh there is a um, sphinx. a badger sphinx. duck there's a badger duck a platypus nope you're, nope yeah, these the are all animals the platypus. <laughs> With venom? What is that shit? Like, like uh, the platypus is truly one of the most bizarre creatures. Like yeah. when, when when I when you try to categorize it as a non-fucking like biologist, as just a normal human being walking around, you're like, okay, I understand there's birds and they're in the nest with the eggs, and then you get those reptiles and then the amphibians and the mammals, and all right, I got in the fish, okay, and oh, that's a crusta oh invertebrate. All right, I got, I'm following everything. And then you get to that one, you're like, oh well, it's a furry water creature with a duck bill. Um, it, it lays eggs, though, and don't get too close. It'll sting you. <laughs> wait, wait, the stinging thing I think you might have made up. Am I wrong nah. on that? How much you want to bet it stings? $1. PayPal bet for real money. Done. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. They do sting. Let's see. It's let's a venom if... delivering pincer thing or something. I don't know exactly what it's <laughs> called. It, whether it's a stinger or a uh, um, a fang. <laughs> it's, it, it's in its... It, it's not in its mouth. I, it, maybe it is in its mouth. But I'm I, sure I just about looked this. up uh, platypus facts and it autofilled platypus facts for children. You know? <laughs> nobody else is googling this. <laughs> platypus facts for adult facts for adults. That's a non-existent. Uh, oh, the domain. venom spur. So here you go. On top of all the other things that make this main this that make up this patchwork creation is a poison spur that the platypus can use for self-defense or aggression. The spur can easily kill small animals, including, including rival platypuses, for mating, but it can also cause incredibly intense pain for fully grown human beings. Scientific yeah. understanding of the platypus venom isn't concrete. No evidence that it can kill you, causes intense pain. Uh, an Australian man who once found himself on the receiving end of a platypus spur said a bullet would have been more enjoyable. And after receiving the sting, he lost all use of his arm. Fuck! Jesus. <laughs> I'm sure they mean the like for around. a little bit, for a little bit, like not permanently. Uh, this would truly be a shit deer animal if it did that to you. Well, bit by a platypus. Yes, <laughs> I got stung by it. Where do they live? Australia. Australia. Oh man, that is like honestly. Kyle, have, have you ever watched your uh, dollar like, has been sent? Just so everyone knows, I would give a screenshot, but I don't know don't if do there's some security and vulnerability with yeah, showing yeah, his email. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. But but it it's a real thing. You could confirm it if you want. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. My, my phone went. You have money. I was like, yeah. did it really? No. Oh, but anyway, it did. I did really send it. Uh, <laughs> do you know who Ray Comfort is? 
No. I know the he's name. A, he's a like evangel- evangelical Christian who has mm-hmm. made like YouTube videos like back in the day of like doing the whole like the banana is proof <laughs> that God uh, and evolution isn't true. And I'm going to explain to you how it perfectly forms into the human hand. Isn't that wonderful, children? Or whatever the fuck you're saying. Did anyone ever explain to him that the banana is a product of human manipulation? Kyle. That's super science. (laughs) Sorry, but I was saying that like there couldn't be a dumber. There couldn't be (laughs) there couldn't be a dumber (laughs) fucking thing than the banana. It's it's like (laughs) using the platypus as an example seems like it. From that warped point of view, the platypus is so much better than the banana as an example, where you could be like, they're trying to tell you that all these animals are specified, huh? Well, then all these pieces here, what's that specified for? Was God <laughs> drunk that day, eh? Or like, whatever, <laughs> like, <laughs> like whatever you'd say. Like, that's the better argument. So all you creationists out there, to make your argument like, eh, like, eh, that much more compelling. Switch to platypus over banana. I think the lens of the eye is a better argument for those people. They Apparently, see... like, the development of that is very difficult. And also, there's this insect that like shoots this uh, this stuff out of its butt that reacts with the, the air. The bombardier and... beetle. Yeah. yeah, the bombardier beetle is a real good case for intelligent design because of the steps of evolution. And it, it would have first had to develop this, this thing that sprays the stuff out of its butt. But... It wouldn't work because it would it would have to simultaneously develop the the ability to like spray it or something like that. Otherwise, the beetle the beetle would just spontaneously explode on its own without like this other part. So they always use that as some some thing to, for intelligent design. Taylor's point is mistakes. I heard they used to use the giraffe as you know proof that I, like, uh, it wouldn't happen. But then there's I, I forget the details of it, but there's something about the giraffe that kind of proves its neck grew over time because like. Like, maybe yeah. its brain connects to its eyes, like, and it goes down and comes back up, and there's, like, a delay that it would rather not have. Yeah, there's, I think there's also <laughs> something about, like, like if the cool. giraffe had, like, something about how the giraffe had to, over time, like, get, something about when it bends down to drink and the rush of blood to the brain, if it didn't have a special circulatory system, would, would be bad. It would either oh. die or, it's, or something. I, I've read this before, that, that it's like, oh, no, he evolved <laughs> to have this long neck because if you just made a long neck thing with the same biology as a zebra. If you just like, oh, I'm going to take that zebra and Lex eight, the, the neck's eight feet long now. And the zebra bent down to drink, all the blood rushes to its head, and it just fucking passes out and dies or something. Um, so, mm-hmm. the, you know, I, I, there's no intelligent design. Let's get over that, right? You want to do an ad or two and then change topics? Yeah. Lift. When you drive for the right ride-sharing app, every trip can feel like a walk in the park. With Lyft, you can pick your own hours and work when you want. Lyft can make driving the best job in the world. Only Lyft offers in-app tipping. When you drive for Lyft, you get 100% of the tips. Drivers have been paid over $150 million in tips since the feature was introduced. Express Pay lets drivers get paid almost instantly instead of waiting for weeks. And uh, Lyft has even taken the guesswork out of their pickups with the new AMP device, which uses color coding to help passengers find their drivers. You don't want to get in the wrong car. You can earn hundreds of dollars a week plus tips. Want to make more money? Drive more. It's, been, it's never been easier to give yourself a raise. It's, uh, it's a simple formula. Happy drivers mean happy passengers. Maybe that's why 9 out of 10 Lyft drivers or Lyft rides get a perfect five-star rating. So join the ride-sharing company that believes in treating its people better. Go to lyft.com slash pka today, and you can get a $500 new driver bonus. That's lyft.com slash pka, L-Y-F-T dot com slash pka. This is a limited-time offer, so uh, get in there and do that. Lyft, it's how you get places. Lyft.com slash PKA. Don't forget the PKA, most important part of the whole equation. I took a nap just before the show on my Casper mattress, Mm. and it was wonderful. I love my Casper mattress. 
Casper mattresses are obsessively engineered American-made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. And now you can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash PKA and use the code PKA. It combines supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep service with just the right sink and just the right bounce. With over 20,000 reviews and an average four, uh, rating of 4.8 stars, it's quickly becoming the Internet's favorite mattress. Free shipping and returns to the United States and Canada. You can try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. If you don't love it, they'll pick it right back up. <coughs> on you everything. They're designed, developed, and assembled in the United States of America. So get $50 toward the purchase of any mattress by going to casper.com slash PKA and using code PKA. You will not regret it, I promise. If, if not, even if it, if it wasn't such a top-tier mattress, in my personal opinion, the convenience factor of having this thing just show up to your house and really quickly, by the way, in like a couple days, this thing just shows up at your house in this box and I, I, I just put the box on my carpet and just push the box while I'm running through the house to my bedroom and like flip it through the door a couple times, get the box knife out. And 30 seconds later, there's a king size bed in the room. It's, 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 it's amazing. I've gone through the, the hassle of going to a mattress store and that's, it's crap. Uh, this is definitely the way to go. So check them out. I wish I needed more mattresses just for the damn magic trick. I bought a pillow online recently and it did the same kind of like, you know, like, I, I don't know. It, 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 this isn't true, but it was almost like you got a pillow this big, add a drop of water to it, and then suddenly, you know, yeah. it's like sea monkeys or something. It's what kind of pillow was it? Was it one of those that, that stays cool, like a gel-type pillow? Uh, no, the remarkable – I thought – I was having a hard time sleeping and, you know, clogging up and all this stuff. So I bought one that's like super hypoallergenic, like can't oh, yeah. be infested with – that was what made the pillow interesting. I bought this pillow off Amazon. I think it was like $75, but um, for one, right? And, uh, but it said it was a cooling pillow or like a gel center or some shit. Mm -hmm. And I really, really like that pillow. That has become my, like, the golden boy, if you will, in the closet <laughs> of pillows. You know, Jerry Seinfeld had the one polo. That's the golden boy. Um, <laughs> I, this is definitely my golden boy pillow. Like, if, and, it, and if for some reason I wake up in the middle of the night and I don't have the golden boy on my ear, I'm like, oh, this is a special treat tonight. Because like a normal pillow, you put it under your ear and it'll stay cool and cold for like three seconds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This thing stays cool and cold for many minutes, all right? Like throughout the course of a night, it turns to a regular pillow because your body heat just soaks in eventually. But for like 10 minutes, this thing, every time you squeeze it a little bit more or twist your head a little bit, it's like, ooh, that's cool and cold. And I really like that. So uh, I, it's, nice. it's like, Sounds like a good boy. investment. I yeah. want to talk about Boogie. Boogie, how ooh. the hell's YouTube doing? Well, it's been a rocky damn ride over the last couple of months, man, I got to tell you. you know, um, I, I like the way we, you said that, actually. A lot of people just completely deny. Oh, awesome, awesome. More popular every day. Swimmingly. Nothing well, but a straight lift up. I, I have to say that I have a core audience that no matter what happens, they're going to stick by me. And uh, mm -hmm. I love that a core audience. They're incredible people. And there's enough of them to, to where every video should get. 100 to 200,000 views, no matter what I upload. I've literally uploaded absolute garbage um, in which I talk about hurting my butt in January or whatever. And these videos get 100, 200,000 views. And then I all of a sudden, that. I'm struggling <laughs> with the algorithm. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And I'm struggling with the way that YouTube has made changes and that I missed two weeks off because I ended up injuring myself. Mm -hmm. And the most embarrassing way ever, by the way. It's yeah, I put a pin in that problem. immediately. That, that's yeah. what I did. That was a virtual pin I was yeah. putting in. I but didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> but, uh, I, but uh, you know, <laughs> February was all about trying to get the right formula to, to trick the algorithm into giving a crap about my channel again. And mm -hmm. uh, 
I thought it wasn't going to happen, and I thought it was going to be sub 100,000 views finally, and that was how it was going to be for the rest of the career. Nope. And then Nintendo Switch came out, and boom, I got on the featured page around number 25, and now the algorithm is convinced once again to share my videos in um, recommended. And so not only do I have my core audience at about that 100,000 views, but then uh, because the, the, the algorithm has shifted again, it's, it's such a frustrating thing because... My, my content quality, my videos have not changed. I haven't changed. Nothing mm -hmm. has changed. The only thing that's changed really is that the way uh, YouTube shares my videos has changed. It's really frustrating. Sometimes um, it feels like, though, if you don't change, that can be a problem, too. Right, and I know that for sure. Like last year, what really saved my channel when I went through this exact same problem. January, February are always problem months for about everybody on YouTube for the most part. For views or and money? Because obviously both. for money. Yeah. For me, both. It's always been for me, both. Just a, a quick aside for people that don't know. Uh, how much you pay for advertising, and therefore how much YouTubers make, uh, drops off a cliff in January and February. It's at its peak for Christmas, and then the next mm -hmm. two months, like no one's interested in advertising, so you don't earn very much. Right. It, it, that's great if you're somebody who has savings. You know, it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. so, for a smaller YouTuber, man, uh, if they don't have enough for savings, if they're living paycheck to paycheck, it can ruin a person. I have known people who just, I have to get a job. It's February and I'm out of money and I haven't made any money in two months. So what do I do? Uh, do I try to push through to, to June where, you know, it's historically lifts up? Or what do I do? And I'm like, nope, uh, get the job, dude. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> Part time work. It's the, the, it's the safe bet. And then push it again in June. But, uh, we're, we're in a nice recovery period now. Most of the videos are getting 200, 300,000, 400,000 views. That's a lot of and money. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been all right for sure. And then I got a reference from Jack's films, uh, to put me in contact with his ad guy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you've watched Jack's content, you know, every third video has an ad. Um, and so I've been working with that guy. And now that I've got some sponsors working in, it doesn't really matter what YouTube does anymore. If YouTube doesn't want to pay me, if YouTube wants to make a video ad non-ad friendly, it doesn't really matter because I have another source of income. That's great. Um, and then Twitch, I've been focusing on Twitch as well too. Fo Twitch is now about thirty percent of my monthly business, which is, mm -hmm. you know, I work a lot harder for the Twitch stuff because you're streaming three hours a night, five nights a week, and um, you, you it know, feels but like Twitch can make more money on a given night, but there's no long tail. Like the right. hour you don't stream Twitch is the hour your income ends, you know? Right, exactly, right. And there's no, there's no future proofing. There's no, you know what I'm saying? If I, you know, I always worry about getting sick. And if I ever get sick, you know, what happens? Mm -hmm. I can't stream during the period of time. That's where YouTube is the better option. Kyle, if I can't make videos for a month, I'll survive. You Kyle's know? a mm -hmm. super example of a great long tail, right? Like uh, so guns, I don't know how much, I don't know how into guns you are, but they don't change a, a lot. Right, some of the most popular guns were made in like 1911, 1947. You know, it's not like 2019. Mm -hmm. You know, it's gonna be like, oh, he's on that old thing. No, dude, like <laughs> they're very slow. That guy moving. Hickok 45 is gonna be getting <clears throat> the same number of views 30 years from now because he's got guns that people are gonna care about in 30 right. years. Like, oh, World War II rifle. Let's see about that. Like dude, some of his same thing with Kyle. Stuff. People are gonna want to watch somebody blow up a toilet with I, a tank in a yard 20 I, years from now, just as much as right now. I watched right, Hickok no explain the impact of a, a repeating lever action gun on the Civil War, and I'm mm -hmm. very interested in that. And that's my favorite kind of gun. But we're literally talking about Civil War guns here, right? They're going to be just as interesting in 2020. You know, oh, it, yeah. It, it's not Even more interesting away. as time passes. That could be. Like, yeah, don't yeah. you... 
Like, have you ever watched the History Channel and you almost get like a weird resentment for the the newer weapons where they'll be like, this is the saber of, you know, it was only ornamental in the 1830s. And I'm like, that's a bullshit sword. It never cut anyone. Like, fuck off. And then you'll see one where it's like, this one is, is rumored to be carried by a Hun in, you know, 450 AD. And it's like, you could see Nicks on it. It's like, oh, that, that's what you want to see. Yeah. Like, well, it's not cool or ornate, but it wasn't supposed to be. Like, they just threw that in a guy's hand and he went out and did it. But I don't know. God, I wish so, History Channel would go back to not well, to not fishing shows. That's that. But, but, and I'll tell you that I used to love the History Channel with that stuff. Because whereas yeah. I don't personally feel the need to own very many guns, uh, my roommate's got a gun, I've got a gun. It's for home security. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but beyond that, um, I, I, I don't want to give a shit about modern guns, especially. But the historical stuff and a look at the guns that we used to use and and even future warfare and 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 future tech you know the rail guns and stuff like that i love learning about this stuff it's so fascinating so whereas i don't really i i've never felt comfortable owning a gun because i'm a crazy person and i don't ever want to <laughs> do anything stupid there were, there were periods in my time in my life where i would have done something stupid i guarantee it right. but um now i feel safe uh, safe <laughs> enough to have guns in the house again but uh, I grew up around so many guns. Oh my God. My grandfather, when he passed, he, his guns went to like four different people cause he had just so many guns. And then like when I go visit, um, uh, my wife's family up in the UP, uh, you know, they're not exactly rednecks, you know, but, um, the, the, you know, they still love their ski. There's their, 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 uh, the skiing. They still love the, the, the snowboarding. They still love the, the, all the winter sports. They love the four wheeling and they, they all love their guns, man. And they're all hunters. So every time I go home, there's some new fresh animal that was killed that can now be eaten raw in raw dog. They just disgusting. Don't know so good. They're very Northern part of Michigan, <laughs> uh, upper peninsula boogie back oh, yeah. to you. <coughs> I know yeah. it seems, I don't, I don't, I'm not as tight as gaming as I, as I once was. Cause my interest oh, yeah. shifted. Um, I, I almost hate to admit that. Cause I feel like anyone who's interested in shift will hate to hear it, but it seems like a lot of gamers have shifted. Like when I look at what phase is doing, it's not about 360 no scopes anymore. I catch PewDiePie videos now and then, and right. They're usually not that game related. It's his opinion. It's, he's almost a vlogging channel based on the ones that for, I catch. First off, let me say what Felix has done is like completely reinvented himself, and I love it. Me I too. love, I love, I will not miss a video now. And when he plays a game, I skip those videos. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but that's not the same for the core, the core part of his audience. Is he lost his core audience in that reinvent, and it kind of sucks. Like 20% of them stuck with him. And so his videos, you know, are only getting two or three million views. And I know that sounds like like the first worldest problem on the planet. But, you know, I mean, his, his gameplay video of him playing Happy Wheels for the 400th time used to get six, seven million, you know. So but again, I if he played Happy Wheels, like if he had never changed, it, it, it's hard to compare how well he's doing to how well he hypothetically would be doing. Because, like, I felt like my channel just made the same kind of videos for a while. And I saw the, the back half of the bell curve. Yeah before I started focusing yeah, right. on Woodycraft. And uh, it, I, to me, it's not that my videos got bad. It's that, you know, viewers could pretty much predict what I was going to say, you know, by my 2,500th video. Right. And then yeah. you've got, you got to keep in mind that, like, especially like Felix's audience, they've grown up. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of them were just fascinated to watch him Mine play too. some stupid, silly game. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, now they, they want to hear... The political stuff. They want to hear the stuff, the, the dramatic stuff. They want to hear what's happening on YouTube. They want to hear what's happening in Felix's life because, you know, they still like video games and they still want to hear people talk about video games, but they don't want to watch the games. They want to hear people talk about video games. But then again, I mean, you still got like Jacksepticeye and Markiplier and they're doing record numbers, you know. 
So there, there, there's definitely people that are still watching gaming, but I think the longer you've been on YouTube, the bigger your chance that your audience is going to mature with you. And that's where, you know, I, I run into that problem now with the Francis character, which I still love to do as much as I did the very first time. I love to do them. But a lot of my audience is like, this isn't why we like you anymore. This isn't why we love you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I hate, I hate when there's two Francis videos in a row because I've got nothing to watch. And, um, but then that brings in the new viewers. That's, so that's the, the point of the Francis stuff isn't about the existing viewers. It's about the existing viewers who are still fans and then bringing in the new faces. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's complicated, man. Running it a YouTube is, channel oh, is complicated. I, I find it incredibly fascinating. I hope everyone else does that. I, I fear they don't. But like this to me is my, like, I love hearing about what you're doing. You're strategizing. Like, I had a series about, um, it was like a real tech deep dive when the PS4 and Xbox One were coming out. What's Kyle oh, doing? Yeah. He's pulling that pin so he can go back to oh, what he oh, okay. pinned up there. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Kyle. <laughs> that was a nice don't little. Don't forget it. I, I do like what he's doing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I would compare like the, the Xbox had this faster RAM, the PS4 had less RAM, but it was whatever. And uh, I probably have that wrong. It's been a while. But that whole series was designed for people who didn't know me already. Like a, a lot of the videos I did, like Mail Monday, for example, I felt like were most attracted to people who already liked me. And I'm like, I need videos for people who don't know me at all, right? To, to bring in, uh, you know, guys. I did a couple things like that, the, the Tech Tuesday. And, uh, you know, like, all right, this is for people. It's designed for people who don't know me at all to be And the microwave thing. Can I just right. say, I yeah. thought the microwave thing was brilliant. It's a shame that trolls, like, shut that all down. Yeah. I, like, 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 I thought the microwave thing was not only brilliant, but that, you know, and some people would say, oh, these other guys did this whole microwave series before you. And it's like, yeah, but those guys aren't this guy. And this guy has access to some shit that maybe they didn't. Let's sit back and watch and see how this goes. Let, let them lay the foundation. And you might have to watch Grapes Make Plasma for the second time ever. Boo-hoo. But <laughs> let's see where this thing is headed, right? You yeah, know, I like, kind of... Like I kind of hate that about YouTube because, like, the slow-mo guys are the only guys who get to do slow-mo. If anybody ever uploads something that's slow motion, even just, like, they got on their iPhone, sometimes people just shit all over them. Hey, that's mm. the slow-mo guys. They do our slow-mo. Well, they only put out, like, two videos a month, dude. Like, <laughs> you know? Uh, or, like, uh, the, the, the who is the guy who got real famous and real, real, real quick, the hydraulic press guy? And then another hydraulic press hydraulic channel comes press. along. And he just has to deal with that hate. We were talking about doing that for so long. Yeah. I was like, I was like, guys, let's fucking pull this trigger right now. We're hydraulic press. We're we're like super hydraulic press. All right, like fuck his bullshit non-English speaking press. Mm. Like we're gonna get an American press, and it's gonna and say those, like yeah. steel on the top and of the nonsense yeah, like yeah. Finnish yeah. items that he's like, destroying. <laughs> like yeah, he's like, like today we're going to be destroying a small plastic car with this twenty <laughs> ton hydraulic. Press what, and it's what, like, oh my god, dude! Like, there's a tire right there sitting. You're not using, like, do something that's right. a little more interesting. Get a gerbil. Hey, we're going to do play though. Oh, if you do play though, it's the same as if you put, say, a can of soda on it. Dude, um, it would be <laughs> hilarious if you smoosh like a, a, a small road and like, hey, yeah, here's a hamster. Don't worry, it's been dead for minutes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Don't worry, it has a soul. That's how I would. <laughs> he was painlessly asphyxiated in an upturned cup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we left him in a bucket in the sun for two days, and uh, now he's dead. <laughs> We're gonna yeah. And he's uh, medium well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, that story. Oh, All right, I, I got to know. But, 
I got a notebook. Oh, well, hold up. Before, before, let me say, Woody, my, my new strategy on YouTube, and this is mm. for your viewers out there, I started really trying to focus back on the gaming stuff mm. um, and not really playing games, but talking about games. Um, and I do, I'm not afraid to walk into the politics of it sometimes, and I'm not afraid to talk about the controversies and stuff. Uh, I just started a new series in which I'm like reading people's terrible reviews, user reviews, which is like super funny. And I don't know, it's, it, for me, it's never necessarily about what people want to watch as much as it is about what I want to create. And like, I try not to listen to people shit the bed. If it's still getting my 100,000 views, that's my, that's my breakoff point. If mm -hmm. the series gets under 100,000 views, then all right, fine, I won't upload it. You know, I'll stop doing it because I, that's dangerous for the channel it's dangerous for the algorithm right right but if, if i'm getting my usual threshold of a hundred thousand views then i feel like if i'm enjoying it that's what we're gonna do and uh i don't know i try not to worry about it too much kind you know of, I, yeah. I, you know I, hell I'm, I'm lucky to have gotten as far as i have if it ends tomorrow i'm okay with that but i am um, uh, I, oh and also i don't know if you guys saw this be, that would be a calamitous decline well, it would suck, <laughs> but uh but have you, have you guys seen the uh have you guys seen the shmoyo remix on my channel from this week no no uh, i went to your twitter and i saw you retweeted it but i haven't watched it yet it's really good it's so good please have What's your, it your audience really should go yeah, watch yeah. it so uh, i want my mountain news it's a francis collage and so me and Michael Gregory and Evan, we, we, I sent him a playlist of, of Francis's best moments and like the PS4 and the Furby and all the famous videos. And they pulled all of that out of there. And then they, they have this amazing talent. If you don't watch their series, if you don't know their channel, you should get to know it. But they uh, have this amazing ability to find music where there's no music. And he, he says like, when he approached me, he's like, you know, Francis has such a natural cadence and he has such a, a natural, uh, his pitch is perfect. He's like, can I write a song for you? And it's the second time they've remixed me. They remixed me four years ago because of a YouTube like freak out or whatever. And um, But this is the first time they ever did Francis. And it's easily one of the best. Wait, it's how like, do um, they find it's, it? It's, uh, how do they find what? How do they find the video? Oh, I just ended up sending them a playlist. No, like, no, no. How hey, do the viewers find the video that's made? Oh, just go to uh, youtube.com slash boogie298. And it's in this week's uploads. Gotcha. Uh, and it's called, it's got my big naked fat ass falling into a pool of Mountain Dew uh, as the thumbnail, and you're going to love it. I, I, it's so good. And I'll then they also actually had me on their, uh, on their Songify the News series, too, which I think, I think is about the best way to consume the news on YouTube, <laughs> honestly. Uh, it is, but, yeah, no. a lot of time when you're watching, like, remixes on YouTube, like, because it's so fucking hit or miss where you're trying to find a good, like, funny remix and you get, like, a minute into one, you're like, this isn't going to take off. And then almost every time you're like, man, this is really a funny one. You'll look and it was Shmo Yoho who yep. uploaded it. Like, 90, they, yeah, the Gregory yeah. Brothers and all their music, like, their secondary channel is, uh, I, me and my wife have bought more of their songs than I have any record, other than Weird Al, any other artist. But, like, they do these, yeah. like... Um, <laughs> they do these covers of songs uh, like they took Wrecking Ball and made it a country song. And it's like one of my favorite songs I've ever heard in my life. Like their covers and their, and their, the way they just deconstruct music. It's Don't you think Weird Al is underappreciated? Oh, absolutely. I met that man uh, a couple years back. Oh, that's cool. Got to go to his they, concert and You listen to one afterwards. of his albums. You go back and like listen to Dare to be Stupid or something like that. And, and you're like, okay, he can sing, I guess. And they, like, like, is he even playing an instrument? I don't know. But if you start delving into what he does and the instruments he plays and like you go through his whole catalog and you see how much like the guys he's trying to sound like he sounds like, I, I'm, all, I'm like, 
we should do some original songs once. Like I'd like to what, hear like well, one original that's weird the thing, song. And that's what like nobody realizes half of his songs are originals. Uh, but what he mo- hey. when we call it an original, a lot of the times they're what they, what he calls style parodies. And so if you go Dare to be Stupid is not a direct cover or direct parody of uh, Devo. It is a uh, uh, it's an attempt to replicate their sound in the style of Devo. And so, sure. like, what's so fascinating about that is, again, whenever he covers an artist or whenever he tries to parody him, even though he doesn't legally have to, he will contact them and ask them to do it and so on and so forth. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. uh, he sent them that copy of uh, – he sent them a copy of Dare to be Stupid. And then the guy from Devo actually said – they said, well, when you heard Weird Al's uh, style parody, what did you think? And he says, uh, it was the most depressing moment of my life. And they said, why? And he goes, because that's the exact sound we were trying to capture. And I think that's like one of the best moments yeah. for that guy's career. I, All right, I so know pull so the many pen, of those pull songs. Pull the pen. Pull the pen. The, uh, like, like Amish Paradise, all that shit. I love. Oh, so I, I really like, I know every word to most of those albums. Unfortunately, there was a period when I was maybe 12 or 13 where I got really into Weird Al, and I just bought every CD there was, and I listened to them I bet your repeatedly. parents loved that. Yeah. I mean, I had headphones on. Like, it wasn't blaring. It was just like, Ben Spit is like a local boy kicked me in the butt last week. I just smiled at him, and I turned the other cheek. I really don't care. In fact, I wish him well, because I'll be laughing my head off when he's burning in hell. Damn, like, that's you so are good. a true fan. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, yeah. Oh, every word to that song, literally. My <laughs> wife got me VIP tickets to see Weird Al uh, two years back for my birthday, and we went and saw it, and she just didn't get it. She didn't understand what my <laughs> obsession was, and I kept trying to explain to her that I'm a 14-year-old boy trapped in a 42 year old body that's the problem uh but then she saw the concert and she's like oh my god that was incredible i'm like really she goes yeah he has more costume changes than elton john and i'm like yeah yeah he does he really does all right pull the pen i see yes, what he's okay. i'm sure you get this all the time please tell me more about your butt okay so <laughs> yes i hear that every day uh <laughs> You know, uh, you know, when we were trying to fill this home for the first time, you know, we were looking for inexpensive furniture and we were looking for quick furniture. Sure. So we didn't always check weight limits and stuff. And uh, so we bought some weaker wooden chairs for our dining room. As you and um, one day I'm sitting on one and we hear a cracking noise. And I'm like, oh, got to take that chair out of rotation. We pull it out. We look. The, the brace is broken a little bit. Uh, take it out to the garage. And my friend... Victor takes a look at it. He's during a party. He takes a look at it and he goes, "Oh, I can fix this." And then, <laughs> unbeknownst to me, puts it back into rotation, which was not a good thing to do. Yeah, so uh, one off. night, yeah. I'm sitting there uh, sorting magic cards, and I push back on the chair, and that causes the front leg to push out a little bit, which is what caused it to crack to begin with. Boom! Down goes the chair, and I land on the the floor and partially on the chair, and that unevenness. Caused my ass to be bruised in a way you can't imagine. Uh, and a lot of people are not. Like, right, you know, well, that's the that's, very first thing is that the entire ass turned black. I did break the skin in one small area, but then my entire ass turned black as night. It was incredible. The bruises like you would not believe. Then I developed a hematoma. And yes, for those who are laughing right now, yes, please feel free to laugh. It's, I know it's an uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, but, oh, yeah. Oh, oh please. You don't have to I'm this. the fattest, yeah. guyest problem on the planet, okay? <laughs> I've fallen a million times. I got real unlucky here. But yes, did I fall four feet and that broke my ass? Yes, that's exactly what happened. Lucky I didn't break a hip or anything else. You guys have to remember, my body doesn't produce testosterone. And we only inject enough testosterone on a biweekly basis to make sure my muscles still work. You know, he doesn't want to overdo it, so... Um, like I don't have the, I don't have the, the muscular <laughs> density 
to to survive a fall like that. So I'm lucky that I haven't broken bones. I think you know? that instead of apologizing for getting hurt from a two or three feet fall, you should be bragging about how you excel at gravity compared to all oh, these peons. Oh, they're talking about it. Right? Like, you guys so, fucking uh, suck at gravity. You don't understand my level of mastery. So, so the skin... <laughs> got so everything swelled so much that the skin broke in oh, several places. And like so a rotten I'm, tomato. Right, and I'm bleeding Whoa. a black... I'm bleeding a black icker. It's one of the most fucking terrible moments. In I don't life. know what that means. A black icker? Like well, instead a... of the, the blood had gotten there and it was bruised dead blood. So mm. instead of bleeding red, I'm bleeding blackish. Like and a black fucking... sap almost? Right. It's almost like, like that. It's like fucking terrible. Like an orc. And so my wife, my wife is like, we need to go to the emergency room. And I'm like, here's the thing, honey. Uh, I can't sit in a car right now. I can't sit at all. I'm not going to be able to sit for weeks. We're going to have to get an ambulance there. We're going to have to get an ambulance back. And all they're going to do is tell me it's bruised. What can they possibly do? I've been injured a million times in my life. I've been injured without health insurance before. This is just a waste of a $900 ride there, a $900 ride back. I'm thinking just butt massage. Right. Oh, that's probably the last <laughs> thing he <Maybe>. wants. <laughs> well, it turns out what they could have done if I had gotten there in the first 24 hours is they could have lanced the hematoma that I didn't know was there. Mm-hmm. But after 24 hours, it had set up. And by the time I did have a doctor look at it, he says it's just going to have to heal naturally. Uh, otherwise, we're going to have a giant abscess in your body that's going to fill up with blood and pus every 24 hours. We're going to have to continuously drain it for weeks and weeks and weeks. And your recovery time will probably be longer if we operate. Um, so This is a big deal. Like It's yeah, kind of veered away from funny a little bit. But carry on. Right, so so, well, on there. so <laughs> at, at one point, we had a uh, kid's basketball sized hematoma on my ass this bigger just Mm. and it it caused my ass crack to it was it was above right at the top of the crack of my ass so the top of the crack of my ass my it was so swollen there was no top of the crack of my ass it was now swollen outwards it was exactly there and i'd love to see that were there pictures there's tons of pictures i will send because i wanted to do progress pics every day just because i can't see it so I have my picture yeah. of my wife. Progress or in case this turns day. bad, you got to document this shit. Right, exactly. In case I lose my ass, literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but got to sue uh, that it, chair company or your it, friend Victor, one or the other, or both. It wasn't. It wasn't um, circular. It was kind of oblong, and so it actually extended right down to the side of my anus. So oh! literally everything was painful, and I'll leave it at that. Right, the rest uh, every was time painful. you shit, you're shitting yeah, through like a big. Right bloody bruise thing this, on your butthole right, and it's the, like ah, was it really ah, sharp terrible it's pain excruciating was it, it excruciating was more, bad or straight up dull throbbing pain <clears throat> i've right. had sharp pain sharp pain is teeth like it, it was a combination between the lymphedema pain that i deal with every day and like a tooth infection pain like a combo of those mm, that's bad too yeah yeah it was really it was it, but in a whole new area and then what was more important is that because of the my lymphedema and everything else, I need to get up and every. I don't want to be the guy on six hundred my six hundred pound life that never gets out of bed again. I'm not going to fucking do that. Yeah. I mm-hmm. need to work. I need to get in here and run my business. So I force myself even on day three to set up for at least fifteen minutes, three or four times a day. And <gasps> holy fuck, the pain! Putting five hundred pounds on an infected hematoma is uh-huh. not a pleasant experience. Infected but hematoma. But by the end of the it got first infected. Ended up getting a little bit infected. Not so much that, um, but we ended up doing antibiotics. I my doctor has a standing script for antibiotics because he knows that I know what I'm doing. And so yeah, we yeah. like I, I contacted him on my uh, through our medical network where I can send an email to his nurse and the nurse bumped it up to him and he said to go ahead and take them. 
And, uh, you know, if it ever got any worse, we were eventually going to have to take that ambulance right. Well, at the end of the first week, I was ready to try to stream again. So I was in here for like 30 minutes trying to lean forward like this to not let my butt touch the, the mm-hmm. seat. It was so fucking oh. bad. But it, it slowly awful. healed. Now it's about 25% of its original size, and it's real damned uncomfortable. But I'm just All so right. used to pain. I don't even, whatever. No. Jesus. So how, when All right, I want to talk about the testosterone now. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, hold on. Yeah, I, there, I is an important, there is an important part of that story that I want to talk about. So okay. for, for, for the viewers who have been listening for me a while, this is going to be the only weight talk we're going to talk about. It's going to be super quick, okay? Uh, a lot of people over the last three or four years have been expecting me to lose weight at, at this you know, very fast speed. And you know what? I've lost next to nothing. I gained a bunch of weight, and then I lost it again, and that's where I'm at. I'm pretty much where I was five years ago. Um, but – the entire goal of this was to try to find medications that helped try to get my diabetes under control, try to get my heart pressure under control, try to get my hormones under control so that I could eventually qualify for bariatric surgery or, God forbid, maybe get into a gym one day where I can build muscle, at least get me to where I can walk better. Like that's one of the big primary goals. But the idea was to get me to a point where I would qualify for bariatric surgery. So back um, just before this fall, I spoke with my weight loss doctor, and my weight loss doctor is like, no, so I told you you needed to be right around 490 to, to lose the weight, to get surgery. And I'm like, yes. He goes, well, I've, talk and I've talked with our bariatric surgeon, and he actually wants you closer to 420. And I'm like, that's 100 more pounds. Mm-hmm. How am I going to fucking do that? I'm like, I, I'm barely losing, you know, with this appetite suppressant and these diabetes medications, and I'm throwing up all the time. How am I supposed to fucking lose weight? I can't even keep food down now. What, how much more can I cut back? And his answer is, uh, well, it doesn't matter because you have to do it. We have to figure it out. And he wants me to do this OptiFast program where I drink like three diet shakes in a day and then I like eat a sensible meal for dinner. And I'm like, I can't. But I have to do like weekly group therapy and sit around a bunch of fucking idiots complaining about their shit. <laughs> and I don't want to oh, do that. Would that. So oh, that like, would be so helpful. That would be so helpful. Like, like I, I'm thinking about like I'm putting myself on your diet plan in my brain right now. And I'm thinking like, man, that's that's hard to stick to. You'd really need a and I was, before you even said count. it. I was like, I would need a support system. I'd need some other guys who were also starving themselves to share my stories with. Like, oh, right, drove right. past Burger King, <laughs> I could smell the flame broiled whoppers. You know, because you can smell a Burger yeah. King, and I bet to a big guy, it's like aphrodisiac. And, okay. and I was like, I smelled it, and I thought about you, Jason. I thought about what you said last week about how you drove past five guys, and I drove myself <laughs> home and had another shake. That would help me. That the support the, group, and, and it would give you competition. To- because you'd be like, to I'm not going to be the first one to break. We did go to one of their meetings, and in that meeting, the nurse that was running it was like a 42-year-old woman. She wasn't even very pretty. Uh, but there was a guy in the front row. Okay, Donald Trump. Oh, yeah, there was this guy. Harassing. She was like a four. Right, <laughs> no, but I'm saying she was like 42, <laughs> and she wasn't like hot or anything. Uh, it wasn't like she was a fucking model. <clears throat> she was just a normal average person. And this guy kept sexually harassing her right in front of his wife. His wife was right next to her. She's like, maybe she well, was a pretty girl like you. I'll eat whatever you want to, baby. And I'm like, oh, I want to fucking leave. I just, I don't want to be here. <laughs> that sounds so, so uncomfortable. It was the most, I was like, I'm never going to do this program. Fuck this program. <laughs> but anyway, so I guess I made a video about it. And, and like the fat people hate guys just like fucking zeroed in on me. And they're like, oh, you're going to die fat. I can't wait your wife's morning you. And, and, uh, um, and of course, that doesn't make it that's any easier. really mean spirited. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, bad. Uh, that doesn't make it any really fucking mean. easier. It's bad news. So then I fall. And I end up going into the uh, to the surgeon, and the surgeon happens to share a facility with a weight loss surgeon. 
And so that surgeon's like, look, I won't touch your hem hematoma. The recovery time for surgery would be a lot longer than the natural uh, healing rate of the rate you're currently healing. So you're going to have to do this for another two or three months, but it would be even longer after surgery. And surgery could make it infected and get even, get even worse. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, have you talked to my partner? And I'm like, nope. And he's like, well, why don't you talk to one of our girls today? Because you would qualify for our surgery. And I'm like, well, I don't think you looked at my medical charts, sir. I still weigh more than 100 pounds, about 100 pounds, what you guys want me to weigh. And he goes, no, no, no. Um, he's willing to take a risk for a high-profile client like you, I think. And I'm like, really? Well, there you go. Second opinion. So well, had that you're a superstar on the internet? It's in part. He said that over the last year, he has become increasingly comfortable performing surgery on people of larger size. And ideally, he wants a BMI of 65, which is a huge fucking BMI, by the way. But I'm even higher. Um, and he says Could that. Could you explain uh, the surgery? Because I'm not familiar with what the okay, well, bariatric Is that what you said? Yeah, the bariatric surgery is referred. Bariatric generally means like health of, of morbidly obese people. Um, and so bariatric surgery, there's three different types they do in America. Um, the first is one that's just come, fallen completely out of uh, a plant. It's some sort of like fucking valve system. I forget exactly what they call it. The, the, the bands, the stupid bands, which turns out is a terrible technology. Don't let a surgeon do that to you. Most surgeons won't do it anymore. Secondly is the reshaping the stomach into the shape of a sleeve. Uh, and then the, the other one is the bypass, where they basically cut out the majority of the stomach, make it uh, benign, and it doesn't really do anything anymore, and then you bypass it by connecting the intestines to this new smaller stomach. And the one that I am going for, which has the highest success rate, is the one in which they basically remove the majority of the stomach and uh, push it off to the side. Yeah. And then I, I obviously will have the new – and the reason that surgery works so well is because there's a nice there's – there's this kind of little, little brain on top of your stomach. Um, that does a lot of uh, b food thinking for you, and uh, mm -hmm. it, it hands, hands your satiation and things along that lines. Well, by shrinking that new stomach and keeping that connected to it, um, it doesn't give a shit about that old stomach anymore, and it gives a shit about the new little stomach. Oh, cool. And that new little stomach is easy, easier satiated. It, uh, the, it sends the, 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 the signals to the brain quicker. Uh, after a lifetime of overeating, I have a stomach probably the size of three of your guys' stomachs. It changes, though, really quickly, you know. Like, like, like I think it yeah. shrinks back down because, like... I, I, I've had like bullshit eating competitions like with friends and stuff before and I would use water to, to yeah. like a drink like a gallon of water as fast as I could and that's not very fast if you're drinking it, the whole gallon. It works the other way too because after the surgery I have about a six month window to get my shit together um, and if I fuck it up I can easily gain the weight back. Yeah. Can you stretch your stomach out back to like – No, it naturally, it naturally will. They want you to, to do that. But you have that six month period where you have a pea-sized stomach. And then it will continue to go grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And at the end of six months or so, if you're following the diet that they tell you to follow, you're probably going to have a stomach that's little around about half the size of a normal size stomach. And by the end of that first year, you're going to have a normal stomach. But normal is a big improvement oh, what, compared right. to where you but are But normal is a huge improvement. To right. what I'm I think what we need, like, like the surgery that I would want so that I could just eat endlessly. And I don't know how you make this happen in, in the real world, but I don't want a stomach. I want like... I swallow something and it just goes right into the intestines, right? Just, just, just straight out the back, and I, I want no nutritional input from I my mouth. Like, I like would I would no longer eat my nutrients, calories, any oh, of that. that there would be me. another way to get that into me. Now I'm not quite sure what that is. Um, it, you know, maybe, IV. maybe like there's a port. You know, IV. maybe there's a port now, and you fucking <laughs> just inject me with like. <laughs> Half a liter of some mm -hmm. like goo that's like a protein rich nutrient. Yeah, but then you have to let somebody install a port on you. You definitely um, don't want if that. If I can eat whatever, it, 
all right, so so here are the benefits right now, okay? So you're probably thinking like, oh, you'd go through all of that just so you can eat whatever you want anytime, milkshakes all day, and just you're shitting vanilla milkshakes all day? Like, that's awful. Like, who would want that? But the thing is, the guy that's injecting you just isn't just injecting you with food. He's giving you the perfectly balanced meal, like what a Yum. human being should be on. It's like when you put your dog on like some sort of super protein compound soy, or you're something. You're describing soy. you get the good dog food. Yeah, describing soy. They're one of our sponsors. That product? It's a nutritional. one of our sponsors. As a matter of oh, yeah. fact, they don't. Yeah. They don't recommend you inject it through a port. They want you in the fire. is an amazing product. I know some people have lost a lot of weight just doing just soyant instead of like any of these stupid shake diets or whatever. Hmm. I know people have lost weight doing it. Kept it yeah, off. Sure. You know. But anyway, yeah, I so, tried the like, cookout shake diet. Didn't work at all. No. Well, anyway, <laughs> one one of the bigger problems that I face is the fact that. I get literally every calorie out of every food I eat. Someone with a normal digestive system may not, but I will get literally every calorie out of every food I eat because I have a larger stomach, so I do a lot better job of processing the food, and after years of overeating, I have a larger small intestine, Is it so that means it spins that right. It, yep. So oh, that's uh, one cool. of the, Okay, so now here's some science that actually like explains a little, I can wrap my head around why a bigger person might have a harder time losing right. weight. You're telling me that, like, like I saw on Sesame Street one time, that my large and small intestine is like really long, right? Like 25 feet, 50 feet or something like it's that. It's upsettingly long. <laughs> Way too long. You're <laughs> yeah. saying that, and, and so my food has to travel, let's just call it 30 feet, because somebody Google it for God's sake. Um, you know, it's, it's got to travel 30 feet, and I'm absorbing nutrients through that 30 feet, but yours might be traveling 40 feet, and so right. you're getting more calories out of the same Twinkie you think of flat your body. Right. And so, okay, so let me, before I say anything, uh, I'm gonna talk about the reasons it's difficult for me to lose weight. I am not going to make these excuses. These are not fucking excuses. It is still a matter of, matter of calories in and calories out, and I still have to do the fucking exercise and the fucking work, and no matter what you hear from me right now, this is not an excuse for you to pick this up and go, well, you know what? I have a longer intestine set for I can't lose weight. I'm going to stay fat. Fuck that and fuck you. Get off your ass and do the fucking work. And same for me. And I, that's, I, I keep that in mind every day. But these are the reasons. These are the extra factors I face. Uh, obviously, the testosterone, I can't build muscle. And we'll, we, I know you want to pull that pin, and we will. Um, then mm -hmm. I have the, the, the metabolic system. I have a, a very shitty metabolic system after years and years of obesity and after years and years of, of setting on my ass and after years and years of overeating. Uh, you have the satiation problem, the fact that you guys can eat a normal amount of food and feel satisfied, and that won't even make me feel not hungry. Uh, then you're dealing with the fact that I am diabetic and diabe diabetes uh, because I'm diabetic and because I'm insulin resistant, I have to increase the amount of insulin in my body. And a lot of the medications makes it more difficult to lose weight and being insulin resistant itself makes it more difficult to lose weight because the process that burns the fat simply just won't perform. And these are some of the issues that I face. Um, but it's still, I mean, it's, at the end of the day, if I starved myself and I, I tried to get more exercise, eventually it would come off just very, very slowly. The Unfortunately for me, I'm at a point where I don't really have that, like, room anymore. And so a lot of people are like, surgery is the cheap way out, the easy way out. You still have to diet, you still have to exercise with surgery. And you have to do it just as well, and you have to do it for the rest of your life, and if not, you put the weight back on. This is giving my system a jump start and a new chance. And it's, it, the window is closing for me. You know, I could be dead in three to five years if I don't take the shot. So anyway, I that's... I feel like that's, sometimes people who are successful with their weight undercut that it might be easier for them. And what's opened my eyes to this recently is my, my mother-in-law's with us. And Boogie, you might not know this, but my mother-in-law's very sick. And um, Sorry to hear that. Yeah, she's 
she's super duper sick and she's battling anorexia right now and you know we we put food in front of her meal after meal you know it's not abnormal at all for her to have like two or three lunches and two or three dinners prepared in hopes that one of them will spark an interest because food to her is just not a, like it's it's a it's something that she has to force herself to do in an effort to try yeah. to get better and um like i see that and it's like oh man like the attractiveness of food the way that it varies between people has so much to do with how how much of it you eat and right. uh but people don't see that sometimes they just think like oh here's a high disciplined person and here's a low disciplined person and it's mm-hmm. not always as nice as that you know it right i i, I then, see, go on and then a lot of people don't consider mental health as a problem and so I'm going to talk about some of you guys I've never talked about. I very rarely ever talk about it. I mentioned it on the stream a couple of times. But uh, people who've experienced the kind of abuse that I have had, the mental stuff and the physical stuff and the other stuff, which I don't really even like to put a name to, um, uh, one of the classic things that those people will do is eat themselves to damn near death. And if you look at a particular period in time in my life, at the timeline when I really started putting on weight, it happens to coincide with a very traumatic thing that a female family member did to me at a very young age. And, uh, Oops, you know, it, we never we never consider the mental health aspects of it as well. You know, it's always about excuses and not doing the work and not putting in the work. But that's what these support groups are designed to help you understand. And these support groups are help there to help you learn. Um, and I've been in plenty of them. And Overeaters Anonymous and stuff like that. We've talked to people that are in that. I have waitlist groups and and and, uh, and and on Facebook and stuff like that. The story is old as time. The patterns are there. And, and you know, the people who aren't educated on that aren't going to be educated on it. The people that don't want to be educated on it will refuse. And that's okay. That's fine. But that all, it all plays into, it plays into the ship, you know? Yeah. But I'm just glad to still be alive. I mean, there's still no excuses. There's still no excuses to look the way I look, and I get that. I understand that. I still got to do the work, and I'm okay with that. Uh, just a quick note. For people looking at the screen messed up, Kyle dropped off. He usually comes back real quick, so I'm not going to Because he wants to hear all about this testosterone good stuff. Yes. Oh, he's been pinning oh. lots of things he, on he his does. Google I, Maps. Yeah. I, I, I like the, the silent way. He's like, don't miss that. It's a nice right. non-interruptive yeah. way. That's good. That's something we're going to keep. Yeah. The, human body, <laughs> the human body's fucking <laughs> fascinating, isn't it, though? It is. Just everything about it. Like the fact that I could survive like this. You know, I know what I look like naked. Jesus Christ, man. The fact that my body could survive this and the fact that there's medications out there. Medical science is incredible because, uh, to be honest with you, were it not for a CPAP machine, I'd have been dead at 30. I was if I didn't ask. start using my CPAP machine oh, at 30, I would have been dead by now. Dude. And BPAP. Yeah, let, can we do CPAP talk for just a second? Oh, <laughs> sure, man. That'll be riveting stuff for your listeners. <laughs> I won't even get it. I hear where you're coming from. Damn, it is uh, basically I use a breathing machine um, because mm-hmm. what I the problem I have I don't know what yours is Woody but the problem I have is I'm heavy enough to where my uh, breathing airways kind of get shut down a little bit when I relax and so what happens is I have a condition called sleep apnea because my airways relax so much and the weight and everything else pushes down to close his airways my body can't breathe very well so I struggle the whole time I'm trying to sleep is actually not restful. And in fact, sometimes uh, I, I will have up to, I think, 25 interruptions of sleep in an hour when they did my sleep study. I will just lay there and stop breathing and hold my breath for as long as my body will let me in the hopes that I can get eight, eight seconds or maybe 30 seconds of restful sleep and then wake back up gasping for air with a heart, resting heart rate of 120 beats a minute. You know, just trying to just So trying let me to ask you this because uh, I also have sleep apnea and I don't mean to brag but I'm kind of a big deal in the... Oh, you are. How many times per uh, hour hour do you wake up? 
Um, I think during my sleep study, they said 20, 25 episodes. 20, 25 oh, episodes. Oh, aren't you adorable? How, how, how are you? 67. Woo! Yeah, 67. That's, one of, that's more than one a minute, Woody. It is. Um, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I asked him. It's just... <laughs> I asked him, I'm like, did I break a record? And they said, no, but I was like, I competed for it. And um, uh, they have me on a BPAP machine, which is like a little more hardcore so they, than a that CPAP. That pushes in as well, right? Oh, that kind of like helps yeah, that's breathe right. in. Yeah, that's right. right. My, mine goes... only helps me. My no, sorry, mine only helps me breathe in. Yours also helps you breathe out, I think. Right? Does it yes. Breathe out? Is that the like, su- like a little bit of suction or something if to you, get the air back out? If you, so I have... I don't know if sleep apnea talk is interesting, but there's there's two kinds of sleep apnea. One is obstructive sleep apnea, which Boogie's already described, where kind of your airway will close sometimes. The other is uh, involuntary, maybe? I forget. But where like, even if your airway is opened through like a CPAP machine, your brain just doesn't tell you to breathe all the time. It just takes a break. And um, And I have both. So sometimes it's because... My, in my case, I guess my airway weakened. It's a thing that happens with age, and my snoring yep. got worse. Um, and then I also have, I, I guess you call it a brain disorder of some sort, where, where I just don't breathe automatically like you're supposed to. Wow. So, uh, well, that sounds horrible. I hope I don't have to get one of those machines. I already have enough trouble sleeping. I can't imagine trying to sleep with straps on your face in a certain position. Like That sounds awful. Dude, I took a nap today uh, with the BPAP machine. It's the first time I used it like at home. And, um, I, I, look, I I don't, I kind of want to give an honest review and I hate people who do reviews on products they've owned for an hour, but, uh, like out of the gate, it seems like magic. It seems like, like, oh my God, my breathing is great. I'm not snoring. I'm so Mm. quiet. My wife caught me napping and came up and hugged me. She said, I sounded like a church mouse. Um, (laughs) yeah. And, uh, like it, it was just, and, and it's more restful. Uh, people on BPAPs and CPAP machines typically need less sleep than people who just sleep naturally because we have mechanically assisted super sleep. So, um, yes. so if I were to use it, I could be one of those people who only sleeps for like five hours a night, maybe. Yeah, you would ascend right. to a god. You would just no, be so no, on point with everything all day. But, like, <laughs> but that was like the first time my weight ever caught up with me was when I was suffering with a sleep apnea. So I would, I would, I would, I did not realize that this is why I was an insomniac in my twenties, but I would just refuse to sleep for three or four days at a time. And then I would eventually crash. I was like a fucking meth addict. And, uh, uh, you know, one day I'm sitting there watching or watching something on my computer and I take my pulse because I notice I'm like sweating a little bit and I'm like, something's wrong. And I check my pulse and I counted at 130 beats a minute. And I'm like, that ain't normal. Uh, but then I also realized that I'm missing every 10th beat. And that's definitely not right. So mm. I immediately go into the emergency room, um, which was a terrible decision back then because the amount of money this cost me, you can't even imagine, uninsured. But uh, I walk in there and uh, they're like, well, you have both tachycardia and arrhythmia right now. Tachycardia meaning your, your resting heart rate is off the chain and uh, your uh, arrhythmia meaning you're missing beats. So you have to be hospitalized immediately because immediately, you're about to have a heart attack. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I stay in the hospital for a week as they try to regulate things. And oh. I'm staying in a hospital bed, so I'm sleeping, setting up, which forces my airway to naturally open up. So mm-hmm. it starts to correct itself. They send me back home at the end of that week, and guess what? Right back into it, right back into heart attack territory. I go back in for a week. They regulate me. I go back home, back into heart attack territory. I go back in. I'm in for another week. And at the end of that week, my brother, who has a, a doctorate in health science, 
uh, asks for my medical charts, and they send them to him uh, with my permission. And he's like, well, why aren't you treating a sleep apnea? And this is back when they weren't treating sleep apnea ever. And so this is like you're talking 96, 7, 96, I don't know, well, like 12 years ago, actually. God, I guess it wouldn't be that long. Anyway, um, uh, the, uh, uh, the doctor goes, his what? That's what my brother said. His brother, my brother, the doctor is uh, treating his what? Hmm. So they wow. looked into it, and they were able to contact the air, the breathing people out there who did the oxygen and stuff. They did have a CPAP machine. They brought it in, and it was night and day. I came into that hospital in a wheelchair, and I walked out. You know, I was able I, to walk out. They, I, they, they also scooted me out in a wheelchair. But, like, <laughs> so I'm not hoping to I mean. walk again, but I... I like there's a whole bunch of symptoms that come with not sleeping well. Like it, it can give you low tea. It gives you more hunger. It, it gives like low energy. Like a, a whole bunch of things that uh, that I'm hoping to, you know, that it's I would rest. Like it just not getting yeah. enough sleep. Like throws a wrench into literally everything because it's like everything that your body needs to do needs energy, and sleep is the way you get that energy in a lot of the way. Like you can't yep. just eat your way through an all nighter and be like, "Oh, these pills, like this Adderall, keep me going." Like, yeah, maybe you'll get it for like that day as you take your exam, but like, no, that's not it, that's not happening in real life. It's like, when your body heals. Run yourself like, ragged. Maybe I wouldn't be sick for as long as I've been sick if I didn't wake up once a minute. You know, like yes. So uh, um, I'm real hopeful yeah, you're that. Good. It's going to, I, I, if it's anything like me or the 20 or 30 other people I've talked to that use one, it's night and it's going to be night and day. Yeah. I if think I have my numbers right, moderate sleep apnea starts at waking up like 20 times an hour and severe starts at 30. And again, I'm at 67. Yeah. I talked to my dad know. about this because I was, you know, I, I had your numbers, right? You were at like 67 or whatever yeah, an hour. I, I was like, and my new, I, my dad has a CPAP and I was asking, I was like, because we never talked about this, but he's like, oh, yeah, you make that appointment, then you got to go do that sleep study, and that lady's documenting while I sleep in that room, and and uh, and his was like upper 50s or something like Ooh, that. Okay. Like, like His was a bunch, too, uh -huh. and uh, and uh, we were talking about how his he's got the, the CPAP. How do they, I don't know how they differ, but his is a mask that's forced onto his face, and there's this constant air pressure. Um, does How does it work, though? I'm curious, because like, 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 because what I'm wondering is like, when you exhale, where does that air go? Like, how, do, how is it circulating air the whole time? Like, like with scuba, when you got a thing on, it's you're you're blowing the bubbles out the regulator every time you exhale. How does this CPAP my, the way work? the way my CPAP machine does is it creates a pressurized system um, so that pushes my nasal cavity and my airways open by pressurizing, right? Like so, blowing in like uh, a balloon. Blow, well, Right, pretty much that. And then uh, the air can pass through in and out of that. And my machine is smart enough to know when I'm inhaling and when I'm exhaling. So it raises the pressure when I inhale and lowers the pressure when I exhale. A BiPAP is different than that. It will actually create a little suction to help you get uh, some of that air out. It's my understanding. Of it'll, it, but I could it'll be wrong. kick off a breath if you fail to. So right, it'll, wait. it'll be like, oh, you know what? It's been like 12 seconds since Kyle breathed. I'm going to tell him to. And that's how a BPAP differs from a CPAP. Mm -hmm. I think his and, like the, his has some sort of program in it based on his sleep study. So mm -hmm. the pressure goes up throughout the night is the way he that's described smart. it. Yeah, mine has yeah. a ramp up time too. It's twenty minutes. Cool. Yeah, I can't do the ramp up time because uh, I'll end up falling asleep ahead of time and then I get a huge headache. He from was talking. He was talking about this thing. Mm -hmm. He's like, uh, he's like some you know, it's high pressure on your face and it's like strapped on. He says he has been asleep and like getting in the right position so that like the air could escape like around on his cheek. And he, he's like, he goes. <laughs> and like like vibrates your face violently. Right, right. He's like, so you wake up and you're like, oh, 
I, uh, I ended up moving to a nasal only, a nasal encapsule capsule thing. So it has way less fitting issues because my weird looking face, you know, is as big and fat as it is. Uh, then the facial hair makes it even worse. So I ended All up right. doing the nasal only. The problem is if I lay on my side, sometimes my mouth is ah, and it's just blasting like? air it, out of my mouth. Is it like a strap just like a little around or two pillows? Oh, it's like I, a I went small with the, one. Oh, right. Yeah. So instead of covering the mouth and nose, it just covers the nose. And but if I'm ever, I normally sleep on my stomach like this, which is one of the reasons I have back trouble. But I sleep on my stomach like this, which keeps my mouth shut, and it's just the most blissful sleep in the world. All right, I got to get to the testosterone. Unless oh, yeah. you covered that while I while no, I we didn't. I waited for not. you. Yep, so so as a bit of a preamble for that. Woody and I are always talking about performance enhancing drugs because you know we watch a lot of sports that every sport has that as a as a big part of them I guess now but we see that and we see these results that the fighters that we like have and even fighters going into their 40s and stuff and you see these guys you know 37 to 43 who still have the body and the vitality of like a early 20 year old guy and it's it's interesting to see and so so Woody's been looking at the what's called TRT I'm sure you know but you know it's testosterone replacement therapy mm-hmm. uh, basically they they I hope I'm not getting this wrong. They, they they test your blood, see what your testosterone level actually is, and then they they raise it up to where they think it should be. Um, you know, for for you. Yeah, right. or even better than should be, like where it could be, could where, be where it used yeah. to be. You know, like at like, like a 22 like level. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm not trying to get the testosterone of a 44 year old man. I probably have that. Fuck that. I want to be 22, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so it sounds like you're on it as very medically, I look at it myself as a 30-year-old man as, as something virtually recreational. Of course, under a doctor's regimen, I'd never start ordering fucking D-ball off the internet and shooting up in my ass or anything. But if there's a clinic I can go to where a medical professional will test my blood and be like, hey, you could stand a little more. It would, certainly wouldn't hurt anything. And you'd just be more of a man because that's literally what it is. If you think <laughs> yeah, like, yeah like, right, guys, right, exactly. Everybody's a little bit afraid to say that it's going to make you more of a man because you want to think, oh, I'm all the man I need to be, God damn it. <laughs> but, but it's literally, literally making you more of a man than you were before by its very nature. It doesn't matter if you're the fucking beefy, it, fucking, fucking Burt Reynolds, you give him some fucking tea, he's more of a man than he was before. He's more Burt Reynolds same than ever before. To, yeah, <laughs> I, I love how Burt's the guy them. you chose. Like, <laughs> and, and so I like recreation, like, like, ooh, I'd like, 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 that would be cool to like be on it and like, I, it would make me, it would make me work out. That's what, like any, I've always spent money on supplements as a way to force myself to work out. It's not that I believe the horse shit on the back of the bottle unless it's protein or creatine it's that i spent 120 dollars on that shit i gotta like and i'm eating it and forcing it down my throat like let's go fucking work out for an hour a day you have to or and it might wasting change things money. right if you're on tea testosterone yeah. you might be skipping to the gym right you mm-hmm. could kill yourself on tuesday and be 100 percent on wednesday Right, like exactly. you know, like it, my legs take my legs take eight days to recover from like a hard like leg workout. It's so bad that it's like God. I don't even want to do it again. I don't want to go back because like I'm not a hundred percent for like a week after. And that only and I, gets, we were talking, that only gets worse as you get older. By the way, just yeah. so you know, it gets fucking <laughs> terrible. But so <laughs> I, I may have told this story the last time I was on the show. So I, I'll try to make it brief. Fast forward, uh, but but uh, somebody. Yeah. I, I'm complaining about not being able to lose weight on Twitter, which is pretty much like 98% of my tweets. And uh, <laughs> somebody, somebody says, hey, Boogie, you know, I'm 500 pounds too. And uh, I, you know, I had a lot of trouble losing weight. 
Um, and of course, I was expecting biggest loser numbers, and I'm certainly not get them, getting them. And so I eventually went to my doctor, and he, of all the things he tested, he also tested for my testosterone levels. And it turned out my testosterone levels were a little bit low uh, because of how big I was. He upped my testosterone levels, and now I'm in the gym three days a week. And I'm like, that's incredible. The last time I went to the gym, I injured my back. I didn't go back because of it. And that was just from swimming, kids. That was me yeah. getting out of the pool and just gravity crushing my spine. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm like, all right, well, I don't want to ever fucking Can do I, that again. I, I, I'm super curious about that. Were you climbing out the wall? Were there steps? A I was ladder? climbing up the stairs, just the stupid stairs. He just grabbed the Think about the it. Diving Think board, about like what gravity is doing to his body in that moment, though. Like, like his, he, he, you know, he's going from being somewhat buoyant to gra to, to, that buoyancy is leaving, and, and so the weight is being applied to his body in a really weird stack. Right. Like he's getting heavier from top to the to bottom by some freak of nature because it's water and he's walking out of it. So it must, I, that makes yeah. sense. It no puts put a lot of pressure on the middle of your back somewhere, I bet. Right. You like, should have suddenly, gotten out faster. That's, yeah, you should have crawled out. Rolled <laughs> I also, some sort of trebuchet. I also slipped a little bit, and I think that was the, uh, the other issue. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so long story short. <laughs> Uh, I, I was an artist seeing a doctor pretty regularly there. This is back when I was on disability. Or, well, no, that was well after disability, actually, because I was with my wife when I injured my back. Uh, but anyway, I talked to the doctor, and I was still going to that clinic, though, the same clinic. I was a paying patient at the clinic that used to see me when I was on disability because they do a cut rate thing for people of need. And they're like, if you, when you get out of that, if you want to continue to use this doctor, you can, and you can be a paying patient, and then you can help supplement everybody else that you know needs the help. And I'm like, absolutely, let's fucking do that. So I didn't want to change doctors. Um, but he ends up, uh, he d does the blood test, and he's like, all right, you have no testosterone. And I'm like, really? It's like, yeah, you're supposed to have this number. And I think my number was 30, which mm -hmm. is like unheard of because testosterone could go up into the thousands. Right. And so um, wow. I, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, well, so what's what do we need to do? Because we need to get testosterone into you immediately because your muscles currently can't repair, Stephen. And I'm like, OK, yeah, but I don't, it's not like I'm really working out. He goes, no, Stephen, your heart is a muscle. And I'm like, oh. Shit. Yeah. Okay. Let's start <laughs> injecting me right now. Right. And so it's a long, arduous process to get access to it because there's so much abuse. Right. And it was a huge pain in the ass to finally get it. But I finally get it. And uh, I, I'm starting to take it. And, and that doctor eventually says to me, it's like, I don't feel comfortable doing this. We need to send you to an endocrinologist. I'm afraid that the, the fucking FDA or someone's going to come down on me because I'm not supposed to be prescribing testosterone. And endocrinologist is who you need to go to. Mm -hmm. So he refers to me to, to one. And uh, the, during the very first meeting, the endocrinologist comes in and he goes, I'm excited to meet you. And I'm like, oh, I'm excited to meet you too. And he's like, uh, I'm like, did you know I do YouTube or something? You know? He goes, well, no, it's just I've never seen anybody with your case. And I'm like, oh, really? And he goes, um, so you're a hermaphrodite, correct? And I said, what? <laughs> he said, what? Show uh, me that big goes, pussy. Right. You have, <laughs> says, Let's uh, see it. Did Trump says, touch you? You have, <laughs> you have both sexual organs, correct? And I said, no, sir. And so he looks at my wife and he goes, is that correct? <laughs> like, you're lying and she's going to spill the beans back to the He's got and, a pussy. <laughs> and yeah, he's goes, got a pussy. And she goes, uh, no, no, he only has a penis and testicles. And goes, Aren't they normal? And she goes, no, they're perfectly normal. And he goes, oh, do I have the wrong file? Because you're Stephen Williams, correct? I'm like, yes, sir. And he goes, well, is this your birth date? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, sir, can, you, like hop up, can you hop up on the table and remove your pants? He checked. 
<laughs> he checked to make sure that I didn't have a vagina. No one How knew. How shocked about. would you have been if he was like, "Oh yeah, right here in the, in the piece." Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm right. surprised oh, you no, never shit. noticed it before. No. <laughs> you just thought you had a sweaty ass. You just really are easily arousable. <laughs> like, he actually explored my anus because apparently that is a place your vagina can be. Your yeah, vagina should be connected in your anus. Asshole. Right. Oh my God! There's that's... actually a story. If you Google that, there's a story about a, uh, a dude ass, on Reddit yeah. who discovered that his, he had a vagina that was in his butthole. Anyway, yeah, so right. um, he explained to me the reason he believed that is because my hormones are just completely fucked and going the wrong way. And um, so basically, I've produced. Oh, hi, Sammy. Do you want to? Mm. Do you want to be here? while I tell the story? Okay. <laughs> um, but he um, he explained to me that I had so much estrogen in my body. Uh, that it was considering confusing markers. So he did a full body exam and he discovered that I had female breasts, basically. My nipples are not female, but I have a tremendous amount of breast tissue. Thank Peter Griffin off of that Family Guy episode. Um, so, so much so that I had to go in and get a mammogram to make sure to see how much of it was female breast tissue and to make sure that I had no problems in there. Um, and that's, uh, but so there are some issues with the, uh, that. He, so he said, basically, based on what he could tell, I had never produced enough testosterone from a childhood age because that's what explains all the breast tissue and everything else. Um, and that I've been producing a tremendous amount of estrogen because of the, the fat and fat produces estrogen. So my body is just terribly confused. And that's one of the reasons I've put on so much weight. One of the reasons it's, activity has been so difficult. So he is not comfortable giving me enough testosterone to really perform. Uh, he doesn't want it to be performance enhancing because he can get in trouble for doing that. And he also doesn't even want to get me to a midland level. He wants to keep me at the bare minimum, minimum um, because of the fact that it can lead to colon cancer. It can lead to an enlarged uh, prostate. It can lead to all kinds of different issues. So his opinion is, as an endocrinologist, the minimal amount is ideal. So this is where it leads to you to when you watch these Biggest Loser type shows where people lose a tremendous amount of weight, a lot of people don't realize is that they steroid the shit out of those people. They jack those people up. They inject them with everything they can get their hands on. Every supplement, every medical thing, every advantage. How steroids, could I get on the biggest loser? Because I want to be right? jacked. <laughs> Someone Wait, so treat me like a making, steer. Your story is making me think that Kyle and I couldn't just go out on a lark and get TRT just because Woody's doing it. Is oh, that no, probably it's, true? Not no, his endocrinologist. No, you couldn't. But yeah. they are plenty. Super easy to get it under the table. I've been, yeah. I had it all. Oh, no, me. no. On the table. Like, like There's plenty of, of clinics. Right. Who will say they're doing one thing, but they're like Doctor Dude in, in L.A. hooking you up with a marijuana uh, prescription? You know, like, oh, why do you? What's your ailment, bro? Feeling blue? Yeah, this will do it. You know, like, like I, I, I guarantee, I guarantee, like, there's, there's, there's somewhere to get those fucking steroids under a doctor's supervision. They would give them to me. I'm almost, so, I believe it so much. I almost want to go do it just to make it happen, and I want them anyway. Right. Well, I'm very tempted. I I'm not going to be the only clinic. one on the show not yelling and getting Look, furious saying, over non-issues. I'm saying that at some me. point, that's a myth, by the way. Uh, but I will tell you, at some point, here's what's not a myth: when you're 42 and you can't piss, Kyle, you're going to regret it. When what, you're 42 and you, right, yeah. When you're yeah, 42, I'm have that I already had mine removed. I, I'm way ahead of the stage. Your prostate <laughs> removed? No, yeah, that yeah, would yeah, cause you not to get erections. That was preemptive. I got the pump though. Oh, it's incredible. Ooh. I want one. Of, have you seen those pumps where you got like a button on your testicles? And I, you're like, dude, you're... I saw a guy on a talk show with one, like one I've of the morning talk shows. Oh yeah, we talked about he it. He loved it so much. He's like, everybody needs one just as a backup system. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Yeah, imagine if there was like 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 no mental <coughs> thing to getting an erection at all. Like it was literally like turning on, a, like flipping a switch because that's what it is. They just go down there and they push a button that's like in their scrotum in their sack, like and like it's a little pump, and they pump up their fucking cock, and then when they're done, they pss- deflate it. And I would imagine that like if you wanted to look better in like your underwear, you could and just go right. Oh, just give yourself a brilliant idea. Give right? yourself a pump and a half, and that's wow. where you stay from now. Oh, so you it, get yourself uh, up to like sixteen percent and just walk yeah. around there. And you know, you know, some guy out there because we've seen those guys who inject their muscles to make them look fucking With freaking tall. Some guy yeah. pumped that motherfucker one too many times and pop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, happened, you know, that's like that's like a, <laughs> a a different kind of body dysmorphia of like yeah. anorexia. Are those guys who inject the synthol into their arms, and when they get to the point of where it's like they didn't even take the time to synthol, like their synthol budget wasn't big enough for any other muscles. They had to pick one muscle group, and that is bicep, tricep, and that's it. <laughs> and so they have like normal man shoulders, not broad, and then just these bowling balls packed under goofy looking rubbery skin, and like that, and they like look at it in their interviews like they're like impressing people. You know, and it's I love like that stuff, you don't man. realize that everyone is looking at you like that person is mentally ill like that. They've, they've handicapped themselves with big breast implants in their arms with no functionality. Basically, you're just you just got really jiggly arms. They're not even firm muscles. Everybody sees right away. Like you, you got to wear a really fucking tight sweater to make that look presentable. Dude, those synthol. If you get Google, I'm going to show you the whole. Uh, it's, like, it's hard to look at sometimes. Uh, sometimes, yeah. but like the first image, it's exactly what, what Taylor's talking about. This guy doesn't yep. have much of a chest. Clearly, there's tra- traps. Yeah, or he did his traps, his buys and tries, left the pecs completely alone. And yeah. his look at his neck. It looks look like, like his head mine. is coming out of a. It looks like his head's coming out of foreskin there. Like he's got. They're, they're, it's like if, you, <laughs> sure if anyone's old enough to have seen Popeye. It, it's it's those kind of muscles, like silly. Oh god! Cartoonish. Oh god! I just clicked on someone who whose muscle erupted, exploded. Yeah, I've seen that. Oh one. god! Oh yeah, god! Yeah, you go down that dark hole of YouTube and find it. Like like after that video will be like some guy getting his uh, his arm camorred out of socket, and then the video after that is like a, a fucking gas explosion in a in a kitchen. Like you can go down that rabbit hole of scary shit on the internet. That is uh that is that is gross to me, and I've seen me naked. So that <laughs> gives you my frame of reference. Just real quick right, on the that, screen that, is the kind of uh, nose thing that I wear to sleep in case anyone wants to picture sexy. me sleeping. I, and like, I mean that when I say that, like like a lot of the uh, apparatus, if you will, <coughs> looks super lame. Let's be honest. Like, like I, I always go back to that moment in The Sopranos where Tony <laughs> sees Uncle Junior's and he's like, he's like, how many MIGs you shoot down with that thing? You know, because it, it looks pretty lame. That looks cool and futuristic. Yeah. And I, I, I you get laid. You, you could be like. You could take that off and get some pussy. I can see that happening. And I'm sure that was in your head. You're like, there's oh. no way that I'm going to be in bed. That and was... look over and be like, hey, how you feeling tonight? Like you're, you're like Bane over there with a the big <laughs> Jim Norton posted a picture of himself. Now, um, I guess to keep your mouth closed, I'm not sure what the deal is, but he has a chin strap. And he has like a big thing. It covers, I think, his nose and his mouth with a chin strap and this and that. And, and uh, it, it's hard to be sexy wearing that one. And yeah. Have you seen his new special? No. I wanted to talk about that a bit. So yes. last night I, uh, I watched three Netflix comedy specials. I watched both Dave Chappelle's back to back. Excellent. And then I watched uh, Jim Norton's. 
I laughed more at Jim Norton than I did at either Dave Chappelle's, uh, either of Dave Chappelle's wow. uh, things, I think. Um, definitely more than his second one. I watched them back to back. One of them is in he maybe did two. Like he did two, two specials in different cities. He's different, completely different jokes, completely different audiences, completely different nights. He put two fucking brand new specials on Netflix. Ba da da. They're just out there. They're both I don't see that much. Great. That man is both god. Great. Uh, they're I very very know. good. Um, his Everybody loves Steve Chappelle. He talks about like I don't know if you know, but he got booed off the stage like. A couple years ago, or something, mm-hmm. and maybe Jersey. Oh, I everybody I does not. And and probably and he tells Philly. The, and he ex- it might have been. He starts explaining that night. Yeah, with the he's bracelet like, fled to Africa. Yeah. <laughs> he, he explained that night. He's like, now they said on the news that I was drunk and got booed off stage. I was not drunk. I was high, and I was I was booed, but I did not leave the stage. <laughs> he's like, this is gonna be a long bomb. I knew it. He's like, I had been smoking some reefer with some rappers. And their weed is a lot stronger than what I was used to. He's like, I took two puffs, and I was like, I'm a bomb tonight, nigga. This is gonna be bad. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, and then I heard like in slow motion, and now Dave Chappelle, and he just explains this. He tells this whole story of bombing, stoned as fuck on the stage, and it being a news story and being super embarrassing. He tells the story about being extorted with somebody had a video cassette of him fucking a chick, and they mail it to him with a letter that says "Gotcha," and he and he he's like. He's like, oh, I was terrified. So I masturbated real quick, and then I called the FBI. <laughs> like, oh my God. like he jerked off to the tape before he called the FBI. Like, um, all of the both specials, those. they're yeah, really that, that fucking good. good. The Jim Norton one, that was like I've watched all Jim Norton specials before, and I've always maintained like, yeah, his stand-up's fine. I saw him live, and it was hilarious. But stand-up's so much easier to enjoy live, but. Yeah. Like I've always been like he his he shines the most on radio because he's so fucking quick. He's so on point with every little joke. He's always got a quip. Like he's the best in the business at that. That's why I was glad not. when he messed with the audience a little bit. Yeah, oh, and he messed with them a little bit. But he this is his best guy. special. This is his best special far and away. Like it's it's not even close compared to his other ones. I was laughing more at this one than probably every previous one combined. He had the like this this one's is better. This one is better than than Bill Burr's most recent one, which if you had told yeah. me six months ago, hey, you're going to like the Jim Norton one more than the Bill Burr one, I would have been like, uh, yeah, probably not. You're you're high. I'd have thought the same thing about anything. You know, you if, if you told me that Dave Chappelle was going to put out a special and I'd like Jim Norton's more, I, I, I think the same. So in order, I would say that like, I like, uh, they're, they're called like one and two or something. Like they're like episodes, but believe me, this is not like, these are two legitimate hour long specials. They're because there's two, like you might think that, ah, oh, is this some kind of like key and peel bullshit? He even had, he even took a shot at key and peel. He's like, I had to watch key and peel do my show for years. <laughs> they're very funny. And the audiences are very different. One of them, I think it might've been in San Francisco or somewhere like that. It seemed like a real liberal diverse crowd. And then the other one's in Austin, Texas, you know, with a, with a completely white crowd. Um, and he's dressed differently in both of them. The funniest part, and this is not a spoiler of any kind, like I don't want to spoil his jokes because, you know, you hear him, first time you hear him, they're the best. Um, he, he's like, anybody got a cigarette in the audience? He's like, he's doing one of those things where he's like standing on a, like a runway type thing where they're surrounding him on three sides. He's like, anybody got a cigarette? And people throwing cigarettes on the stage. They kind of rain down. He's like, picks one up, ah, oh, Marlboro Menthol. I don't know about that. The Newport. And, uh, and then he sort of does a little sleight of hand. And he's got a joint. <laughs> he's got a joint. And he's fucking token that joint and just kind of be a little discreet about it while he fucking gets and he smokes the whole joint. And you <laughs> see him like get higher and higher and his eyelids getting heavy and he's just got he's sitting there and this is like, yeah, he's getting baked right now in the middle of this special and he's not missing a beat. Um both he's in California though, and so like I think 
there's like laws where it's like, oh, you can still smoke indoors if it has to do with the production or it has to do with something that like you're currently doing or putting on a show. And so if you're in a play, you can smoke a real cigarette inside. Like, yeah, yeah, maybe because and weed is legal in California now. So maybe that that was just private residence. Like, 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 yeah, I don't I, I think the way that the law is. Right now, and of, and definitely during the recording of his special, would would have been that like he couldn't uh, smoke that where he was, and I don't quite remember if he smoked that joint in Austin or in Cali, um, because he was real discreet about it, and it was I, I caught it, but like he didn't make light of it, and like it wasn't a bit. There was one point where he's talking about OJ, and he's like, ah, he probably didn't do it. <laughs> he like you know he like, like, like he's clearly like like knows OJ fucking killed the guy. He tells four stories about meeting OJ. He met him four different occasions. And and, he, and they were like different. Well, I will family. definitely watch those. Yeah. Later, because those sound really good. Yeah, right, I let just me want to go watch them right now. Damn it, they're fucking great. Let I me know. These, uh, uh, ad right here. <clears throat> What's the first thing you put on and the last thing you take off? It's your underwear. Make your most uh, make your most important piece of clothing the best it can be with MeUndies. MeUndies are designed in LA and made from sustainably sourced micromodal, a fabric three times softer than cotton. MeUndies softer than soft, lux- luxurious undies come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns. So you can tailor your undies to your own personal style. And guess what? You can save time and money each time with a monthly subscription. And if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay. You can still save. That's because MeUndies is offering us uh, 20% off your first pair. Just use our special URL, MeUndies.com slash PKA, and you get 20% off your first pair. Go ahead. Uh, revamp your underwear underwear drawer. You deserve it. Once again, that's MeUndies.com slash PKA. MeUndies.com slash PKA. That's exactly what I did. I revamped my underwear drawer. It used to be full of... I had like a lot of like... I think Fruit of the Loom, like those multi-pack underwear. They were like, I don't know, there's like a hunter green one and a white one and a black one. And then uh, maybe I'd have like one or two nice pairs of, of underwear. But no, all that crap's gone. It's, it's, it's all MeUndies. The whole drawer is full of it. Mm-hmm. They're all like different styles and shades and patterns and stuff. Um, and I can I've see never- my MeUndies from here. And you're right. They're slowly infiltrating and gentrifying, so to speak, my underwear drawer, <laughs> making, it, making it great. I'm. I'm. Fi- they're fixing all those old that shitty underwear. Racist. Have you? When, when oh, you I don't know. Gentrify- you know the existing old shitty people. We're getting those out. And uh, no, not the old shitty people. They're bringing in new businesses. I mean, new businesses, new money. But the all underwear. Have underwear. you? Have you tried to put on regular? I tried to wear regular Low boxers where it was like you know those Wait. those shitty. Uh, <laughs> shitty bands on boxers where it's not really that tight and they're loose so you have no control and they have that zip that, that fly that's not doesn't have a button it's just you're, you've fallen out all over the place you have to like do little like weird tuck backs those to get are back. not good underwear they are not good and if you try and wear those after uh after me undies like it would be like trying to get a haitian kid to go back on the free shitty food we shipped him after we gave him like dinner at uh morton's or something like they'd be like, oh, this is why you're shipping fucking Pringles to me because you guys are eating this over there. But yeah, yeah it, it's a world of difference. Your underwear, you deserve to be comfortable and to have your have have some control for your genitals. You know, keep them strapped down, keep it keep it neat, so people like. Anyway. And now texture. 2016 was one for the books. The Cubs finally won the World Series. We said goodbye to far too many celebrities in the election. Game changer. 2017 is a whole new world, and it's easy to stay informed using the Texture app. With easy to, uh, with with access to all of the top magazines, 
right on your tablet or phone. Texture app has gone beyond delivering just the magazine itself. They've made it easy to find and enjoy the articles that you want to read with daily recommendations, exclusive interactive features, videos, and more. Texture makes magazines easy, and there are so many great ones out there like Rolling Stone, Forbes, and Time. Texture is searchable. You can mark what you like, check out back issues, view bonus video content, and they even curate articles and magazines just for you or whoever you're giving Texture to this year. Texture is normally $9.99 a month, and you get over 200 magazines. But if you sign up right now at texture.com slash PKA, you get a 14-day free trial. Why on earth would you subscribe to just a couple of magazines when you could have all of the best ones on your smartphone or tablet, all for way, way less? Plus, Texture has uh, selected as one of... Oh, plus Texture was selected as one of Apple's top 2016 iPad apps. So start your free trial today and download the Texture app. Right now, Texture is offering our listeners here... 14-day free trial when you go to texture.com slash PKA. That's 14 days for free uh, when you go to texture.com slash PKA. Very cool. Neat service. Check it out. Stay informed. Do you want to talk I about any politics? I- oh, well, three now. So Okay, let, let, let's throw it out there. <laughs> three now. <laughs> politics hey, talk? Well, hey, before we get into the politics, let me go ahead and say, by the way, there was huge miscommunication <coughs> by your audience that thought, one night somebody asked me if I wanted to be on PKA again. And I was like, yeah, of course, I don't know. The last time we were on there, those guys were pretty Trumpy, and now seems like a bad time to be going back on there. <laughs> because I didn't, like, right after that election, I was getting bombarded, bombarded by centipedes who were like, mm-hmm. oh, you're going to die now, you fat fuck. We're just going to take <laughs> oh, away your health care. I can't wait yeah. till you're fucking dead, you yeah. fat shit. Why should I pay for your health insurance? It's like, I don't want to go fucking talk to people right now. <laughs> and it's uh, nothing personal. It was nothing personal. Huh? It's just I thought no more people from your audience would think, uh, oh, oh, here's another fat cuck. What in the, you know, I don't know. I just, <laughs> so much. Hey, I'm going to wait. Boogie, I feel like you're trying to steal my mantle with the fat cuck thing. That position is taken <laughs> over here. Hey, when I'm on this show, I'm the fat fuck. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, like I was, I was, that's the only thing I was trying to say. But then like the people who saw that, I, I didn't even form the sentence completely. The stream playing a game trying to entertain 2,000 people. Right, right. And streaming is very different from normal me. So to the audience out there, it's nothing against these boys. It's just the timing. And now that we're past the point where we're all like, I think we're all beginning to settle in with Trump as president, and we're figuring out how it's going to work, and we're, we're beginning to, to feel maybe a little more towards the middle than we were necessarily at the beginning. Oh, it's and, a fucking shit show, man. Oh, oh my there's, God. There's, there's exactly Russian ties and so money moving around, happening. and Trump doesn't have a person on his campaign that doesn't have a Russian pen pal. Every, there's smoke everywhere. It's clouding the room. We can't see the fire, though, but there's a bright light somewhere. because Top story on Reddit right now is the evidence is more than circumstantial, but then he doesn't go on beyond that, so I don't know what that Oh man, and you got this Republican today. (laughs) (laughs) This Republican who's like a vice chair of the fucking investigation into this shit is going to Trump first, like like with his information rather than his other vice chair from the Democratic side. Then you got him doing a news conference, and then you've got the uh, the Democratic vice chair doing his own news conference, calling that guy a cunt. And then and then they're both on Jake Tapper's show, and Tapper's like, "Uh, this is a little messed up. It is a problem though when the investigation guy is working with Trump. Right? He's not like, working with him, but he went to him and told him this. It's not like he went back channels, right? It seems to me like he wanted a little publicity for himself. Everybody okay. who's, who's part of this whole, like, all right, so Trump is a big draw. Everybody's here for Trump. But if you can be part of the Trump show, man, your, your, your name gets elevated. And, and, and this point in history, 
both sides have reason to want their names to be elevated. The, the Democratic Party doesn't have a fucking leader. They don't have one Agreed. unless Barack Obama gets tired of vacationing. And I hope he doesn't because, man, he deserves one. But you, you don't have three a leader. Times. You don't have one. The Republicans. Yeah, it's it, bad news if Obama stays the leader because it's just but, soaking up the spotlight for whoever could be the next person. It's starting to look like maybe Paul. this whole health care plan is Paul Ryan's baby, much more than it is Trump's, especially now. So Paul Ryan could, could, could really get a lot, a lot of negatives over the next few years. Maybe he's not looking as good for the presidential race. I don't know. Maybe this vice chair is like trying to, you know, he got a press conference today on a major Trump type issue. Millions of people know his, know his face and his name that didn't before. I felt like it was that. It felt more self-serving than Trump-serving. I, I, it's I hard to even politics. keep track I, of throughout the day oh, it, where it's like it's you'll see something where it's like, a, like just on like a tweet where it's like, oh, actually, it comes out that they were spying on Trump and his people. And then they're like, but it was incidental. And then people are like, but that. Uh, means that it was totally legal and then other people no it doesn't because it got leaked and it's like that already in like six tweets i've read from these news organizations that are always jumbled because it's from like it's like i, I don't even know where to begin to look but, into these so things. the thing is this trump said it pretty clearly and it's in writing he said obama wiretapped the trump towers and then sad or something like that and that's not what happened and it's interesting to me that it's been that big of a deal because in my mind Trump has been telling whoppers for two years now. But he hasn't accused a president of a, of a fucking crime. I hear you. And you're totally right. Well, I don't know if he hasn't, but I know this one anyway got a that lot of traction. Like that one like that. And especially yeah, yeah. And, and now that he is the president, everything <coughs> he says carries that weight to it. So when a president right, right. calls a president a criminal, it's, yeah, oh, yeah. whoa, so we need to look into this. If to that's me, true. Trump's been telling whoppers for years now. And he's always been getting away with it. Heck, he's been winning with it, right? The, the fucking birther thing got him on the scene as a major player in politics. And mm-hmm. he lied his way. You know, I'm going to get you this health care. We're going to keep all the good stuff, get rid of all the bad stuff and bad hombres and whatever. And every time he said something that you'd think would trip up a politician, he was immune to it. He just doubled down. And, and, and I'm looking at it as a guy who sometimes gets in hot water himself, like as a learning opportunity. Like, oh, yeah. Don't apologize. Just fucking double down. You know, those Mexicans. Did I say rapists? I meant rapists and murderers and whatever, you know, and, and he you just know what, though, like, like on that <clears throat> Mexican. This is the first part. time doubling down has been hurting him. Right. He doubles down on the wiretap thing and they're like, oh, my God, he's still going. He perpetuated the story. They're still talking about it. He sits there and says it is true because he has. He's doubled down. He doesn't back off of it. He says, you're going to see. Oh, the British did it. Right. Obama contacted the British people to do that. Like, I swear, in the last two years, that kind of crazy shit just worked for him. Now it seems to be hurting him. And I'm going to keep watching, you know. Which we'll is, as a, as a person who, you know, obviously, here's the thing. I mean, we're just going to identify it. I, I lean left. You know, yeah. I think we know that about me. I, you know, people are like, well, wh- why do you want free health care and free education? Well, you don't need, I, I can afford my own health care, and I don't need an education. I have one. So I just wanted that for you guys. <laughs> like, that's, I just me wanted too. it for the people who needed it. That's all I gave a shit about. You know, I wanted you, the viewer right now, listener right now, to have it. And you're not going to under Trump. That's fine. That's why I leaned left during that election. But... As uh, Trump took over, I just thought, man, surely, like, this is hopeful. This can work, right? How much worse than Bush could he be, right? Like, he can't be that bad. And But I thought the very first step for that had to be 
you have to stop this technique of you know bullshitting and 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 lying and getting your news from Fox News. You know, you literally have the CIA is wanting to deliver you a report every morning. Just listen to that. They 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 are the ones who determine what Fox News gets to know. You know, they're the ones who leaks to Fox News. Just listen to the source. And I thought for sure. I thought he was playing like 4D chess, right? Like I thought this whole time he was just bullshitting, that he didn't believe the things he was saying. He was manipulating everybody and everything. And now he's in there and he's just kind of, nothing's changed. And that's a real shame because it has to We don't know that for sure. There's still not, so, so here's what I think. I turned on Wolf Blitzer today and all I fucking saw the whole time was what happened today with this vice chair stepping up and all these other bullshit investigations, which will go nowhere. It doesn't matter what they find. It really doesn't. There's not any impeachable offenses in there. There's no crime. Nobody's talking about Russia, though. Nobody's talking about Russia. Like, for the first 30 or 40 minutes, nobody mentioned, like, the, the Russian stuff at all. Even if he... There, there's a case to be made that maybe he is crazy, and he believes kooky stuff. He's an old man who... who can who, I, can who, I interrupt? Who reads right-wing uh, news sites and believes it as the gospel. I didn't but understand what he was saying. he's throwing out some... What, what Kyle's what? saying is that because he's talking about Obama and the wiretapping, it's a smokescreen to cover the Russia stuff. And I, sure. I didn't follow it first. Maybe everyone else did. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, 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 like, because like, I don't know why else he says crazy stuff. He's, he's being crazy. We all know that. He's being crazy. The question is why... It's it, and the answer is either he is crazy, or he's trying to conceal something else. You know, it, it's one or the other. So either Donald Trump is a bit kooky, and he's that old man who, like I said, reads these right wing news sites and believes them as the gospel. And and what I always say is you got to look at every fucking thing and find the commonalities between what the left believe and the right believe. And that and the truth is probably right there in the middle somewhere, a little bit. But 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 if you just believe anything Breitbart believes. Over like you know that he's the president. Honestly, he's calls, also he's got to move over no. from Twitter to at least fucking Instagram or something <laughs> where he gets more than 140 characters. I'm not joking. I'm saying like think about how much hot water he's like the whole Obama wiretapping thing. Clearly, he doesn't think that Obama went in and actually like was soldering his phone. I like, hate that he was argument. Meaning. That is the biggest bullshit, right? Like everyone says, like, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. You're intentionally you know, misunderstanding put on a hard something. Hat. Go on. I, you, I, I've heard it on if, the news oh, for okay. weeks. Okay, when you when you say that, yeah, you, you hear it in the news. That's what they reported <clears> as, and that's what he tweeted. And if he had in fucking Instagram <laughs> instead of Twitter, he would have said the Obama administration did fucking this, that, and the other thing, and it's absolutely reprehensible. I can't believe it's happening to me. Sad. Or like whatever he would do, like like it would he he needs to lay off the Twitter like every once are in a while. Are you making it can be helpful? For are him, you making the claim that he would be a better president if we just showed him what Twit longer is? Is that what you're? Oh <laughs> my God! If we got someone on the inside to show him Twit longer, we might turn this country around. Yeah, we like that. That might be the salt. But in all seriousness, like the tweeting thing, I think it helped him a lot more in the race than it is now, because now it seems just like. Like what you were saying, like a lot of the stuff he throws out there, you do have to wonder like, all right, is this just flack trying to, to muddy the water to, to make other things more difficult to uncover? Or is this more hokum nonsense that we've seen all election cycle of people being like, this is a huge story. Oh, no, it's not. It's actually it nothing. This is something that, oh, no, actually, no. You Maybe to... look no further than, than the results. Just look at the results of what he's done. That is the end result of what he's done with these ridiculous, preposterous things he's put on Twitter and some of the more outlandish that you know, not shaking Angela Merkel's hand, like little shit like that. Whenever he fucking shits the bed for the for the world to see, she asked him, and the reporters were like, "Is handshake? Handshake?" 
Because, like, that's historically what happens. It's happened every fucking time. And I know that, like, everybody wants to be like, she, he, she, he shook her hand when she showed up, and he, he shook her hand at the press conference. He, how many times does he have to shake it? He has to shake it at least three fucking times because there yeah, are three photo ops of handshaking. Three. That's how many times he has to shake her hand. She doesn't have leprosy. She's just a German. It's not as bad. <laughs> right. I, I feel like yeah. he, when Kyle says, hey, look at the results, what I'm seeing is a president who is being shit on every day, every single day. And, and he's losing friends, right? His approval rating is now lower than Obama's ever was throughout his eight years, right? Mm -hmm. And that's hurting him because he's trying to sell a health care plan now. And everyone in the House of Reps and everyone in the Senate is able to give him the middle finger and say, what, you think you could fucking stop me from getting elected? All I have to do is go to my people and tell them I stood up against you because your approval rating is 38%. That it's it, not quite true, though, because he's not just running on the approval rating. Like, like they also have to – a lot of those people just ran or, or were saying that, like, hey, we're going to repeal and replace Obamacare. And a, for a lot of their constituents, these Republican constituents, that is important and remains important to them. They want it repealed and replaced with something that yeah. they like. So these guys are in a sticky situation. If they uh, give a shitty health care plan, if they vote on that, then they might not be thought of too highly. But if they don't do anything, if they sit on their hands – their constituents might not look fondly upon a that. A lot of their constituents You're right, are going to be right, but I was paraphrasing when someone yeah. said he was going to tell his constituents. I was listening to a guy in the House rep. I wish I could remember his name. But he's like, yeah, you know, I, I serve at the pressure, whatever. But I, all I have to do is go home and tell these guys that I'm standing up for them against Trump. Those sound like the words of somebody who's afraid about winning their next race. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's, I've given a lot of thought, of, thought to it. Trust me. Trust I, me. I, I bet they all scenario. give thought to it constantly. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, speaking, speaking of 40 chess, sometimes I wonder... If the Democrats knew what they were doing better than you realize, because if you think about it, okay, so originally I think it won't, and I know here, I don't believe the Democrats know a fucking huh? thing. If the Democrats were doing anything, they would put fucking Bernie Sanders in charge of the party right now. So he's the most popular politician in America, yep. but that's, that's neither here nor there. If they wanted to get any clout again. They would, they would tie themselves to that guy. Sure. Many people hate him, but a hell of a lot more people love him. And a hell of a lot more people love him than Chelsea fucking Clinton or whoever else they're going to try to put up there. Corey or whatever. Blatt. I got That's a better suggestion. Here or there. But the question Here's is... Who I want. Yeah, I, want to, I want to hear what, what Boogie's the, thinking. The, the question is, would, would you really want to have won this election as a Democrat? Knowing that the pendulum swings from left to right and left to right, and knowing that you just had eight years and you got to do some stuff that you wanted to do in that eight years, a lot more than Bush got to do in his eight. Um... And you got to nail in some stuff like Obamacare, which was not what they originally wanted. They wanted originally Obama and the Democrats wanted a single payer system. They realized that wasn't going to work. It was Mitt Romney's plan that became Obamacare, the bastardized version of that plan. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, now you have this Obamacare system, which is beginning to fail. You know, um, and the insurance companies are making damn sure it's failing. A lot of people won't ever point that out for some reason. I think it's because they spend a lot of money on that network television, but it's the insurance companies that are making sure the system fails. Um, that said, uh, would you really want to try to take over right now? Because you're not going to get single payer through. Uh, and you're not going to be, Obamacare is going to have to be stepped, walked back a little bit. And that's going to make you very unpopular. Let I, the Republicans do it. Let I, the Republicans put their hand I, in that behind. I, I got you. a response to that. Oh, they, they, like, they did want to win because it's bigger yeah. than an eight-year thing. It's a generational thing when we're talking about the Supreme Court. I think Bush got two Supreme Court nominees. Oh, yeah, Supreme, Supreme Court. You're right. Of course. Now, I'm, yeah, now I realize I'm wrong. Trump right. is in position <laughs> until three. Trump, can, Trump is potentially going to get three. Bush got two. Obama got two. Trump could be more influential than any president in a very long time. And this guy who's up now, this Gorsuch guy, I hope I got his name right. 
Gorsuch. Like 50 years old. Gorsuch, thanks. He's 50 years old. And and personally, I think he's a, he, he, he sold me. I watched his... I like his him. Co- I like him too. And maybe that's a bad sign. It's it's not always a good thing when the point when when this guy's selling you that I, I don't know. I feel like I might be swindled by 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 his personality, but um, I liked him too. I, I watched very him. little of it. Um I think to say the Democrats didn't want this is giving them like way even, too much credit. Even right. more credit than I saying that Trump that. has been playing 4D chess all this time. Want I will tell you, no, you that, Trump I will has tell been you the bumbling one... through and he's lucky. But I will say that it is interesting that <laughs> the Republicans now have that sticky fucking ball of tar in their but wait, hands, right? That's and how they I have felt. To deal I want to jump in. That's how I felt when Barack took over. I was like, oh my God, this is the roughest time to be president in my lifetime. We are dealing with the Great Recession. There hasn't been an economy as bad as Barack walked into since the 1920s, right? It was almost 100 yeah. years. And I, I like whoever, like the, the country has never been as fucked as it is right now. Now, we're in two wars. Um, they took wars and combined them with tax cuts. That's a new thing too, right? So you talk about plunging the economy, I'm sorry, the deficit into unknown heights. All you got to do is start off a couple of wars. And the way we wage war is so goddamn expensive. We fire $65,000 oh, yeah. missiles like they're bullets. And, uh, you know, and Obama walks into this thing and he has to fix this mess the W left over. Now, Trump to me has the opposite problem. Trump takes over a country where the stock market has just doubled. The unemployment rate is at like four and a half percent. It's like there's nowhere to go but down. And if it does go down, I think it'll it'll only be partially his fault. It's going up. I predict that uh, regardless of what Trump does, uh, not on. regardless, but I think that the I think that the uh, the economy and American business is going to benefit from the Trump presidency. Socially, we may yeah. we may not benefit. There, there there may be some stuff that he does that where where it's bad, you know, and we regress in some in, in some regards. But as far as the economy goes, and as far as like I don't know how how else you measure the success of the country's business, maybe GDP or something. But like that will go up. I, I think that he's so pro business with cutting cutting these regulations and cutting these regulatory uh, systems out from uh, cutting their feet out from under them. You know, he puts people in uh, the EPA guy, you know, he hates EPA. So there, it, that guy's probably going to make it a little bit cheaper for DuPont to make their paint or whatever. I, you know? I do not doubt for a second that if you are a CEO your life is going to be better four years from now as it is today. I worry about your average listener of the show. I worry about your average You'd human be on the street. Our listeners are very I don't successful. Very I don't think smart people. Well, I, they buy Casper mattresses by the truckload. <laughs> you know, but, but, right. but I'm just saying, like, if you're just an average <laughs> Joe, or even if you're upper middle class... I don't suspect it's going to be too terribly great. I will tell you that I'm going to save quite a bit in taxes under the Trump plan, and I'm going to get to keep my health care according to the new uh, health care plan, so it doesn't really bother me much. Yeah, I'm not on um, Obama. I'm doing pretty good. Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing yeah. pretty good. Well, I did use the health care. I did <laughs> use the health care exchange to get my, my um, health care, but uh, as it turns out, they are not subsidizing me because of our income. We're actually subsidizing them. So we're kicking money into the system, I think. If not, we're breaking even. I mean, it's all profit for them. We um, have some but, plan that they've convinced us is very good. I don't know. It doesn't seem that. But they're like, ooh, you're grandfathered into this one. You've got a good plan. You can't get it anymore. And I'm like, oh, I, I guess we'll keep it. I don't know. Our, our plan is incredible. We went, we went with just because, you know, I mean, it's like DDP once told me, Diamond Dallas Page, the wrestler. Uh, you know, back when we were talking about this stuff, he's like, boogie, either you spend the money now or you're live, or you can spend it at your funeral, your call. 
but you need to work, spend your money to make yourself healthier. And so when it came to buying healthcare, I was like, whatever the best plan is in Arkansas, mm-hmm. that's the plan we're getting. So you tell me what the best plan is. And for the two of us, me and my wife, we pay $750 a month. I think there's a premium raise this year, so I think it's $798. It's closer to $800 now. But we pay $800 a month for the two of us. But the deductible is 1000 There's like no lifetime caps. Uh, it's like a 10% copay after that original 1000 And so it's just like it's great. Now, there's a lot of stuff it doesn't cover, like any of the weight loss stuff, which I think is the dumbest thing for them not to cover. Uh, but all the weight loss stuff we have to pay for out of pocket. So Do they like weight- consider it cosmetic or something? Right, right. And so I, I like the, the weight loss labs can run me like four figures, you know. Um, so that sucks, but it has to get done. And it has to get done every three months, you know, to stay alive. But um, at the end of the day, you know, we can afford our own health care. But that plan, we will get to keep presumably under this new, this new plan. And I hope that that's the case because if it is, it's fucking baller. It's like congressional insurance is incredible. So good. <laughs> congressional insurance. Um, yeah, I, I, we'll see where the Trump thing goes. I, I, I think I that if think... the Republicans push this uh, the Obamacare light after spending so long making their like hill they die on, we're going to repeal it, we're going to repeal it, we're going to repeal it. And then if they get in and they finally have all the abilities that they need to, to really work for it and they don't, like, I think they they could lose the Senate in 2018. Because, like, keep in mind, like, throughout Obama's tenure, those eight years, the Democrats lost more seats locally, uh, state governments, governorships. Uh, they, they lost overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly. And all of them went Republican, obviously, because it's just pretty much two parties. And then fucking Bernie Sanders up there with the eye next to his name. And if those people don't do what they've been promising for half a decade now, like, I just can't imagine that people are going to be like, oh, you know, next time, I'm sure they're not lying this time. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, they're just going to lose it eventually. People are going to go, no, you're not. You're fucking lying. Like, I'm at the very least, I'm not going to go vote for you. And, and we'll see. what you know, I'm reading screw is the incumbent. that it won't get through the House. Uh, probably I hope not. And if it gets through the Senate, it won't get through the Senate. Definitely. Like that's what I'm seeing. Uh, right. But yeah. I don't know. And they're like the way Trump is handling it. I really hate where he's like basically defying the Republicans to vote against it where it's like, dude, you idiot. Like, do you not realize you are acting in a way that all those Republicans that did eventually cave in and support you, they hate this idea. They all wanted to repeal it except for fucking Ryan, I guess. Like, it's just not, and to put your own party in a position where they have to go either F the president or F all my constituents who really banked on me repealing this and working my hardest for it. Like, it just, it looks so bad. I think Ryan would want to repeal it, too. Um, oh, I'm sure he would. I, I like, this like, is his baby. I phrased that badly. The yeah. For people who don't know, I know that we do. The, uh, the deal is this. I think they need 60 votes to have a filibuster-proof majority in the Senate. And... There are certain laws that you can pass under reconciliation procedures that only require 51 votes, right? A majority. And they have the 51 votes. But the thing is, they can't have a lot of the, like, it has to be a budget bill. So there are a lot of things they love to change about Obamacare, like selling uh, insurance across state lines is a big one they talk about a lot. There's a lot of things they'd like to change that aren't just a budget bill that they can't. That's why they have that silly three-stage plan. Now, the three stages are never going to happen because they would need the Democrats on board to do it. But what they can do is this, and it's basically cut taxes for the rich and cut benefits for the poor. That's what they can get done under a budget reconciliation bill. And it has to be... That puts the Democrats into a negotiating position 
because you cost 20 million people their health care under this new plan. And in that process, they're like, all right, well, shit, well, we're, we're willing to work with phase two uh, the, because we don't want 20 million people to fucking die. The, so the 20 million great. people thing mm-hmm. isn't entirely honest because you, that's including all the people who were forced into buying health care who otherwise would not have a lot of young people who oh, had there true. not been a that's government true. mandate and a penalty. They would just say, you know what, because that's basically what it was. It was forcing young people to pay higher premiums so that because they know young people aren't going to use the doctors. And so they're going to pay way more into the system than otherwise, which is why they needed a mandate to get young people who wouldn't use the doctor's office that much to buy the insurance. And then they use that to subsidize people who with pre-existing conditions or whatever. So what if I said this? What if I said, hey, this is driver's insurance, right? And young people are going to buy it because, you know, they crash their cars all the time. But once you hit like 30, 40 years old. You're a good driver. And a lot of those guys just roll around with no insurance whatsoever. Now, if things do go wrong, everybody's fucked. I hit your car. I can't fix it for you. You're just out of luck. I drive around uninsured all the time. I don't actually. And, you know, whatever. I I just depend on other people to bail me out if this goes wrong. You'll have to pay for the accident I caused. That's the health insurance plan we had before Obamacare. And, And people on this show heard me say it before. I wish this mandate was pitched as a personal responsibility you know like you need to buy your own then why can't that be in a private market of everybody can go choose to buy their own because the reason part of the reason that healthcare was skyrocketing and cost so much is because of overregulation of saying hey you can't compete across but you're wrong it's in a private market like i don't go through obamacare i go and buy my own insurance it's a private market yeah no no i'm I'm saying why can't we just do that like and then we have medicare for people who who are well, a lot of these regulations like are done increased to protect competition people, will drive right? price down. I hear you, and and you're not wrong, right? Obviously, that's a good point. But that's how like, EpiPen got like so the high. thing about um, uh, well, that's patent infringement. The, uh, the the thing about state lines, right? So there used to be a thing. This is before Obamacare, where there were lifetime caps, and they'd say, "All right, Kyle, you pay into this so long as you're healthy. You're healthy. You're healthy every year. You pay a thousand bucks a month. We love you. And then you get really sick. Okay, well." Mm-hmm. Now that you've got cancer, you're fired as a customer. You're out of here, you know? And, and they might just fire you because you hit a lifetime cap. They might drum up some pre-existing condition, like, oh, we noticed you had back knee. I invented that, don't judge him. Um, but back knee is an indicator that this guy may have had cancer before he got there. So, hey, back knee, pre-existing condition, we're not covering your cancer. But These your are real burn. things. Yeah. I'm not making that up. Like, that's a real thing that happened to people. They'd get booted off their insurance for either drummed up pre-existing conditions or they were just too expensive, so they fired them as a customer, which isn't fair. Like, that's the contract is, I pay you when you're healthy, you pay me when we're sick. That's how insurance goes. You can't just say, I pay you when you're healthy, and if you get sick, you're fired. Well, if we can have competition across state lines, every insurance company goes to the state that allows you to fuck the customer the most. And that's what happens with banks. They're all in Delaware or Charlotte, right? Those are the two places banks have their headquarters. That's assuming that like they can only operate out of like in one state though. Like that if like the saying Aetna, whatever, whatever uh, health insurance company, that's like like they wouldn't just say, All right, it's most profitable in Wisconsin, we're Wisconsin. Like, no, they, gonna... They'd say we're based in Wisconsin, we follow Wisconsin rules and everyone in the country can buy it. That's that's what selling across state lines means. You know, so so what it is now is New Jersey and Missouri and whoever will set up protections and say, if you want to do business here, these are the rules that you have to follow. And obviously that's complicated. Okay. Right. And well, then makes- one company. OK, let's say shitty company goes, we can fuck them the most in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Eventually someone's going to go, hey, you know what? We can offer a way better product if we base ourselves out of Delaware. And we're going to blow these fuckers out of the water. The challenge there, I people- have with that. And you're right. You're not wrong. Right. You know, like, hey, we follow the Delaware rules. Those are the gold standards. So, you know, our insurance is good. 
Maybe. The thing is, like I compare it to mortgages, very few people really know what they're signing, right? When you, I, uh, very complicated. Kyle's done a mortgage. I don't think Taylor has. But, um, you know, they're like 24 pages, and it's easy to say read your contract, right? But I feel like I'm a pretty smart guy. I've read a lot of stuff over the years. These contracts baffle me, and, um, you know, I think that means they baffle a lot of people. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. When we signed our mortgage, I didn't even read it. Really? I, I, like, I, I, like, I, I like got the general <coughs> consensus from like uh, talking to my banker about it, talking about the loan provider and talking about, the, you know, all right, so let's talk about Just answer my questions. And then I skimmed the thing and I just wanted to have the house so bad. It could have said I had to give my firstborn child. I wouldn't have fucking known. Yeah. And, and you know? there's, there's complicated you concepts like points and interest rates and effective interest rates. And, and they may have fees that are built into it. And those fees are actually just kind of bullshit. And they effectively, they're like points that you didn't know were points, but they don't lower the interest rate. And people don't know how these things work. And I would argue that health insurance is at least as complicated as a mortgage. And people every day sign mortgages that they don't understand. So the notion that like, you know, oh, just know what you're buying. Well, that's tricky. And that's where competition it's across state lines is tricky if it's not advertised. Like, look at how car insurance works. Mm -hmm. Like, right? Like, 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 I can quote the fucking car insurance ads and, and, and like what each one does and can give you. Like, oh, they got the Allstate advantage, eh? That's safe driver discount, huh? Okay, I know how that works. Like, just advertise healthcare the same way, right? Like, I don't understand why. There would be a, a good company and there'd be like, yeah. Like, like there, there would be an AT&T and a Verizon, and then there'd be a T-Mobile, you know? There'd be a, like, track phone guy. There'd be uh -huh. those, like, b bargain but, bin places where it's just, like, minimum. Hang on, let me finish. Right, but the, like, with, yeah. with car insurance, you've got, like, oh, we're, like, Amigo car insurance. It's bottom of the barrel, cheapest thing you can get. It's it, their, their, their slogan is usually, we get you legal for less. Like, that's yeah. literally <laughs> their slogan. Right. There will be health insurance like that, too. But for the rest of us, under you know some sort of free market kind of across state lines thing, you would imagine that there'd be a premier place. You're like, where'd you get your healthcare? Oh, I got mine from fucking Allstate. They're the best, right? Like, yeah, I got that no cold discount. It's been three years. But the problem, the problem with that though, is that the way that you make health insurance cheaper is by providing less benefits. And that's when you know if you don't make it illegal to create lifetime caps, then they're going to put in lifetime caps. If you don't make it illegal for you to put in um, pre-existing conditions or, 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 or any other reasons that they can keep you from paying out. Like they will do that. And so what the problem is when you, when you get shitty car insurance, right? And you get state minimal car insurance. Okay. Then great. You, you hit somebody, you're not able to afford to fix their Bentley. Someone's out the price of a Bentley, or maybe you get sued and you spend the rest of your life paying off that Bentley. But if you get fucking cancer at 26, which does happen, well, and you hit a minimum, lifetime right? cap, you and your lifetime cap liability. is 10000 right? But I'm saying even then, uh, Arkansas has a, mi a, a minimal liability amount. And the minimal you can drive without fucking liability insurance? No, no, no. It's, no, no, you it's have like to get it. There's a minimum, so there's, like a, there's nothing a for maximum Bentley. payout. And so the minimum in Arkansas is twenty-five thousand. Uh, the most you you uh, the lowest tier insurance you can get is twenty-five thousand, uh, uh, and another fifteen thousand for medical. Fifteen thousand medical, twenty-five thousand for property, or maybe it's the other way around. But I think it's twenty-five fifteen in Arkansas might be twenty-five twenty-five. So if I had a thirty-thousand-dollar car, I'm still going to owe a balance of five grand. But if I hit a seventy-thousand-dollar car, I'm fucked. Because I have the bare minimum insurance. It's the same situation with healthcare. If you get the bare minimum healthcare and then you ever actually get sick, you get cancer at 26. Which oh, yeah. Does yeah. I'm not saying that the bare minimum fucked, is, right? but the is difference going is to keep you, you alive. Right. But the difference is you don't just owe money. 
this is why it's immoral to do that, in my opinion. It's not that you just owe money, which anybody can cope by paying an extra $100 a month if they have to, to eventually pay off that Bentley, right? But if that's even an expensive car, I don't cars very well. It's but expensive. if you get cancer and they just don't treat you, you die at 26. And that's not that's not moral, man. I don't think it's moral. And the worst part about it is, and I'll tell you, and I've talked about this before, and I love to say it to your audience too, because I know a good chunk of your audience is conservative. I wish we could join the other 40 countries in the world that have just solved this problem, treated as a human right, and just provide health care for Maybe the citizens. Maybe if they, the problem if is, they would you pay can't, for military, right, you right, could afford right. to. The problem is, right, on top of that, not, not only, number one, this country still can't afford it, and number two, um, I don't trust this country to fucking do that. I can only imagine how we would gut gut it in every possible way to make it as cheap as possible. At the end of the day, I genuinely think it might be worse than the worst case scenario lower tier you're talking about. I, I think heard a, uh, I think I, I can only imagine what the Republicans would do to a I wish like that, that this whole health it. insurance thing was pitched as personal responsibility. I think it's wrong. You're right. I that think you're the right. people in this call pay $250 for a pack of gauze because 100 other people get it for free. And and you know, when you get ibuprofen in the emergency room, they charge you, I'm making up numbers, but you know, $100 for it. And that's because these emergency rooms have to keep the lights on. And a lot of people that come in there get a lot of care and pay nothing. It, it, this individual yeah. mandate to me is a personal responsibility mandate, just like they do on driving insurance. They mandate that you have insurance on your, you know, your car or your liability for other people. Because if you didn't do that, all the people around would you get fucked if you make a mistake. I heard an insurance uh, thing ad advertised on the radio the other day, and it was a Christians-only insurance uh, mm. thing. And, uh, How do you and, and, swing that? <laughs> well, all right, so, so here's come the to church and tithe. And, and part of their <laughs> thing was that they would never make you pay for something that you don't uh, believe in. And, and you I don't took cover that birth God, yeah. I took No. <laughs> hey, he wanted to pay. <laughs> Pray for that cancer. If uh, if God wants you to live, it'll go away. If it, it's a Christian insurance. That's how it works. Pray, pray hard. Christian science pray hard. We'll pray with you. That's part of it. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I was thinking like, I'm a man. So why would I pay into an insurance program that provides birth control? Why would I? Because I'll never see the benefits. It's almost like like uh, how much of my taxes are going to education? I don't I don't have any fucking kids. Like, like I, why am I paying to send those little snot-nosed fuckers to school? I don't, I'm not buying benefits crayons. benefits are indirect, right? Of course they are. It's right. better for society. I want to chip in and do my good part, make America great again. But, but, what, but, but I think that maybe that Christian insurance program might be cheaper than some of the others because they don't pay for things that I'm not going to need anyway, regardless of how I might feel about that. I, that, that, that intrigued me a little bit. I I'm wonder who's more, more expensive. <laughs> I feel like women have more I stuff that go wrong with them. They leprosy. Oh, oh, it's not even close. Only yeah. insurance. What about that? Because I, mean, I words? It, it's men's only. Is it? Would oh. it, it, it? Just men. Is it cheaper to insure men than women? Do you think? Because yes. if that was true, yes. I don't know. It's, it's I think. Much Taylor, it, do you yes, know? It is. it is. Okay. Yeah, it is. Oh, oh. boys, are we on the verge of a real new business opportunity? <laughs> oh my God, I'm investing. <laughs> I'm doing this. I'm doing this. <laughs> yes. What you? Nothing else. Oh no, <laughs> we could call it mandate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Woody man, has it right, though. I think it really is. If, if the Republicans had framed this as as personal responsibility mandate, I think it would have nailed it. And here's the thing. That's one of the biggest things that I like. The, the people like to hate on me all the time, especially because of my weight. They're like, I don't see why I have to pay my fucking premiums to take care of your fucking health care. Dude, that's not how it works. Number one, I bet you ain't paying nothing. 
Like, I bet you don't have insurance based on what you're saying. Secondly, I pay more in insurance plus medical bills in a year than you probably are earning right now, dude. And so I'm supplementing you right now. I'm supplementing you. When you go to the emergency room, the, the, the next time you get drunk and kick a fucking jukebox and break your foot, the next time you go in and then don't pay those people, my medical bills that I'm paying on a monthly right now, that's paying for that. And my, my insurance premiums that I'm paying $800 a month for, that's fucking paying for that, dude. I'm paying for you. It's not the other way around. It doesn't hurt me at all when I read that because it's just the opposite of the reality. It's a know? silly notion to fuss at a very wealthy person and ask why you pay for them. <laughs> it's yeah, not it's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Is yeah. it time for a new topic, or do you want to yeah, more politics? Stuff? I think we. I think Kyle might. It might be ready to hit someone with a couple of somethings. Oh, ads. Yeah. ads. I don't know. We were we were like almost right on the three hour point, and I thought I would say I thought I would seamlessly move over to it, and I fucked it up. I guess. Yeah, it so, was. Re you really stuttered it out there. I was like, "What? Yeah. Where's he going with this?" Well, he wanted me right, to talk about ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? What? Posting your job in one place just isn't enough to find quality candidates anymore. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all of the top job sites, and now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with one click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to the office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been uh, used by over 1 million different businesses and right now our listeners can cost uh, can post jobs on ZipRecruiter uh, for free by going to ziprecruiter.com/painkiller. That's ziprecruiter.com/painkiller uh, to uh, to post your job for free right now. Yeah, go make that happen. It's a good deal free. Yes. It's one of our best, best discounts. Deal. Free. Mm -hmm. uh, and now and now a short word from stamps.com. These days, you can get practically everything on demand, like our podcast. Uh, listen whenever you want, when it's convenient for you. So why are you still going to the post office and dealing with their limited hours when you can get postage on demand with Stamps.com? Anything you can do at the post office, you can now do right from your desk with Stamps.com. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package using your own computer and printer. And unlike the post office, Stamps.com never closes, so you can get postage whenever you need it, 24-7. Right now, our uh, our users here need to use, uh, let's see, uh, offer code PAINKILLER for this special offer. You get a four-week trial, which includes postage and a digital scale. Uh, don't wait. Go to stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in PAINKILLER. That's stamps.com. Enter uh, offer code PAINKILLER. Yeah, stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. If you mail things, you need to be working with stamps.com. Absolutely. You're living in the past if you're not. I have two it's topics. A fool's errand. Um, do we get a choice? Or yes, that was the idea. Uh, oh. you get, or you could choose neither. That's a third choice, but you need to come Ooh. up with your own. So I have um, <laughs> ratings comparisons across seven animated shows and my paramotor plans for this weekend. Are they funny animated shows or are these like, yeah, one like comedy shows? Oh, I'm interested in that. Okay, um, here's a URL for you guys. I'm going to share it with the audience too. Ooh. And... Um, I thought yeah. it was interesting. Now, I do want to say, if people look at this, I can't tell exactly which one's Bob Burgers and which one's Black Dynamite. Now that I look at it, I think Bob's Burgers might be the higher, super dark one. Absolutely but, it is. Okay. Yeah, all right. Well, thank I you. I don't know even know what Black Dynamite is. <laughs> That's your first cue. Yeah. Me yeah. neither. But, so <laughs> I didn't know Bob's Burgers was eight seasons long or seven seasons long. It's got longer. the Cleveland show on That's there. That's why it tricked me. Dude, so look at this. Show. 
My favorite ones are the worst rated ones. Like Rick and Morty <laughs> is probably my top pick in this thing. It's the yellow one in the bottom left corner. Right? And don't yeah, don't think... think of it as a poorly rated show. Think of it as a niche show. A, a, yeah. a little known shining gem that's only had two seasons and is not on a major network. Well, oh, I'm looking at these. Oh, the major network is a really good point. I'm looking at these other ones like uh, Family Guy. That launched at the top. American Dad mm -hmm. launched at the top. Um, I also like Archer a lot. Archer and, and Rick and Morty are probably my two favorite on this list. And they're two of the lowest ranked. It's uh, because, yeah, it's all because of where they're airing. Because look at that Cleveland show that was on Fox, right? And so, of yeah. course, even though it sucks ass, Dude, they wrote I, the I've Cleveland only maybe seen right like one episode of Cleveland show, but there's no way it's half as good as Rick and Morty. I'm and almost Rick and Morty, positive they're on that the way they, Central. I'm almost right? positive the way they rolled out the Cleveland show was they Family Guy would come on, and then Cleveland show would come on. You know, you got that. You've already got your you got your audience yeah. that already knows mm -hmm. these characters folding right into it it's not even it's fair. like every Whereas year you, you know Archer on the super bowl you know on the super bowl every year they'll be like up next after the super bowl the newest vampire show for yep. for all ages and it's like some guy spinning and like a logo at the bottom like arms crossed and he looks kind of like hardcore looking at you and it's like and they are just yeah. trying their hardest to bamboozle enough drunk people to leave their tv on that they can go oh, oh excellent first week excellent and <laughs> Played off like that, but yeah, like Boogie, do you I watch any of these? Oh, I love uh, Rick and Morty, man. It's my I favorite show. I think it's probably in my top ten shows of all time. Uh, Archer, I loved. I really once they stopped uh, running ISIS, which I know why they obviously can't. <laughs> call they, but they once they stopped running ISIS, it stopped being as as funny to me. But I still I still powered through it. Um, definitely, Bob's Burgers probably my next favorite on that show by a lot. Boz Burgers is pretty funny. It's, they, they do they do a lot of filler episodes, which you don't really get into, but I think it's great. Dude, um, my family. Then, I show more than have I, I said on the show how much my family thinks I'm like Bob? Yes. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, I the, like Bob as a character. The multi-tool. When I got into remote-controlled airplanes, oh, my God, they just kept playing that episode again and again and again where he got into remote-controlled helicopters and... Yeah, you don't want to be too cool, Dad. <laughs> yeah. That guy, H. John Benjamin or John H. Benjamin, whoever does Archer and Bob from Bob's yeah. Burgers voice, has the best gig in all of voice acting. Because it's not like every other voice actor, it seems like they'll do a real interview and then they'll like change their voice, even like a modicum, a little bit to get to that character. He is exactly who he is, you know? Like he doesn't change even a tiny little bit of his voice. I think that's hilarious. Like, he he doesn't have to change a bit, and he's excellent at it. He's he's great. He is not at all what you think he looks like. For the first time you see H. John Benjamin, you're like, that's Archer. That short little bald guy's Archer. No, that's I'm gonna choose not to believe that. Like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> if you scroll down, you can see Black Dynamite. Like it has the season that has them split apart. Does that picture help you know the show at all? It, it doesn't help me. No, um, I still have no idea. No, I have it, no. It must be an adult. Black Dynamite is like like yeah, was that yeah. No, no, I'm no. Kyle's he must be really, uh, he's like, not only do I not know it, but fuck that show. <laughs> yeah, I would watch that. Uh, Black Dynamite. It sounds like black exploitation. It sounds like a cartoon about. I, I'm just guessing, but but like he looks like uh, maybe a karate fighting like cop who don't take no nonsense. You know, like I guarantee that's what that show's about. Like, like <laughs> yeah. oh, that's Black Dynamite. Speaking it's it's of black exploitation. It's it's been done a thousand times. Speaking of the voice hmm. of uh, Archer, I'll did look. anybody here ever see an old show? Called Frisky Dingo that was on Car Cartoon Network long yeah, before Archer was a thing. Yeah. That yeah. is the funniest fucking show. That that show was way too short. I fucking loved every second of it. 
And all those like this 10 minute episodes that you did on Adult Swim too, so it's like not long enough. But a lot of it's on YouTube, I'm sure too. You really should watch it. It's some of the funniest shit you I've ever seen. I, I still quote parts of that show to this day. Nobody knows what I'm talking about either. <laughs> yeah, it's too obscure. Yeah. <laughs> Black Dynamite. This animated series based on the 2009 film of the same name features the exploits of the titular character and 1970s Renaissance man with a kung fu grip who doesn't always think before making decisions. His sidekick, Bullhorn, is the brains behind Black Dynamite's hard-hitting style. Yeah, yeah that's what it is. I think Kyle Who watches it. this? Was that as blind a guess as you made it out to be? Like yeah. you really had, you just went off the name and the picture. Of course. Well, I mean, it's just it's been done before. Like 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 if you like, go back to those like nineteen seventies <laughs> films that were all black exploitation, like like um the Pam Greer movies, and like like it's always when you said it. I was like, I, he might be right. Like that. Not black exploitation isn't a word that we're, I know. Uh, we're out. Of it's the like a genre of film where like where. Like it's Martin, like, like your main Spider. character would be a black guy who's like a cop who's like a kung fu fighter. There's a movie called <laughs> Black Dynamite, I think. It's it's it's, it's it's we're we're like we passed black exploitation and we're in like femme exploitation now where yeah. they're like, uh, what do we do? Well, women like watching things with women in it, probably. So <laughs> I don't know. Just make all the Ghostbusters ladies. They'll love it. And then when women are like, uh, actually, we uh we liked the original movie. We didn't mind that they had dicks. You know, this isn't this we sucks. like dicks. And they're like, oh, well, missed it again. Like, like yeah. no, I don't know. It, it is all those movies where they just replace characters with someone with a different skin color or different genitals. It's like, it's it's just weird. It's like, you you know you're pandering and everybody watching it knows you're pandering a little bit yeah. and you you still don't feel uncomfortable about it. And the problem like, is, that, <laughs> the problem isn't even that they're pandering necessarily. It's that it, they get so fucking combative about it, right? Like the, the marketing for... The, the Ghostbusters had it just been, hey, the Ghostbusters, it's cool now. And, you know, they didn't have any, like, jokes, obviously terrible jokes in the movie, like where they shoot the ghost in the dick and stuff like that. If it, pandering is fine to an extent, but when you, when you are being combative about it, what did you expect? When you market it in a combative way, I, that's what I don't understand. And the worst part about it is even then I still went and saw the movie and I gave it, like, a four out of ten. It's... Certainly, <laughs> it, it's good. it's worse than Ghostbusters 2, but not by much, you know? And uh, so I walked out of that movie, and I'm thinking to myself, am I actually sexist? Like, did I not enjoy <laughs> this because not. I did not like those women? And then, like, I realized I went home to watch Parks and Rec for the third time, which is a female-driven mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, this is one of my favorite shows. How am I sexist? I don't have a problem with women. I love powerful women on TV shows. That movie was just shitty, you know? Yeah. But they'll yeah. like they they have to insist they have to insist we didn't make our three hundred million dollar target because you know ah oh, fuck you if you were if, like, if they made movie. if they made him uh you know Lenny Croft instead of Laura Croft like you would play that game and be like this this is weird first of all yeah. his shorts are too revealing whoa <laughs> <laughs> like you'd be like this, this sucks. a lot of like, bulge I, like <laughs> I can see it from behind oh sack is hanging out why did they put him in Daisy Dukes. Yeah. He's like having to do that move where like he's like climbing up a rock face and like his whole body is in an X as he right. shimmies up the rock face and it's just it's just this huge bulge like fucking Robbie Lawler. A couple just of centimeters of like you ever see Robbie Lawler's cock? Like, no. like, like no. Robbie Lawler is packing so much heat in the octagon that like I rem I remember it and I'm like oh he's back do again. People, do like, people not wear cups in the octagon? They wear cups, but but he's wearing an extra extra large cup to contain whatever he's packing. He's packing some fucking heat down there. It might Front just be more protective. Yeah, Front it definitely is more. Protective. You have to, you know, speaking as a uh, the the 
I was gonna call myself expert? a gay guy. I'm not really a gay guy, but I'm telling you, uh, <laughs> if you, if you want to judge some UFC cock, you got to do it at the weigh-ins. That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to get out. Uh, yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair to say. But I would. Mm. I would. I have. I don't have a lot of cup wearing experience. Mm. I, I do. I have a lot. And I, if I, I give an... one, I don't remember when though. But I would guess that if your cup is too big for your junk, then it would be loose. And especially in a combat sport, maybe moving around even with a jock strap. So. I think the man is just really packing. He, I've seen guys with like front kicks like clip it because it's just out there. It's like he's got a really, really big orange in the middle of his crotch all the time. It's huge. If it they gets, gave, like when I was playing goalie, if they gave me a cup that was the size of my torso, like I would have taken that over whatever other one because like you just feel safer. Like you don't want to feel like you're in a cup where you are just one stretch away from your dick or your balls fall into the side and getting pinched. You know, that cup pinch where, like, your scrotum skin gets pinched? You don't like that. Like, you you want something that you have, you feel like you could stretch as far as humanly possible, and it's you're going to be covered. Cup sizes are generally done uh, by, like, waist size. Like, like, you know, you don't buy a big cup because you've got a big dick. You buy a big cup because, like, you're size 38 or 40 or something like that. I think if Robbie Lawler's packing a lot of heat in the octagon, he probably has a preference for those steel Muay Thai cups. That's where my money goes. I would just take whatever was most protective. I don't understand why a fighter wouldn't. Some people like, might or, feel like they lose maybe mobility or mobility. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, I could imagine. That. That's a trade-off especially, I would make. Especially if you, like, you did stuff with your legs that I am incapable of doing for example right. like, like i see those guys with hip mobility that's that's and a lot of times that's the difference between surviving on the ground they've got such good hip mobility it seems like they're just fucking folding themselves in half and getting out and wiggling around and it's like i couldn't do that shit and it might space. even be more difficult with a cup <coughs> i've seen I, never mind I, w- I wonder what kyle's seen don't you want to know even more now Ah, no, it's boring. It was just, oh, it, okay. it, it, it's like, I didn't stop myself because it was something naughty or something I'd yeah, right. not say. It was just like, oh, that's not interesting. Let's talk Fair about enough. your paramotor trip. I know you're going, we're doing, we're doing the show on Wednesday and the patrons are getting this shit very early. You're getting this shit Wednesday night. A whole day. For, for, for yes. pennies, for uh, pennies a day. So if you're not a patron, pennies. go down below. Uh, I, I will say we just had, we had our, uh, our fan hangout, which is the $50 a month level, like uh, a couple weeks ago. That was excellent. Did three hours with the fans. We, we sat in there, yeah. three hours. And, and like, like at the end of it, I was like, to my phone i was like it's five o'clock i'm out of here it's like, like hung up on everybody I was, I was like i put my time in here but but i really did enjoy it <laughs> we, went, we can't always do three hours answer. it's supposed to be an hour but we did three hours this time um i'm sorry i, didn't, I talked over kyle but uh yeah so uh thanks to everyone on the show by the way for doing it wednesday instead of thursday for my schedule oh, of course yeah you some months that's advanced. what made it easier for me to do it this week so i'm glad you did it thank you oh cool. i don't mind yeah. um so the deal is I have a paramotor race in Florida and um, I actually have, I, I think I can share this map uh, with everybody. If, if you want to shoot Woody down, this is where he'll be tomorrow. <laughs> it's, um, it's, a, it's a big map. Like it'd be hard to find me exactly. But uh, <laughs> this is where the race is going. It's like, it starts in Lake Wales, which is sort of central Florida near Orlando. It goes to the coast Shit. by Palm Bay. Dude. How, could, what's the distance you're covering? It's almost 300 miles. Holy shit. Yeah. This is my, cool. My right, current so, longest flight is 40 miles. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right, so, questions. Let me, let me just ask questions now. Uh-huh. All right. So, so, so how, what's this the duration cool. of this race that you're doing? When does it begin? When does it end? 
So it's intended to run. So Thursday is the um, pilots meeting Thursday night. Um, and it's intended to run Friday and Saturday, but Sunday is a contingency day that I think a lot of people will make it into because the weather's especially bad Friday. It's windy. Scary. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so this is the type of race. It's more like maybe like a marathon would be a good, good comparison because everybody's not showing up at the finish line in rapid order. It could, right. it could easily be hours and hours behind, not you, but an individual. Yes. Yeah. And me, I'm doing it like there's two classes. There's a race class and I've been calling it a race, which maybe exaggerates it. You're timing there's, yourself and you're trying to do it as fast as possible. It's a race. But there's also an adventure class. And the difference is the support you're allowed to have. Um, the guys in the race class, they have to carry their own fuel, their own oil. Like they'll have a gallon of oil on their belly so that they can land in an Exxon like mix it up and then fly away with three quarters of a gallon of oil. And, you know, can I ask a quick question to intercede in here. If you were smart, would you have oil waiting somewhere at the like? Because I'm imagining it's some special mo- paramotor oil. Could you put your oil at the gas station at an Exxon, like by the field you're going to land at and refuel? Could you do that? No, caches are against the rules. Cool. Yeah, you ha- as a racer, you need to carry everything with you. As an adventure class guy, which is what I am, I partnered with this woman who I don't know. I just met her online. She seems very nice, and uh, her boyfriend is operating the chase car. So I'm going to offer up my Tacoma. I did. I don't know if we'll use it or not, but they seemed interested. And he'll drive that around, and it'll have, like, fuel and tents and sleeping bags and stuff like that. Oh. Whereas the race guys, like, they, sh- dude, you should see them. They load up. Like, they've got fuel and tents and sleeping bags, like, across their bed. And it's very hard to launch with all that extra weight. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad that they are I'm the not Nightwing. In. Yeah, they're, they're – um, they're probably better at paramotors than I am. Like I'm just coming up on one. Well, year they have. I, I mean, not the yeah. shit on your skills, but I mean, they just have to be right. Like, like it would. I would imagine. Like, like I don't know. Would you feel comfortable strapping all that extra shit on you? Um, I wouldn't. It'd be. And tough. I don't know shit no, about no, it. My new, my current paramotor is pretty light. You know, for the power to weight ratio. Yeah. So I wonder, like, if I put a tent and a sleeping bag on me, I'm probably just back to my first paramotor. You know, don't in terms the of hammock? weight. That's the way to go. Yeah, right. Bring that hammock. I up. hear that you. Nice. I just the thing about the hammock is you got to know there's trees where you're where you're landing, and I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't even know Florida that well. Where I went, like it was real swampy, and nothing was more than like a, a you know foot tall. So uh, um, anyway, I'm doing this race. I I have a video scheduled to go up on Friday, and I'm flying in turbulence, and the whole video is just me like, oh fuck, oh my god. <sighs> Take a breath, Woody. It's just between. You're okay. You're okay. And the weather on Friday is way worse than the weather in that video. Like this is dude. Stretch. Isn't me. Florida like the lightning capital <laughs> of the world? Yeah, it is. Oh, I've, I've heard, heard that. that. Do yeah. you know what would happen if you got hit by a goddamn bolt? I literally of don't know what would happen. It's like I if you do. get uh, a star in uh, Super Mar- in Mario Kart. Like <laughs> yeah, it would be just <laughs> like that. I'm hoping it's explode. more like a mushroom. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, I'm, I'm very nervous wrap, about chest, this. Strap your chest. I worry that I'm going to embarrass myself. I think I'm smart enough not to hurt myself. But uh, if I get, to, like, if you're looking at the map, if I get the, it starts in the top left corner. It starts and ends in that top left corner. If I just make it to, like, that first crook and give up like a pussy, then I will be very embarrassed. Maybe alive, no, okay. but whatever. Let so, me ask you this. Hmm. Will they know if you don't make it? Yeah, I think they have um, electronic how trackers. Many, how many people are there? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what, what's, what do you think? If like, I were to throw like, a number out? Is hundreds of people? No, I, w- I would guess that there's between, like, 12 and 18. 
people do. Oh, so people will notice. Yeah. (laughs) Because when you're all landing at the end, they'll be like, all right, and 16, where is Woody? So I I don't know what the website is going to be like. Like it hasn't, because people aren't doing it yet, but it's called the Icarus X. And if you Google that, I think there's live tracking. So if if anyone's interested in like, I don't know. Shooting you down. Shooting me down, for example. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah, I think if, there's live tracking. They can or... find those uh, Shia LaBeouf flags mm-hmm. on 4chan <laughs> in like seven minutes, oh and they will find you in real time. <laughs> I was laughing my ass off. Like every oh. once in a while, 4chan does one of those things where it's just so goddamn funny you can't help it. Like the uh, the Hitler did nothing wrong. Mountain Dew got me. That was hilarious. But this was like seeing these people. Chatting about like wind directions and plane flights, and it's like, what, what? You gotta, you gotta have something you have to do today. Like, <laughs> like, like, like this is crazy. They're so smart. Like that's, that's sometimes so seems, fucking funny though. Are you not? Are you directing this intelligence in the right place, 4chan? You know, like, yeah. why don't you just like solve the healthcare thing we we couldn't figure out on our own uh, a few minutes ago? Imagine if we could direct that weaponized autism towards <laughs> ISIS. Yeah, right. I think we they would did. Did 4chan take a lot of their Twitter of their accounts generals. down? Oh, they, they've... Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they have. Yeah. Yeah. They they did that with uh with pedophiles, too, where they, like, exposed some... Ped- this is years and years ago, but... Or maybe I'm, like, mixing up the websites, but I feel like it was 4chan that, like, exposed, like, a decent number of pedophiles and got them arrested. Uh-huh. Um, or child porn people. I, they're very uh, impressive. Yeah, but I, I thought that was hilarious. Like, Shia LaBeouf is... <laughs> Is he must be? He's already crazy, and this can't be helping because he just wants his fucking flag up. Did you guys hear that oh, sound? We uh, it it happens maybe once every eight shows. Don't know what causes it or where it originates from, but yeah, I hear. We're it still too. recording though, right? Yeah, yeah, we're still. Yes. Oh my I'm god, sure. that was I, so weird. It scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I, I was like, did I just drop the call? What? Well, that's really cool uh, that that you're doing this race. Um, I will check. I'm literally going to track you online, I guess, uh, when, when you're doing this thing. Because if I see that, like, ah, Woody's dot hasn't moved for, like, 45 <laughs> minutes. Should I call? Now it just disappeared. What if the Last scene over this giant him? lake. Um, oh, what color is your paramotor so we can you know, zero in? <laughs> ah, you know, it's like a gunmetal gray. You won't see it. Gunmetal <laughs> um, gray. It is. It's titanium, like, unpainted. But, um... Um, yeah, this is the thing that we're doing and I'm simultaneously very excited about it and pretty nervous and, uh, it sounds awesome. Yeah, I think dude, you're going to have a blast. Uh, you're going to do better than you think. To compete in this thing is like amongst certain people, it's very prestigious. There are tens of people who will be like, oh my God, Ooh. you did the Icarus. So yeah, I got that coming to me. Did you get one of those stickers for the back of your truck? If there is one, I know I'm getting a T-shirt, and uh, yeah, it's a very prestigious. There's a trophy for people that win, but I'm not really, uh, you know, that's not going to be me. <laughs> you got to get it. This is one step below the Iditarod in you my play eyes. Dirty and, and sabotage all the others. Mm. Like, like that should be your <laughs> ticket to victory. Like, like because I mean, it's a fucking paramotor race. You put an hour delay on them, you win, right? Like, like, like <laughs> just put a little, put a little something in everybody's oil jug, and 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 you just speed away into the night. Like, like, or you could do a little bit of chemtrails. <laughs> chemtrails. Some fair mace <laughs> on the back of your of your paramotor. And then just have it spray backwards, and it'll be like much more dissipated, uh-huh. but it'll be enough. Taylor, you my can young friend, you're presumed I'm in the front group. at some point in this race. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you, you just got to be just really imagine good you getting your paramotor in front of all the other contestants and doing that thing. <laughs> 
rev it up really uh, and, you, and you have to like position yourself so you can even still stand and then you shoot the mace into your like back trail and blow it all over them and then take off it's funny but i would never it's, i have a lot of respect for it. <laughs> uh, and i yeah really i'm just i've been obsessing like like over fuel stops and like the planning of it and how my i got my phone is going to be like my altitude and guidance system and how i'm going to keep that charged over the weekend and i've um yeah i've just been prepping for this a lot it's occupied my, uh, my thoughts and we'll see how it goes so yeah, hopefully good i yeah I, and i'll tell you so imagine how how much better mm. you're gonna do with all this stuff because you're actually getting real sleep now they're gonna be great <laughs> Yeah. I hear you. I, uh, I I just got the thing this morning, so it's it's a, it'll be a new change to me. You're like that guy on the Olympics who like did the discus, but he didn't know the right weight, and so he like learned by throwing a super heavy discus. Like you're gonna show up, and they're like, "Yeah, this is Woody. He's pretty good." And you're like, "Ah, I have been three minutes from sleep every time I've done this so far. This is the <laughs> first time I've tried it rested. So we're gonna see how it." <laughs> Hands out, and you're just gonna be zooting like Super seeing powers. details you've never seen before. Like we'll see. So that, that I I, com- I'm sorry, Kyle. I was gonna completely change the subject. But, yeah, I was but, thinking but the same. No, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I this is complete. I, I rub I, I rub that sunscreen in my eyes every PKA. Like I do this thing where I'm like, oh, let me get the oil off the back of my eyelids, and then I rub sunscreen right into my eyeballs, and I, I never learned. I watched Nick Diaz today with nunchucks. You ever seen him with nunchucks? Yeah, I, am I supposed to be more impressed? I feel like he's a regular person with numbers. Have you ever used them before? Or yes, it's e- easy to make an ass of yourself if you're fucking around with nunchucks. I feel like I I'm as good as like Nick Diaz, except I can only do it when for you five seconds. He gets <laughs> high as fuck. He hits the bong, and then he's just and he's just behind his back and flipping him around. And I'm like, I would have wrapped myself already eight or twenty times, like like. I don't know. It looks slick to me. And what I was really thinking, mm-hmm. like maybe it didn't look like something acrobatic. Like maybe you like like a drum, like like uh, you know those drum lines. They have those chicks with the uh, the things and the what do you call those things? Batons. Batons doing crazy shit. He wasn't exactly spinning it like a baton. But if, imagine if you had to face off with that motherfucker and he had that thing. Oh my god, he would fuck you up so bad because they're hard as a rock. I, I, like yeah. the ones I've always seen are hardwood do and they're heavy. That- and hard. Do you think a nunchuck is a much better weapon than like a policeman's club like that? Yes. Oh, oh. Because you get that inertia of the swing, right? And like if you're trained, now if you're untrained, definitely I want the uh, baseball bat. Because if you miss a swing with a nunchuck as a knucklehead like me, it probably comes back and hurts you. Right. But if you miss with a a club, you you know, we've all swung clubs at one point, like whether you play baseball or a sport that involves a club or you just smash club fights. Rat one yeah. time or, you know, there was a spider you got to kill. We've all swung something and hit something. It's it's easy. It's it's pretty ingrained in us evolutionarily, I would imagine. But nunchucks are a little more difficult. <laughs> what do you think? Is it would you rather face an opponent with nunchucks or a policeman's club? Because you think about the policeman's club that, that maybe people aren't thinking about is the poking aspect of it. Like you can punch with that thing and it's a it's it's very yeah. rough. Yeah, it breaks ribs. I, yeah, crack your skull. I don't know. It yeah. would depend. I, I really don't know. Neither one of them is is. It sounds fun. I feel like I'd be. I feel like he's hitting harder with the nunchucks, but just because of the the swing. Even even an, right. even an untrained opponent, I feel like you get more power into that swing. And I guess my hope is to disarm you, or I want us to wrap up and get close. I don't want distance between us. You know, I want to get this fucking thing away from you, get it out of the com- combat if I can. So I guess a club. I prefer the club because I feel like it's easier to take from someone. It doesn't. 
the uh, in, in baseball, we always talked about bat speed. Like, oh, that guy's got bat speed. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Like, like that fucking swing didn't take. It's just, it's, just, it's wow, bat speed. Like, that applies to when you're trying to hit somebody with something just as much as when you're trying to hit a baseball. So I just want to never be in a fight again, done. honestly. <laughs> You guys, you guys seem really excited to just beat the shit out of somebody. I'm well, hypothetically excited. Beat out of you. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm the one with the nuns. Hypothetical Woody is very tough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've, you know, I've only ever been in two. Besides, like the, the I've, like the, the abuse stuff growing up. You know, I've only ever been in two fights in my lifetime. I've been in the first time. I really the first time I was like 12, and I really, really, really hurt the kid, and he ended up going to the hospital, and my family ended up having to pay out. Hmm. The second time I hit, hurt somebody, uh, the second time I got into a fight, I failed 10th grade PE because I was so ashamed of my body, I refused to work, to change out. And so they made me, in order to graduate, take 10th grade PE again as a senior year. I only failed one semester. So I had to take that last semester um, uh, as a senior. And there's a kid in that class that just fucking hated me because I was fat and I was slow and I sucked at the games that we play in PE or whatever. And so every day he'd give me shit. It's like, good job running out there or well, I call it fucking crawl. And and I'd be like, well, here's the thing. I'm so tired from fucking your mother last night. I can't, you know, here's the thing. My balls are just so drained. I stopped over right place in lunch today. And that bitch just sucks the life out of me. You know, and so I was just continuously That's giving good, shit. Actually. Right. And uh, he's just like, oh, why'd you get so fat? I'll tell you, because every time I fuck your mother, she bakes me a pie to thank me. And I'm fucking her three days a week, dude. And I got to eat the pie, because if I don't eat the pie, she cries. She's like, oh, my son is such a waste of a human. The only good thing I do right is bake you pies. Please eat them. And eventually this guy just fucking hits me. Right? And so I tried... As I tried would. Right. So I tried to... Like, obviously, I've been hit, like, by that point, by my mother, like, billion times so hitting me doesn't do anything and so i try to like man up or whatever and like get real big and the we have these old shitty lockers and so i punch the locker and dent the locker and then there's these old shitty benches and so like put my foot through the bench and I'm like, because uh, there was, I mean, they would break under my weight. That's how old these benches are. Don't think I just I'm picture like boogie stomp. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you don't want to fuck with me. Right. And he like immediately takes a step back. And the coach, uh, I make enough noise. And that's the other reason I'm making so much noise is to get the coach in there. And uh, he like breaks us up or whatever. And then that day when I'm going home from school, this, uh, I plan to stay late. And this girl that I like, she's like, hey, didn't you want to go to the library today? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. She's like, I'll, up. You know, I'll walk with you to the library. And I'm like, this is probably a setup, but if there's that many people involved, why not go, <laughs> right? Let's just do it. Get it over and so, Good Lord. Right, so, what a so I get, we're, we're walking that way, and we walk past my car, and there's a ton of people surrounding my car. And there's still plenty of time by the time I see that to walk in the other direction. But I'm just like, ah, just face the music. It doesn't matter. Fuck it. And I, I walk up and I'm like, oh, hey, Steve, what's up, dude? His name's Steve, too. And uh, his older brother is there. His older brother's 18 and he's a heavy set guy and he's like six foot four and he's strong as shit. And then his brother's two friends are there. And I'm like, I'm not going to hit this kid. If I hit this kid, these people are just going to kill me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just not going to fucking do that. And so I'm like, dude. Uh, he's like, I'm, I'm like, what, I'm like, what do you want? What do you want me to say? Or what do you want me to do? I mean, you want me to tell you, I'm sorry for, for making fun of your mom and stuff. Well, I'm not because you fucking picked on me every day. I just returned the favor, you asshole. 
And he says, no, I want you to fight me. And I'm like, I'm not going to hit you, dude. And so he punches me again. And Where's he like, hit you? The face, face. Just straight for the face. And so I take my arms and I put them behind my back. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to fight you back. It's just not going to happen. And, and he's like, why would you fight me? He hits me like four or five more times, breaks my glasses. How would the fight um, have gone? I don't know, man. I've, I haven't Close. thrown a punch since that first fight. The first time I... The locker didn't fare well. The, 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 right. But if you don't know, then it's close, it right? It's not an obvious winner loss, I guess. Well, I mean, to be frank, the one time I did get into a fight, I disassociated. Uh, and since I disassociated, I wasn't really in control of what I was doing. And so I did hurt the kid very badly. So I, don't, I didn't ever want to do that again. And so I did not disassociate here. And even if I had, I probably would have. Well, anyway, when he broke my glasses, I cried. <laughs> and the reason I cried was not because he was hurting me, but because my mom was going to go fucking nuts. So after this beating, I had to go home and get another beating because my glasses were shattered. And now she's going to have to pay for that. And Crying's you know, an emotional me. thing. You're crying because it's a really right. bad day. Right. And yeah. he's like, I can't, I can't believe you're fucking crying. I'm like, well, this sucks, dude. Why, why else would I cry? He goes, when are you, you going to hit me back? And I'm like, I'm not. Just get it done. Just get it over with. Do whatever you got to do. And he, I think he hit him probably a total of 10 times. And then uh, he's like, what? Why don't you fight? I was like, even though I did want to fight you back, if I hurt you, they're going to kill me. So you knew this is how it was going to work out. Yeah, there was, and, there was no way to win except not to play, right. kind of. And so even I if ended you up, get in the fight, you, you get your yeah. ass beat. <laughs> so I ended up getting in the car and driving home and then got my ass beat a second time that day. My mother went fucking ballistic. I can't believe you got into a fight. I can't believe you fucking did this. Don't you get enough abuse at home? I can't fucking believe this. Well, I hope you, you better kill that kid. You better kill him. If I front her say you didn't kill him, I'll fucking kill you. Whole nine yards. So just a shit day. And then I get to school the next day and I get fucking suspended. <laughs> I'm the older kid. I should have been more mature. I should have been able to do it. I got in school suspension. He got three days out of school suspension. I got a week in school suspension. Which, by the way, was amazing because I just role playing books and like wrote a D and D campaign. So, like, it didn't. It was a great. It was a good week, and I didn't have to deal with my teachers, and I didn't have to deal with my class, and I didn't have to deal with shit. And my face got to heal, and they brought me lunch. They brought me fucking lunch there in the auditorium do, yeah. where I was. It was great. Like, I was like, why can't school like be this every day? It was I got my homework done in like first Such hour nightmare. every day. You know. Dude, you like, sit oh. in a cubicle. It's solitary confinement, though. Like, yeah, like right. my INS, I remember that shit as the worst thing they could do. I was, and it wasn't the, it wasn't the highest on the punishment scale either. It was like a little above medium hot, you know, like like oh, what, you know, you, you, you cheated on a test, you got INS, you know, something like that. Not that I got, that's I don't remember why I was in there in particular. Probably something silly. Probably but not cheating. They put yeah. you in a fucking cubicle and nobody talks to you or has so anything good. to do with you until they're like, "Food's here," and you're like, ah, "All right, well." It's cold now because you just walked in here from the lunchroom, so I don't really want it. And then you know, and then the eight hours of sitting there, you know, from early in the morning till to the night. And if you ever, if they ever catch you sleeping, they like prod you awake. It's like you're in a you're in a Vietnamese bamboo trap, and there's a there's a guard who walks by and throws water on you every now and then to make sure you're suffering effectively. It but was, think about how good it would be if you got it now in 2017, because every one of those kids has a smartphone and can just read or do whatever <laughs> they want sitting there. Like it's not like when you got it, or when I guess any of us got it. Got nothing. Got nothing. I remember. I remember thinking about bringing my PlayStation in, and like I had this idea for how to rig it all up and battery power it and stuff. And I was like, no, nah, I only got a week and a half. I guess I'll just tough this out. Yeah. But they catch me sleeping, and they'd be like, "Fucking wake you up!" And, and it was just like. I've done all my work. Why can't I just nap? Have, <laughs> and there's a, oh, we'll get some more work. I have a fight cry story I don't think I've ever and, told before. 
I, to answer your question real quick, Woody, if I can, uh, in <laughs> high school, I did band and I carried the bass drum and mm-hmm. then I played football. And then I also did martial arts for the f- from like 12 to f- 15 or so. And then I was in the Boy Scouts on top of that. So I think I probably could have hurt that kid, to be frank. He won. weighed like a buck 20. Oh. I think I could have. I think I could have just destroyed him if I had to. So he, was like, he was only like 15. I was in seventh grade. No, I was in eighth grade. And the other guy was in seventh grade. And that was why I thought I would clearly win this thing, right? Yeah. Um, like, I, I, dude, I'm in eighth grade. He's a seventh grader. Fuck that guy. And uh, he did something to my girlfriend. Like, I, he might have, like, playfully poked her with a pencil or something. But I took offense to it. I don't know. I'm young and dumb. And, didn't slap uh, her or anything, did he? No. I think he literally poked okay. her with a pencil. That had like, been too much. Yeah, that had been too much. But, uh, no, and I don't think she was all that upset about it. or it, Like, I overreacted. I was stupid. And um, so now I'm going to fight this guy after school. We cleverly, like, leave the school and go to some playground blocks away so we don't get in trouble by the school. That was our thought process. didn't work. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there we are in the playground squaring off. And somewhere between the time when I challenged him to a fight and got in the fight, they told me that he used to be an eighth grader and he got, like, he got left back. Like, he should have been an eighth grader. <coughs> Couple that with the fact that, like, he's way bigger than me and I'm showing no signs of puberty at this puberty. point. Yeah. Um, it, it just looks bad. But whatever. Like, um, I'm here and I'm not cowardly, so, like, let's dance. And um, uh, we're, like, squared up or whatever. And I throw the first punch and I hit him in the eye. And it's beautiful. It's wonderful. And it starts to tear. And I'm like, what's the matter, Trevor? You crying? You crying now? And that was the last thing that went my way. <laughs> like, <laughs> from that point in the fight forward, uh, he just seemed to be a better puncher. He was bigger and stronger, and he landed all the hits. And uh, sadly, he didn't get a black eye, but I did. And um, so that was just like a real obvious score is posted for the next week on who won that fight. And um, I, I, it went on for a while, like 15 minutes or so. And it wasn't like I got knocked out or anything, but I was like, you know, I lost. Like, I can see where yeah. this is going. Like, I'm just getting hit more and more, and you're getting hit less and less, and it looks like you're better at fighting than me. Like, can we yeah, stop? Indefinitely, I'll die. <laughs> right? Stop. That's the beautiful thing about, like, combat between two males of any species, whether we're, we're elk fighting it out for yeah, a, a elk. Or, there, there's always that moment where, like, one of them is like, ah. If I keep going, I'll die. Let's end it here. And, and like that's what that's what I really like about MMA. I think is because most of the time the guy who won won because he had to be stopped short of killing the other. You know that's the level that MMA pushes it to. Like you can be like, yeah, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. And somebody's like, ah, what about Johnny Unitas? He's like, well, well, we never did push them to the point of dying. So mm-hmm. I guess maybe it is kind of hard to see. But when you're talking about fighters, you're like, oh well, we we pushed. You know, that guy would have murdered that other guy if that other large man hadn't interceded. So I'd say he's better at that. I, I, I like that about combat. Yeah. It's always to the point of death. And then I, just, but then we stop. And we that's were, why jiu-jitsu is even cooler because you get to train at like full speed or whatever. Yeah, and, and, that's the thing about jits. You can, you, could, yeah, you can try your hardest in training. Uh, we were at the principal's office afterwards, and uh, he was like, all right, you two boys got in a fight. He asked what it was about. He was kind of like dressing the whole thing down. I still got in trouble at school, even though this wasn't a school thing. We tried to explain that loophole to him, but he wasn't having it. Apparently, he can punish anyone he wants. And uh, 
But at one point, he's like, all right, all right. You know, I can see that you have a black eye. And he points to me and points to Trevor. And he's like, can I see you various bruises across your face? And I'm like, I wish. <laughs> you know, like, I, I feel like he was just giving me a, like, throwing a bone there. But yeah. I felt good about it. So. It's interesting. It's, um. It's interesting you got in trouble for that, though, because you were off school grounds. Right. He was not down for that loophole. I thought that, yeah, I thought the same. That's why we did it. I, I think because um, you, you would think that your your parents could have been like, I don't have any say over this principal. What what the fuck? Like, you, you got in a fight at, like, you know, down the street. Like, like what, what business of this of, of yours? And, like, pull you out of there. That probably would have flown. Like, he'd have been like, eh, I guess you're right. Um, I know I got in a fight. I, I was, during the time when I was um, homeschooled, I was at a football game on school grounds, or you know, I was a middle schooler, but when we were at the high school, but you know, it's the same thing. And uh, I got in a fight, and I was, and like when it was all over, it was like, I'm going fucking home. <laughs> you're in trouble though. Like, like, you know, like, you're in trouble. You should have done this, but, but I, it was almost like I, I, I was, I was immune to all of the teacher and principal bullshit that even went on there. It was like you people have no, you have no power here. Yeah, right. Uh... <laughs> Going home, my mom teaches me math, <laughs> and, she, and she's over there laughing, like, like she, you know, uh, literally. That's Boogie, funny. you need to go. Oh yeah, man, I got a stream on Twitch in just a few minutes, man. I just wanted to say thanks for having me, man. I love you guys. It's been a pleasure as always. Thanks for coming on. Love you too, man. Always yep. fun having you on. I yeah, always love uh, sooner rather than later. Love your audience. If you want to check me out, youtube.com slash boogie298 or join me on the Twitch stream at twitch.com slash boogie298 or follow me on Twitter where I can complain about my obesity and you can enjoy that. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys soon. I, thanks for having me on. I hope, we, hope we'll be back soon. Bye-bye. See you guys. For sure. See you later. My ass is so sore from this chair. Like, like I, I need a new chair. I'm getting like phantom, phantom ass pains from hearing Boogie's story about ass <laughs> That's pain. That's where I thought Kyle I was his ass pain's much worse than mine, though. Like, it's gotta <laughs> be. Right? Like, I keep switching like butt cheeks that I'm sitting on over here, though. Like, I'm gonna get a new chair tomorrow. This is this is this is enough of really? this. Really? After long? four hours, after four hours of sitting in this chair, my ass gets really sore. Ooh, maybe you need a more high end yeah. chair. I, this is like a three hundred dollar chair. I, I guess I you're supposed to get up. Off. You're supposed to walk around like, aren't you supposed to on like five minutes an hour or something like that? Like for I, office jobs and shit where they're like, oh, turns out you can get blood clots and just kind of stand up and die. So let's, let's maybe, but, but I just need a more comfy chair. Get up I'm, and have a cigarette once an hour or whatever they tell you to do. <laughs> Secondhand smokers break. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. Let's see. If I think I'm lagging. Oh. Behind you guys. That sucks. Could be. Um, I have a shooting in Florida. Does that seem like an interesting topic to you? It's a pretty good one. In that seems to happen all the time. What happened? Um, in this case, a concealed carry permit holder found a perp kicking the shit out of a cop. The cop, if I recall, it's cop. like a two-week-old story, begs for help, and the citizen kills the perp. Awesome. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Do you think I'd save any old shooting? <laughs> yeah, but... Oh, it's on video? Excellent. <laughs> Would you like to watch this together? Yes. Let um, me yes. sit through some like, Halo commercial or something. Give me just a second. I need to uh, fix the, the boxes because we have fewer people. Thank you.
Let's yep. see. Remove the guest. I am. I'm ready to go on it now. I'm, Hopefully, I'm, I'm not lagging behind you guys too bad. I'm gonna be about thirty seconds. Pause, okay. please. Well, let's see. Kyle, can you give me a smoke thunder or whatever the hell, real quick? Mm-hmm. Smoke. Fire. All right, close enough. I can anticipate jokes. <laughs> <laughs> On my side, that was instant. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Then, then hopefully it's getting better. Now I'm having a real conversation with you. Like a little bit earlier, I always hate it when I say something, and then five seconds later, I see you guys reacting with the face of, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, like because <laughs> it's too late, and it doesn't make sense. But... Yeah, I'm queued yeah. at zero on this, uh, this uh, shooting. I'm good Every, everybody's waiting on me. I'm fixing the layout. But I just finished. All right. Uh, All right. Three, two, one, play. Confrontation on a highway in Florida. Newly released cell phone video showing an armed bystander coming to the rescue of a deputy who had been attacked by a and had been pinned. had been pinned to the ground. A warning tonight. The images are graphic. And here's ABC's Mars Gavacampo. Images. Tonight, newly released <laughs> Our favorite kind. video of what authorities are calling a heroic shooting. Bro, he's about to fire, dude. Oh. A Florida deputy badly beaten and pinned to the ground last November by a suspect who reportedly pulled the officer from his patrol car. He's had the oh. gun. Oh my God. Oh my God. He's about to fire. According to police reports, the bystander, Ashad Russell, began yelling for the suspect to get off of the deputy. He doesn't, and the officer, fearing for his life, tells Russell, please shoot him. That's when he fires, striking right? the man. He just shot, dude, oh my God! Oh my God, he just shot him! Officer Dean oh Bards God. then breaking free. Russell dropping his gun as he walks away. Another <laughs> bystander. <laughs> he looks like Bart Hunt on a walk-off KO. <laughs> he dropped the mic. <laughs> he dropped that pistol like he was fucking. He just stepped off the stage. Man, did uh, did he kill the guy? Yeah. Or, yeah, I think so. Let me. Man. Did you guys hear it for sure? Yeah, I guess. And that goes quickly from like a man, that's a badass walk off to like that guy was just unsuspectingly kind of forced to kill someone during his commute. It's like imagine what is going through his head as he's and walking away. Like he's probably like, holy fuck, holy fuck, holy fuck. For the listeners, the 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 person who was beat, the cop was white. The the man beating him was black. The man who shot uh, the the man perp. beating him was also black. It looked like to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so maybe. <coughs> Put this fucking gun down real quick because there's more cops coming. <laughs> the um, the person who died. Oh, I, I did confirm, by the way, he died. Maybe the others aren't. Yeah. The, so the concealed carry permit holder fired three shots. Uh, one was in the neck, which they presumed to be the kill shot. And uh, the guy who was holding down the cop was like, you better kill me after he shot a second. So he shot him twice. And he's like, you better kill me. And he obliged. There you wow. go. Everybody got what they wanted. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like this really panned out, except for the 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 cop being assaulted and the guy who probably is going to have nightmares. It's a feel like, good story, I think. I don't know. You <laughs> never. <laughs> it's possible that that guy is like a hero now, and like everybody at the bar is patting him on the back. Like this is Billy. He shot a guy yesterday. Isn't that right, well, Billy? Yeah, yeah. You're right. He, he, he is a hero. It's yeah. possible, yeah, and I'm with Taylor, but there are a lot of military heroes who uh, stress over it. 
Yeah, like just because it's like a really good thing but, and they'll get props yeah, for it doesn't mean it's not. Because they committed many times. You've talked about how your brother had those those feelings uh, about when, he, when he's, you know, he's in that tank with better technology and then against the Iraqis who were poorly equipped. And it felt like a shooting gallery. And, and I can understand how that make you feel bad. It's like, ah, I'm serving my country. I'm obeying orders. But at the same time, I'm slaughtering those other human beings over there who don't have a shot in this. Here's a guy who's like dealing with a mentally unstable like madman in the streets who's like literally begging to be shot and he's got a cop there who's yeah, while pitting down a cop and to be shot mm -hmm. you know it doesn't get any better than this and and by that i mean it doesn't it doesn't get there's any not a better use of force that i've seen in quite some time yeah yeah, yeah. it's a it's a valiant <laughs> use of force <laughs> yeah we've got a cop you know i can just imagine this ever goes anywhere like a civil suit or any kind of court somewhere and they're, they're like why did you shoot he's like because the police officer instructed me to do so. <laughs> and so I fired once, and then the man being shot instructed me to kill him, and <laughs> I was uh, just trying to t take orders. <laughs> I was just doing my best, trying to help. Like, that, that really is, like, that, that is crazy that, that that saved that officer's life, potentially. Like, if the officer said, like, the, the little clip where it says, the officer said, please shoot him. Like, that's almost shocking in and of itself, where, like, for an officer to go, like, fucking shoot him, because I guarantee he did not go, sir, sir, please shoot this gentleman atop me. Please like, shoot him, He was screaming, because, like, he knew, like, I, this is my last leg. Like, I'm fighting for my life. Thank God this Samaritan has a gun <laughs> to save me, to that's, bail me that's out. That's not a well-equipped police officer. I have a police officer friend. He's a sheriff's deputy, actually. And you get that man in a ground-and-pound scenario, you're getting disemboweled. Right, he's got like a little hook knife on. He's got one. He's got this knife on his belt that like pulls from a hard Kydex scabbard, and the it looks like a raptor claw. It looks yeah. like like from Jurassic Park. And Sometimes it's a, it's they a, have a backup gun on their ankle too. Oh, this man, he's like Batman. You know, <laughs> he, he like you know, see something cool? Like opens the trunk of his car. He's like, whoa, we're getting ready for the North would shoot out how many mags do you have he carries an actual disemboweling knife because that's what those are those yeah. aren't meant to be like oh look at me or like a dinosaur. <laughs> it's like it's meant to be like oh you see so you grab it and you rake it across their stomach and spill their guts out like exactly like can you like if you were a cop and like the the backup got there you had to call because you got in the tussle with your fucking medieval you know, shank or whatever the hell it is, and the other cops come, and they're like, explain what happened, and you have to stand there next to a guy, and what did we learn earlier tonight? 20 feet of intestines? <laughs> like, like how, does that, how does that pan out? Like, nobody sees a body there with intestines strewn out and went, okay, this, went, this was a close fight. Like, no, <laughs> you go like, this guy's got, like, organs missing, you've just got a dirty knife, and <laughs> it looks like you're at fault. Like, that, but... That yeah, would not I, play I, well I in the media at all. You totally cut his belly. But, he, but he's got, like, the pepper spray and the taser and, and at least one knife I know about and then his main piece and then his secondary piece and then his shotgun on, and, and the car and then his AR-15 in the trunk of the car and then enough ammunition to literally hold off for maybe an hour in, like, an actual shootout. It's absurd. This cop was <laughs> unprepared. It's like he has so much shit, he doesn't even uh, think of the possibility that he could be injured or die. It's like, well, I just keep fighting until it ends. I figured I'd get like two, three hundred kills. And, you know, and took me by surprise. They could get through my body armor. You know, he's got the body armor, of course, too. And he's uh. shape. It's hard to deal with a cop. They're, you know, they're, they're dressed to do their job. Plus, they support each other very uh, uh, Aggressively. Um, they aggressively. I was looking for a different right word. Away. Enthusiastically, you know, like. Enthusiastically. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, they'll, if you hurt one cop, you have many more to, that you will soon meet.
You better be yeah. charming. That's absolutely mm -hmm. true. That's not a myth or anything. Like I, I hear that from cop friends. Like that's what fucking happens. Like 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 you know, if someone has shot a police officer, injured one, he quote unquote carries that ass whooping. <laughs> Dude, do you remember like, that we watched a video uh, for people who don't recall? It was black and white infrared helicopter footage, and this guy had killed a cop, and then they found him. So he like belly crawls out from the house, looking as innocent, like uh, unthreatening as possible. And the policemen walk up to him and soccer kick his face to lead it off. And the the police helicopter that's filming it in this. infrared, yeah. yeah, yeah, it zooms off and looks at trees like a, a block away. There must have been an interesting squirrel over there. I'm like, ah! cock that tree. Look, everyone. Uh, the, the dog from <laughs> up is navigating the camera, working the camera like a oh, squirrel, <laughs> and, and he looks at that. Because yeah, they just they took the camera off and let the cop kick the shit out of the perp. And yeah, I, I, I was a little confused about that thing. I, I remember Never it may to. have, I think the reason they were mad, and there's a bunch of news stories and you get them confused, but I think that this guy had like, I think he'd shot a cop or, or he'd injured one in some way. And then there was a police chase in which a one. very well respected and loved female officer died chasing him, like had an accent or something. And I think that that, that, that was a big component of him getting soccer kicked in the face. Um, what I understand. And, and dude, they, um, so he's cuffed behind his back and everywhere they take him, he's like, they beat me up. They kicked my ass. They kicked my ass. Right. He's got like skull fractures, like a baseball sized welts under his eye. He, he, they beat the shit out of him. It's very clear, but there's really no one in society going, ah, yeah, they should have been sweeter to you. Yeah. Why didn't yeah. they handle you more delicately? That's that, a mistake. That's a mistake. Yeah, yeah. It's that kind of attitude and that fear that's instilled in any kind of suspect who wants to come peacefully and give up okay. that, that they, they think about it and they're like, I won't be the guy getting soccer kicked in the street. I'd rather go out in a blaze of glory. What's that old quote that, you know, it's just like a coward dies a thousand deaths before the final one, but heroes only taste of death. But once, you know, the valiant, you know, he's right. thinking that way. Like, I'm going to go out there right fucking now. If they're going to fucking beat me up, I'm going to take somebody with me. I, I, They'll kill me before they torture me on the ground for the news team to look at. You know, a lot of people are going like to have that. Strong point. You're Strong right. Point. You're 100% right about like you should look at all these situations evenly, even the most awful people and be like, yeah, cops, you shouldn't be beating them to death. But it's like it's exactly the same feeling as like, oh, this serial pedophile rapist murdered in prison over the weekend. Like you should be like, oh, that's not good. You know, murder in the prison <laughs> system. But your visceral reaction is like, eh, you hey, raped children. Saving a year. I, I don't really care. Like you, you did something that, you know, like it, I don't know. Emotionally, you, you don't want to give a fuck, but you should like from a, fact standpoint be like ah oh, we don't want that but it's so easy to be like ah oh, but him he attacked a cop he yeah. raped kids what Fuck about him. what about remember the the father who fucking shot the pedophile in the head in the goddamn airport that had, why? Uh, that had why? raped his son yeah remember that shit and why adam do you remember the, that the one who's screaming why is the uh the police officer detective yeah who had why, been Gary? part of the investigation and knew the family very well like mm -hmm. this man had had molested raped abused his son and when he comes off the plane and they're leading him through the airport, handcuffed or whatever, to like face trial, dad walks up and fucking <laughs> just fucking kills him right there and drops the gun. And he's like, oh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not, a, I'm not crazy. I'm not a madman. Not here to hurt anybody except for that piece of shit. And they let him off. It was all, you know, no, all good. Like, I don't even think he did community <laughs> service, you know.
They were like, you know, you're not allowed to murder people in the airport as a rule of thumb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> reckless discharge of a firearm, and, and, yeah. and then he argues that he's like, "Sir, I hit him right in the fucking head." All right, <laughs> let's be real. It wasn't reckless. I ain't careful. Right. You, like, all right, all right. The, your your shell casing is we're, on the ground. Will you, will you take littering? <laughs> <laughs> We've actually decided that your community. We're, we're going to give you a. We're giving you time served for your community service as your service being the the removal of a pedophile <laughs> from the world. <laughs> yeah, would be funny if the judge was like, "I'm sentencing you to." 500,000 hours of community service or one dead pedophile. <laughs> yeah. it, it was probably the same situation as like the end of every Harry Potter movie where they're like, you murdered someone in the airport. You cast spells without approval. You bring a gun into a gun-free zone. And for this, I award you the highest honors. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, what a left turn? This is a horrible headmaster, by the way. Like, yeah. this, this guy's really That's funny. fostering a community of, of miscreants. And, and Here's a good one. We've talked Dumbledore versus um, um, uh, Gandalf, Gandalf before. But, but who is a worse, like, elder wizard for those who are under him? Who puts those who, 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 who would say that, 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 that he loves them and, and would say that they love him in the most danger? Because Gandalf sends fucking Frodo into the jaws of the lion. Repeatedly. Dumbledore did the same thing to, mm -hmm. to Harry Potter, the exact same thing almost. Like, like, but like they almost, both, probably, uh, I don't know Harry Potter lore well at all. I know very cursory. I know you'll, you'll correct me. They both do the same thing of they had to pick, at least for, uh, for Gandalf, he had, just like how Bilbo had it for so long, he had to pick a halfling, a hobbit, because the hobbits are the only race that were able to withstand the corruptive power of the ring. Like, if you gave it to a man, they crumbled, like, immediately. The elves, like, they'd crumble. The dwarves just want fucking gold. Like, the hobbits, for some reason, just like they can throw shit well, they can withstand evil. Did, did Dumbledore have to pick Harry Potter to save someone, to do the mission because so. of his scar? He was the only one, yeah. Okay, well, then they're both the same. They just had to use the tool they were given because they, like, Dumbledore couldn't have solved yeah, it himself. Because, like, a big part of why Harry Potter is key is, is that, all right, so I'll give you, like, a little bit of Harry Potter background. Basically, there's a prophecy that comes out that this Voldemort guy, who's, like, the most powerful evil wizard there's ever been, is only going to be beaten by one person. And, and he narrows it down to, like, this Harry Potter baby. He goes to kill the baby. In doing so, he imprints a part of his soul onto the baby and sort of scatters his existence out to like the, the seven winds. And he exists from then on in the form of these horcru horcruxes that are like, because he cuts his soul in seven parts and he hides each part of him in a different object in the world so that he can never die. And part of why Harry Potter is so important is he is one of those objects. Inside of him is a part of the, the big bad evil guy. Uh. He is all, and so for Voldemort to be defeated, Harry Potter has to die. It's the so only Harry Potter way is the seventh thing that he's got to get. He's he's one of the Horcruxes. Yeah. Does yeah. he die? In Why, what, uh, are you allowed as many Horcruxes as you want, or is there like a soul Wait, dilution rate where it doesn't Harry work? Potter he thought dies? seven was the most magical and therefore powerful number. He he comes back. To, he goes to the afterlife. Where he, see, where he sees Dumbledore, who died a couple of books earlier. Dumbledore, we're in like a train station type thing. That's how they picture the afterlife. And Dumbledore starts talking to him about, you know, give him, you know, he's like, oh, we're in the afterlife, oh, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, and he's, he takes him over to this, this, uh, this little basket. And inside of it is a bloody, mutated baby, just in, in pain, just suffering. It's wiggling and crying. And, 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 and Harry Potter wants to help it, but he's like, you can't help. That's Voldemort. That's how that that's how he exists in the afterlife. Just this suffering, pathetic thing, you know. Like this is what he is. Like, and Harry Potter feels sorry for him. 
and then there's this moment where like, all right, we're going, and they go back to the real world, and then they duke it out some more. I'm going to tell the whole fucking story of Harry Potter, but that's but a big I'm part. But I'm enjoying it. Why. I'm actually into this now. I wasn't really. I, I think I like story. Kyle's telling people. more than the movie. They both, yeah. So I would. So yeah, the then, movie, given that, but, but you the, put Dumbledore and Gandalf on the same level of putting them through bad. shit. No, I, I don't think know. Gandalf's worse because I feel like Gandalf, like time and time again, sort of like steps out of the picture. Like when he went off to do research for like five years or something, it, it seems like he could really stick with Frodo or give him some more magic or like school him up a little. At least Dumbledore was always there with Harry Potter being like, come here close, kid. Like, I can't tell you your future, but you're going to need some help. And he's like that always was, trying to yeah. That was him. kind of the thing with like Frodo, though, is that he when he gave him the ring like in the movies you obviously don't get this impression but in the books it's more like all right you bilbo fucking give me that frodo you hold on to this don't be carrying around like some maniac like your uncle just put it in the dresser and go about your life and kind of tried to make it so that he didn't fully divulge what it was to him and by not fully divulging it it made it so that it was more just like a thing you forget about like oh that trinket's in there again i'm living my hobbit life and so then when he shows back up with his, Frodo, oh, we have to get out of here. Like his shit, like, it's like, all right, you fucking move at this point. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know. Either have you seen all the Harry them. Potter movies? I, I've seen them all, but like, honestly, a lot of the time was when my younger brother was watching it and I wasn't paying full attention. But I, of the ones I, I saw. I strongly suggest the books because look, look, you go right. through them like butter. It, it, you go right through them. Like you'll look at this book that's this thick and you'll get, say, 100 pages in. You're like, oh, shit, there's only that much left. And I swear to God, like you just eat this thing up. You consume those books because they're it's easy to read. Uh, she's it's a children's book, but a lot it's of people not. A, have it's, said that that the the book is not as intimidating to read as it looks. Yeah, well, it is a children's or an adolescent book. Well, I don't know what it was marketed as, but like it's got that. language well, in there see, that's, that's easy cool to read. About it. Here's what's cool about it. Um, they start out at seven years old in book one. These are seven-year-olds, you know, and so they have seven-year-old fucking problems most of the time. And you, yeah, you kind of shit my follow pants, a seven-year-old. Yeah. But by the end, you're following like a young adult Poofus who's like Rufus. trying to – you're dealing with like a young adult who's trying to get laid and has relationship issues. And so you grow up with Harry Potter if you're his same age group and you got to experience it that way. Personally, I started reading when I was like, I don't know, 13 or so, and I was <laughs> – and most of the books were already out, so I got to consume them like one after another and maybe wait for like the last one or two, which was sick. I love that. When I went to the midnight release of the Harry Potter book. I was like, hey, give, fucking give me mine. And I'm like, I'm like driving home, like looking at the back cover, swerving <laughs> around. Like, <laughs> Did you guys ever go to a midnight release of a COD game like a celebrity? No. Uh, never like a celebrity, but I showed up at it, grabbed it, and left. Like, <clears throat> yeah, that I, was I all should... I ever did. I, um, showed up to it like a regular person but got recognized in line and got like all this attention until i bought it and left and I, Never it cool. sounds awesome but in reality it like turned to you know waiting in line to like a work event where it's like all right now there are people here with expectations of me now you're like, on like pr watch yeah. where you're like my, my version of PR watch was always like, make sure they have a good experience. Make sure at the time they met Woody, Woody wasn't a dick about it. See, but it. that still puts you on point. I mean, like, if you had just yeah. been sitting there being like, all right, I'm in line, like you would at Jamba <coughs> Juice or whatever, you just wait in line, look at your phone. You can have a, a, a bitch face of like, I'm tired, I'm out of this, and that, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But there you have to even be like, all right, midnight. Like, someone <laughs> could see me, better be, ha ha, you know, <laughs> love and waiting for this game. Like, <laughs> like right. I, know, I feel. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I just try to make sure they had a good time. Some people ask for selfies or whatever. Like that's that, no people don't. Some people ask for autographs, but pictures are way more common. And, oh yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, they just and then it's like, you know, like this guy knows me, this guy knows me, this guy. That other guy wonders why I'm a big deal at all, and I like, how do I deal with this problem? Yeah, I'm like, oh well, here, let, let me get like let me explain my resume to you. Like, what a douche, and uh, you know, just like I'm just a dude, you know, like I, I don't know, it's, it's weird, like trying to handle mm-hmm. that. Whatever. I don't know how that came up. I have another topic. I don't know that I love it unless you guys have a topic you want to do instead. What is it? It is uh, actresses at the beginning of their career versus now. Uh, I, I, I bet they, uh, they look older. Probably yeah. not as good. Marissa Tomei is the best one, by the way. She has held up the best. Did you She's see her amazing. boobies? Did Let's you see that before and after booby picture uh, that you know on Reddit that, uh, like today or yesterday? Oh, actually, God, no. Damn, Marissa Tomei. All these pictures are safe for work. Um, Mm. You know, I has a thing talk- for short, bald men. I have I've heard that. Oh, move, look out, Jim Norton. So uh, I have this thing that plastic surgery is not as bad as everyone says it is. And I thought we'd look at the pictures and discuss that. Good theory. plastic surgery is great. Um, look at Jennifer Aniston. I think she looks excellent. Oh, okay. um, that's a fake nose. That's uh, she's that, first that, that's, on this list. Let's. Yeah, she she had that nose done like decades ago. Oh, yeah, you can see her original nose in... I didn't realize she was in Ferris. She was the sister, I guess? I didn't realize she was in Ferris Bueller either. She is not the sister. I can Right, right. I remember the sister that. now that I say it. Yeah, with curly hair and everything. She was in uh, Dirty Dancing too. I think. Yeah, I like that, that chick. Can't think of her name right now. I don't remember what role she played in that. But anyway, yeah, young, here's uh, her original Mila Kunis nose. looks a little golemy or smeagly, doesn't she? Me. I think it's oh, her so. Slavic ancestry. Slavic she's from Russia. So then, who's um who's the second one? Tom Cruise's ex-wife, Kate Winslet. Ah, uh, that's Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman, thank you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to pick. I, actually, what's funny? So neither of these show Nicole Kidman at what I consider to be her prime. Her peak. You know, yeah, her peak somewhere around thirty. But sixteen-year-old Nicole Kidman, I wouldn't have picked out to be as pretty as she peaked at yeah for yeah. 49 that picture looks really good well yeah. she is on a motorcycle in that picture riding a bmx bike or something so <laughs> yeah maybe probably a frizzy day for her dude uh, next one down mia kunis i don't know if she dude, operated com- into as pretty as she is or if she just blossomed I, whatever it yeah, is she blossomed there's no yeah. there's no surgery there she's no dude i i, I here's here's how i know a thousand thousand percent sure Go back to uh, the first thing I ever saw her in was that 70s show when she's mm-hmm. underage. She's like 17 years old in that 70s show making out with Ashton Kutcher, a grown-ass man. Um, yeah. <laughs> she looks the same at, at 16 or 17 or whatever she is there as, as she does now. Like, nothing has changed. Like, oh, like, yeah. She's just, Call me crazy, but I prefer I've, age 32 to age 12, for sure. Yeah, I've seen, her <laughs> I've, I've seen her vagina. I'm pretty sure. She has this picture of her. She's like smoking a doobie with her butt pressed against a glass sliding door, and you can see a little bit of her, her vagina. Diana from behind, and she's like smirking and smiling, uh, looking this? back at you. It's, it was leaked onto the internet. Oh, that one got by me. I, I'll find it for you if you'd like. Oh, of course I'd like that. Um, right. Who's the next one? Innocent Lies, Collateral Beauty. Kira Knightley. You have to be a really yeah, big star for me to know you. <laughs> her, uh, her face in the second one, the 31-year-old, she, she, her like resting face always looks like she's trying to discreetly like get a piece of food out of her <laughs> teeth with her tongue. You know, like trying to like do that thing where you don't move your teeth so people can't tell. I'm trying to get it. Not That's safe for work. Like NSFW. I'll have to check that out later. I'm, I'm sharing my screen. I could risk too much. Yeah, oh, it's a whole right. booty. So It is. 
it it certainly it looks is. real I'm, nice too. I want to look at the next one. That's um the pretty woman, Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. No, I think most. Well, people the next would... one. Go on. I, I, did we skip over um, what's her name and Collateral Beauty? I think we did it quickly. Yeah, we skipped over. Apologize Karen. then. Yeah. Okay. Pretty woman. Um. So I look at the pretty woman shot, and I think she's had plastic surgery. I think she's more wrinkled than that. Uh, like, and her face looks sort of pulled back to me. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure that it's worse than. The hypothetical, un, like non. Oh, it's much thing. better. These yeah. are all winners, by the way. I think, like, yeah. like that's the point of this whole gallery is that all mm. of these women look excellent in their in, in, in their like thirties, forties, and fifties. Like, like uh, women get. I, I think Julia Roberts, without plastic surgery, would have these particular kind of vertically oriented wrinkles on her lip, and uh, you'd and have she, Pelosi neck. Oh, oh I didn't yes. even think about the neck. I don't know Pelosi neck on it. It, oh, okay. Like a turkey, like 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 like, like the two you know, the, things, like the politician Pelosi. Right, she's right. Got, I just don't that, picture she's got that her old neck. nasty neck. Does she? Yeah. Look I, at John very, McC- very oh, old neck. John McCain's got a disgusting neck. Just saying. I, I expected you guys to be like, "Oh, this plastic surgery was a total failure," but but I'm like, I was going to defend it and say, "No, nah, like it, what she would have had is, is, you know." Obviously, she's not as good as she is. You have the the most beautiful women, some of the most beautiful women here in Hollywood. I mean, all of these are like top. uh, um, These are all winners uh, who have aged amazingly. And all right, part of it is is plastic surgery. Um, Part of it is, you know, living with a nutritious, nutritionist. Taking care of themselves. uh, You know, taking care of themselves better than most people can even afford to if they did have the wherewithal and the will to do so, which is a real fucking stretch. There's some women like Meg Ryan, though, who have. All the Ooh, will that was in the bad world. plastic surgery. Yeah, it she's, didn't work out. But, but she's a different generation. She falls back. Like she mm. didn't. She didn't have. Like, like I guarantee. Like Angelina Jolie has been using some real fancy moisturizer for like the last decade. Like okay. she's using some moisturizer that if we were talking about fifty to hundred bucks a month for TRT, if mm. you saw her moisturizer <laughs> budget, you'd be like, whoa, whoa, we broke. Not too much. Not worth it. Who's it's the next woman? It. Is she that Julie from the block? Help me. Oh, that's Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer, yeah, Jenny from the. Yeah, I, I hate her for her rocks. I don't know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm still Jenny from the block. Used mm. to have a little, now I got a lot. Yeah, that lady has aged very well too. Part she of it is does. being Latin. Yeah. Latina women, they just age better. Look at Asian women; they they age even better. Who's the and next one? Crack. She looks really pretty to me for fifty-three. Um, is that Demi Moore? Let me go back. Oh. Yeah, that's Demi Moore. Demi Moore has. Oh, you should see Demi Moore's bush back in the day. It will almost make you not think she's as, as attractive looking at even her hottest pictures. Like there's there's like two pictures. You're talking I love to it. Woody here. Yeah, yeah you might be pictures. surprised at I'm, my bush tolerance. Dude, no, really. Like, this is, yeah, her. He's got like her. Her butthole is much hairier than it is as hairy as Taylor's butthole. Oh, I'll take that bet. Um, Your your house. <laughs> Let me show you Demi Moore's butthole. Demi Moore's butthole. I'm gonna Google her butthole just to see if that that delivers me the results I want. Demi Moore's butthole images, and here it is. <laughs> Did you find it? Really? The future is now. Um, uh, this one's a little blurry. I'm gonna try to find a better shot. It's gonna be embarrassing if I lose. <laughs> so fucking airy, dude. Let me. Anymore. All right, I'll Google. Ta- I'll Google Taylor's. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Ugh. Oh, this I'm not famous enough for people to care I'm about. Find it. They haven't Oosh. cracked your phone. Nope. All my butt shots. <laughs> I thought you found it. I bet you're famous enough for people to Photoshop something together. I wouldn't no, suggest no. that to our fans, but no, I'm sure just saying. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> There's a lot of people who like Photoshop. <laughs> and most of it's fucking funny. I like it. I like the fan content stuff. It's when she posed for Penthouse um, uh, when she was very young. But this is like, I think for the era, this Bush is. Do I need to use Bing? Like, why? How is it? I was going to suggest Bing, actually. What's her name? Demi Moore. D E M I M O O R E. I I feel right. like I just it's just not safe for me to join in on the on on the effort. Demi Moore. Well, well, all right. So here's uh, just just to satiate a, your your Demi Moore lust for for the moment while I while I delve further. Um, like like there's the bush. Um. I mean, if you told me she was wearing fur underwear to go with that coat, <laughs> I'd believe you. <laughs> that is a lot of bush. Uh, well, I was we... expecting to see like a regular person who just didn't do any grooming. Uh, that takes uh, genetics to achieve genetics. that much. Yeah. Here mm. you go. Here's the all-star. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> It's like triple checking. You can kind of see it in my reflection. Wow. wow. Yeah. And that's groomed, I think. I think that's she went for that from four the inch. Thing. There's a picture from the rear. You can see hair sticking out from the back. The, by the way, if you want to find this, it's on slash nude.com. Um, and and the, the, the article, uh, the title to it is Demi Moore's Harry Bush Pussy is Rather Scary. <laughs> Gallery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so imagine working to get a hot girl like Demi Moore naked, only to find yourself lost in a forest of hair. Yeah, Shut there's her. no hint of labia in any of these pictures. She is virtually modest by the forest. Yes. This isn't even like risque a... at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a merkin. Uh, if you've ever seen a merkin in certain like Hollywood films, like they, they put a big... If you see a chick in Hollywood who's kind of an actress and they show full frontal nudity, and you're like, God, what a bush. It's a, <coughs> it's a pussy wig that they glue there. Like that, that, That's what's up with that. Yeah, so she's actually kind of modest behind the fake bush. But that's a real bush that, this, that Demi Moore has there. That it's, was it's something else. That is something else, and I, it makes me wonder, like, what does it look like right now? What does, it, 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 what does Demi Moore's ass crack look like? Like, I, I shudder to think. Now, I, now if you, if you take away, you know... <laughs> What's uh, what's ca what she's capable of, and go towards like what it could be. Um, I, I feel like in terms of a canvas, she could do anything. She could grow a, a bedazzled giraffe if she wanted to, right? Yeah, like a, a could, lot of women. Landscape down there, it could be like a, 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 a ch -ch -ch chia, <laughs> <laughs> right? It, it could yeah. be like um, Donald Trump. You know the cave yeah. paintings of holding that Lion King, like you know, yeah. she could she could reenact that scenario and just she she needs to find like a talented black barber where they do all those like scenes. Yeah, get my and, fade just right on my asshole and my ass hair. <laughs> right, but like I, when I was a kid, it was more common. People used to have like you know OCHS like to support their high school or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah so she could really do something with that bush. She could put your oh, name. Do you think on when it. she goes to like her? Like spa, 
they do the same thing when you go to get your hair cut and they're like, all right, you want to clipper this or just with scissors? Like, go slower. And they're like, um, oh, yeah, I I'm would, a two near I my asshole and a three on the planet. <laughs> I would almost Wham. guarantee that, that, that by this point, she has all of that waxed. Or she has had electrolysis to remove all that. I, I guarantee, like, Demi Moore's butthole isn't hairy anymore. Um, if you want to see, like, Demi Moore at, like, really defy age, go back to Charlie Angels, Charlie's Angels um, and, and see that, like, before Charlie's Angels, she said she looked herself in the mirror and she looked flabby. It was either that or she said she, like, saw some, like, paparazzi photos of her and she was flabby and she felt terrible about it. And she went into some sort of outrageous workout program and when she did Charlie's Angels at like the age of forty, uh, alongside Cameron Diaz, Lucy Liu, and uh, that, Drew that Barrymore, other Drew Barrymore, who's who would have guessed I ugly. knew that? Yeah, yeah, nice one. <laughs> um, she, Drew Barrymore looked great in that one-piece race like pit crew suit where it just like zips all the way down, and she's got lots of cle- that looked good. But in any case, Demi Moore got into outrageous shape to the point where it's like I think Demi Moore's hotter than fucking Charlie's Angels are. Like 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 she. She really stepped. She did a, so, okay. um, a stripper movie too when she was older Strip than you'd expect. Yeah, and she looked great in that. She, oh yeah, she's she, she gets just you know she gets naked, she gets topless in there. I remember um, when she and, was promoting the movie, she'd go on like Letterman and put in a stripper pole and just like start stripping and stuff to promote the movie. Like really? Yeah. The way all right, so the way I remember it going down is. Was it G.I.J.? There was a there was a controversy with G.I. Jane because I the way I remember it is like maybe she was supposed to be promoting strip tees where she's like incredibly sexy, a stripper, mm-hmm. and she's got her fucking head shaved for G.I. Jane, and she wasn't sexy enough to 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 like promote the movie or something like that. They didn't like that. You seen G.I. Jane? I have. She, it's been a while. She wants to be like the first marine, like female yeah, like marine, first female Navy special SEAL forces, or something. Navy yeah. SEAL, something like that. And she's going through the intent. God, I, they're kind of stacking a, the deck against her they do stack the deck against her and, and she doesn't like it when they're like giving there's like a step for the women for the, there's this part where you like got to go over a wall and she's like fuck that step and she's like teamwork and she's like helping her whole team up and then like when it comes time for somebody to reach down and pull her up the guy's like fuck you woman you'll never make it into seals and like leaves her behind and it's like oh shit that, that's kind of fucked I, <laughs> I, I had a hard time with her big boobies uh, they're so big that like, I just feel like it's not that I thought that a woman couldn't do what she was doing. It was like, I don't think a woman with those big fucking cans can do that. Like those are really going to hold you back. my knock in, in female action films. They're like, very big. Like, um, like Ronda Rousey, for example, is not a good actress, but if you use her just right, she is a very good athlete, you know, and she can like move in a convincing way to me. But we watched another movie where it was like a female John Wick. And uh, you guys all laughed at me, but like I, I saw her jump off a balcony or something. It was like that just looked really never played a sport to me. So that, that happens yeah. a lot in female action films. It's these like beautiful models never played a sport. That's yeah. where um, Jennifer Lawrence is better than most. I, I feel like she's tomboy enough and you know, moves right to me. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time tomboy enough to-, to pretend to be an archer. Yeah. 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 Remember, remember, yeah. Um, did you say you had not seen G.I. Jane Taylor? I have not seen G.I. Jane. Ah, so it's got Viggo Mortensen in it. Um, he is the guy who's like leading the Navy SEALs um, and uh, it, training them. He's like training them and he's super hard on uh, on Demi Moore the whole time. Like like super duper hard, making things unfair for her. And there's this part where they like have to uh, like get interrogated. And he like basically tortures her, like beats the shit out of her. 
Um, and uh, and then at the end, he like earns her or she earns his respect. And uh, it, it's a good movie. It's really good. I like that quote. I wish I could out. remember that. That that is it. James Joyce. Oh, it's that poem. It's I never saw a bird die for feeling sorry of its a dirt. A, a bird will die. On, let me find it. Well, there's no way that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's something like I never saw a wild thing feel sorry for itself. A bird will die frozen dead on a branch without ever feeling feeling a bit of self-pity. I'm going to find it. G.I. That's more because of neural incapacity than <laughs> stick to on the part of birds. <laughs> bird I never seen a wild thing feel sorry Robins for itself. Proud, a bird will fall You're dead frozen from a bow without ever show. having felt sorry for itself. Yeah. Thought so. Who wrote that? You go. David Herbert Lawrence? Uh, okay. I still can't get past this race I'm going to do. Gonna oh, it's gonna be, I, I can't wait to track you online. I, yes. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, We'll see how it goes. I hope the tracking is as good as I like want it to be, where you can like see my progress. I, I might just do the, the northern route on Friday and try to do the, the rest of the U on Saturday and Sunday, but we'll see. Um, yeah. It's... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just want to finish, not get hurt, and that'll be that'll be a win for me. Yeah. Maybe some I, other like this is in my introduction to this thing. Maybe in the fall or a year from now, I try to win something. Yeah, yeah it's definitely going to be a uh, another thing for you to do. I mean, you <coughs> said you've gone 40, 40, 50 miles, and this is three hundred. Is that it? Two hundred? I think it's just shy of three hundred. That's that's a long fucking way. If you told me I had to drive three hundred miles tomorrow, I'd be like, Ugh. yeah. I, I feel like most of the time I navigate like it's almost by the neighborhood, you know. Like yeah, I went out ten miles and back ten miles. It was a twenty mile flight. This yeah. is like the state. Like yeah, we're doing a circle around the middle of Florida, and uh, it's it's a, it's really on my mind. I we'll have to if try. they were going to be real hardcore, they'd make you go out to sea and then back. <laughs> I think they picked the route because, like, um, Eric Farewell, Do aviator. Gattaca Some style, people know like, him. You just keep going farther and farther out. Let's see until <laughs> one guy turns back. I think Aviator was involved in it, and he's like, I picked a really safe route. Like, he, I think he had safety in mind when he chose where people are going. But, it, yeah, I don't know. It's, right. it's. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I, I hope you have fun. I hope you're very safe in this endeavor of yours. Um, I look forward to seeing it. Um, is that a show? Should I, guess I go over so. and, uh... yeah. All right. Well, thanks to our Do we have sponsors. Any oh, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, thanks to our sponsors, Lyft, Casper, MeUndies, and Texture, as well as ZipRecruiter and Stamps.com. Uh, you can check them out in the links down below. Um, go check out Boogie. Really enjoyed having him on as a guest, as we always do. And uh, go watch Dave Chappelle yeah, and Jim great. Norton's specials. Those were really good. And uh, that's all I have for this week. Oh, 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 oh. Have you gotten any deeper into Big Love? It lost my passion. Oh man, I finished it off, and it it ends like you want the Sopranos to end. That's it's like I was I I, I was I looked at my girlfriend. I was like, "Is what I think's about to happen about to happen?" And then it's like, "Yep, it's all of." God damn! Well, you caught my attention. Then we're just gonna have to go straight from here to watching Big Love. (laughs) <laughs> no, I need to sleep, right? <laughs> and I, I'm like 80% packed. Oh, I've yes, got a lot actually, of things you to definitely do. need some fucking sleep. Yeah, I've got a 10-hour wanna... drive tomorrow, and yeah, so uh, very good. Anyway, I guess that's the show. Oh, hey, 
this is no one will get this because it's the very end. If the description and stuff is not sorted out, like with all the timestamps, have some mercy on me. I might be in the sky racing. I'll do my best. Yes. Uh, very good. PKA episode three twenty seven.